And when the gun goes off, it sparks and you're ready for surgery. 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 It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Surgery. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. Surgery. I've got to keep control. Just a jump to the left. Fudge Packer. Put your hands on your hips. Fudge Packer. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 188 of the 22 Shots and Moods and Horn podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the Canadian Riff Raff, and still the Toxic Offender, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And by my side tonight, we have the boy that got his mod status back in the 22 Shots page and started banning people within 24 hours. This just proved he is the real Ellen Degenerate, a.k.a. the Jew, Jeremy. Also in the house with us, the ex-fan favorite of the podcast, because he is pissed off almost everyone, is grumpy as fuck, and hates more shit than Jeremy does, Mr. Parker, a.k.a. Dave. And back in the house, for the first time, we would like to welcome to the show the man we know nothing about, Gary, who the fuck are you? A.k.a. Gary Hill. What's good, man? Oh, it's hot outside, so that's, that's uh, it's, 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 there's that, so there's the weather talk there, but, um. <laughs> it's all good, man. I, 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 you know, for an introvert, this is the time of my life, just hanging out at home. So it's a beautiful thing. Right? Yeah. So the quarantine is actually a good thing for you. Yeah. I mean, it has been good for, you know, I think some people and just, oh, man, I think it's driving people nuts at this point, though. Some people, yes. Yeah, like to the point where they're losing their minds and shit. But yeah, you know, I mean, I'm definitely not an introvert, but it's been kind of a nice break for me, just kind of sitting around and getting some shit done and stuff. But hey, what can I say? What can I say? You have to watch movies, get to stay home, do whatever the hell you want. Even Exa- though I still have to work, but still, I still have less to do, and I'm kind of grateful for it. Yeah, I've been, you know, honestly, I, I thought I was going to be doing a lot of sitting around. I was kind of worried because, you know, I was in this regimen of working out a lot and stuff, but I continue to do that on my own schedule or on my own ways and stuff instead of going to the gym and stuff. But then I got back into making videos again more regularly and just got a lot of shit done. It was great, actually. It was kind of nice. But, you know, now that my shop is back open and stuff, the wife's not here. So I've been teaching the kid at home and, oh, man, life is just, I, I just want to get out of here. <laughs> like, I'm what done are you with teaching him about school, man. Yes, because yeah, the school shit. What do so. you Canadians learn? Uh, more than you guys do. Trust me. Probably. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so it, it's been stressful because I'm not a good teacher because I'm always like I'm that person is like, what the fuck do you mean you don't get it? Right? Like I don't know how. Like there's good teachers and bad teachers. Like I know what I'm talking about, but I just can't teach it to people. So, but it's I've been working with family. them. Family. It is. It's it, hard. It is really hard. So, well, um, can we all just make a 
celebration right now that JP isn't here for once? Can we all just very I was actually gonna make the celebrate joke, that JP isn't here? I mean, I'm ecstatic. I was I'm gonna so make, happy we don't have to listen to JP saying I'm um, yeah. no, we don't have to listen to JP saying um all the time and being late and all this other bullshit. So, or, what's that catchphrase he has? Is it really though? <laughs> or letting everyone letting everybody in the world know that he's the one that got Joe Bob back yeah. on the air? Yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck that. I'm actually quite surprised Jeremy didn't spaz out when I said uh, you know, you started banning people within twenty four hours and you got your mod status back. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure you're gonna say something about that. Uh, I've changed. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna call out Mr. Dusty, so let's just move on. <laughs> I said you're not gonna call him out and saying his name. Didn't you kinda call him out? Hell yeah. He just kinda did, right? <laughs> it's like the backhanded way to call somebody out. It's like, I'm not gonna say he's a piece of shit. I'm not gonna say I don't like him. I'm just gonna say those things. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I'm yeah. like, I don't my my mother always said not to say bad things about people, so you know. I wrote say a bad down. thing. <laughs> you know, honestly, I was gonna make the joke, Jeremy, about uh, uh, JP not being here this week, so you might actually get in a couple words. <laughs> I know. If so, I talk too much, you guys can always just tell me to shut the fuck up. Oh no, no, it's good. You know, no, you usually say good shit. JP yeah, just talks you, about how he gets Joe Ball back on the air and 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 other trivial shit that he mentions on every show oh, pretty much so he's like the adam green of your podcast he just well, no, jp he JP bitches is usually the one that starts the long tangents that go on for like two hours all the time it's usually always jp's fault so <laughs> he's not on the show immediately talk shit about him for 20 minutes oh yeah, we, fuck we, JP. we would talk G- oh, or shit about jp if he was on the show too but i mean this is a very rare occurrence it's actually only the second time this has ever happened so we got to take advantage of this right now he called Spoiler, in that last note. i was on the well, teapot summer series with JP and Jerry Herring. Let me tell you guys, it's a long fucking show. With those yeah, two. because they don't <laughs> shut up. Oh, I bet. I bet. Did you get like so tired? Those of two love to hear like, their own voices. Because yeah. I think I would have. Mm-hmm. I muted myself a lot, but you know, no, 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 no love lost there. You know, they had a lot to say, but I could definitely tell the, the generational gap between me and Mr. JP. I could definitely tell. I'm an adjudicator on 01 and 02, and I got the results for 01, and I'm like, what? Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, really? You already got crazy. results back? Shit, man. I I, one, I man. still have to finish. I got like four movies left from five and nine. But I, I already had my, like, I got the, you know, the top or the 10 films I need to watch. And I was like, okay, those two are making it through and those two. And so far at this point, it's pretty much what I was predicting. So I guess we'll see what happens from there. But not very strong years. Oh, one and oh two were pretty good, actually. Only one bad movie, I think, out of the ten. 20. I mean, I'm not saying there was bad movies in those years. It just wasn't that strong. Resident Evil. Yeah, bad. see, that's that's a good point. I mean, that movie is pretty trashy. But JP I mean, for, likes for, it because JP for a top ten, trash. though. Well, for that's that. 10. That's my point. Like, I mean, in oh, what is it? Oh nine. I have um, uh, the My Bloody Valentine remake, and I was like, that's fun. But still, that's but a top tenner though. No, yeah. I don't. Right? I don't know. I'd have to look at all the movies, you know. Yeah. Oh nine, probably it would be in my top ten. Probably oh nine. Really? Wow. Possibly. The thing I, I like it more than the I like it more than the original. I'm not gonna lie to you. Good lord! This it's guy's unpo- coming out of the woodworks. It's it's, it's it's unpopular. I don't like that. I don't like Black Christmas either. <laughs> you know, so there's that. But, um, hey, he does not like Canadian stuff. Now he's the new Canadian. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's not hating Canadian. Right? I just don't think much happens in Black Christmas. You get you get the good stuff, and you get the soap opera shit that I don't need. It just. I've had this argument with other people before. Trust me. I haven't <laughs> watched a, Black Christmas in like 15 years. The original. 
But I mean, th- this is the type of shit I was looking at, like you know, for oh nine, like the hills run red, you know, drag me to hell. Okay. Jennifer's body, house of the devil, occult, thirst, Amir, wreck two, antichrist, and my bloody Valentine remake. I mean, What's the cult? Uh, it's an Asian. I actually, that's the only film in this whole thing. I didn't, I've never seen or didn't own a copy <laughs> of. So of yeah, it, apparently it was Jerry's thing. So Jerry Herring. So I actually talked to Jerry yesterday. I'm like, dude, can you, do you have a copy of this? Can you upload it? Send it to me and shit. He's like, yep. Hasn't done it yet. Or it was a couple. No, days you ago. can always ask me. I always do it. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't it find too. it anywhere. I couldn't actually, I was trying to find it myself. I couldn't find it anywhere. It was very odd, but, um, but I mean, if you look at those top 10 films right there, I'm like, that's the top 10. That's a that's a week that's a week decade a year. I mean. That's what I'm saying. And then I went to you know '05, um, Wolf Creek, Land of the Dead, 2001 Maniacs, really Exorcism of Emily Rose, The Descent, The Skeleton Key, Dead Birds, The Devil's Rejects, Nori the Curse, and House of Watch House of Wax remake. So it's a mixed bag in there too. Like 2001 Our, Maniacs is nowhere near. Like I mean that's an above par film. It's it's fun, but it's like really. I'd be repping hard for Dead Birds, man. I love Dead Birds. Dude, I love Dead Birds, too. But there's two big-time standout films in that top ten right there. I mean... The Scent and Devil's Reject. Right? Right? Those movies are above everything on that list so far. It's ridiculous. I mean, Nori the Curse Curse is a great movie, but I, you know, I mean... I don't know, man. It's just, it's kind of putting the whole decade into perspective right now. But, you know, I've been seeing and hearing about these lists. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like... There is definitely some stronger years, but the whole decade wasn't like strong as shit. You know, well, check out 01. 01 solid. I don't think there's a bad movie in here. I got to watch the Frail uh, Frailty, mm-hmm. Brotherhood of the Wolf, Pulse, Suicide Club, The Others, From Hell, Devil's Backbone, Session Nine, Each of the Killer, and Mulholland Drive. Yeah, see, that's so a good. that's a really solid year for yeah, like it's a solid top year. ten. See, every movie in there I actually really like. Enjoy. Yeah, there are not a bad movie in there. I don't think. Yeah, objectives. Maybe somebody doesn't like one, but I don't. They could. They couldn't tell you it's a real bad movie. I no, think, no. You know? For and sure. then O oh, two Mothman prophecies, Dog Soldiers, Twenty Eight Days Later, Bubba Hotep, The Ring, May, Irreversible, Dark Water, Resident Evil, One Hour Photo. Not really bad either. One Hour Photo. I worked with that director. He's the biggest douchebag I've ever met in my life. You know, we did a top ten in two thousand two, and the prep for it was pretty weak. I mean, the films that you were listed off there were the majority of the lists. Um, Mal 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 unique felt Mal unique. How the fuck do you say that one? Yeah, I know. I've seen Mal- that one. That's a weird yeah, Mal- that one's hard to find. That's a great movie, and that one's not listed on there. That's crazy. That was a really good film that uh, I didn't get a chance to see when we did our list because when we did that, that list a... years ago, it was just hard to find. And Dave Z actually sent me a copy of it, um, and it I showed up after the show. Copy. Oh, did you send did me I? the copy? No, I think I did. Oh, maybe it was you. Anyways, it was on the, the year it was on the year that I was on so far. Mal- yeah. Malefique. Yeah, okay, that's good. That, yeah. It was on 03. It turned out uh-huh. to be a really good film. Oh, uh, it was an 03. They counted it as 03, so. Oh, okay, that's the thing with the way they do it, because a lot yeah. of these years are a lot different, you know, so. Which is fine. Which is fine. Um, But yeah, I actually, I'm looking for, I don't even know when I have to have these watched by or anything. For the we summer should probably series. tell the people listening what we're talking about because <laughs> they no oh. the summer uh, series from the podcast under the stairs, mm-hmm. the teapots. That's right. Yeah. Well, we've we brought up the summer series quite a few times on here, so. But I guess naming the summer series in the podcast comes from so probably a good idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just trailing off like oh, 2002. They're like people are like what? Yeah, I mean I haven't. I'm not going to complain about the prep I've done for this. Like I said, I've watched 16 to 20 movies and 
you know, I mean, it's been fun. You know, it's been fun revisiting films like Jennifer's Body I haven't seen in years. Um, Script's better. <sighs> Drag Me to Hell is terrible. Like, I, I'm serious, dude. That movie has the worst effects in it. Oh, the acting is horrible in that movie. Sam Raimi should be, a, like, seriously just embarrassed about that one. My favorite Sam Raimi film is The Quick of the Dead. It's not even a horror film. It's hey, my favorite I, Sam Raimi film. My favorite's Dark Man. I love it. You guys are all fucking lying. It's totally the Evil God, Dead. Lying. I look love how, I love Dark watch Man. The, watch The Quick of the Dead. Look how deep that cast goes. Okay. Oh, That's I love that. That movie has a, a surprisingly Hackman, massive cast. Stone, Russell Crowe, Tobin Bell, Keith David, fucking Lance Hendrickson, oh, no, I Robert Blossoms, Pat Hingle, Gary Sinise. Great I, cast. I own the movie. I, I, I like it. But I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I'm just, I'm a really hey, big Evil Dead fan. I'm not a I'm not an Evil Dead two freak though. Me either. Yeah. So yeah, I can hey, I can do without it. But what's up? If you live to see another day, it's because I allow it. Fucking Gene Hackman in that movie is fucking so hot. good, so good, yeah. so good. I love westerns, so I probably Kevin, I might Kevin like... Conway's in that movie too from from the Funhouse and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Oz too. He was uh, O'Reilly's dad. Well, Brian I love me some westerns too. I'm a massive western fan, as most people yeah. do probably know. I love me some Quick spaghetti westerns. That's in my top five of his movies. Yeah, dude, I, I really like that too. Hmm. Um, yeah. Again, Gary, uh, welcome to the show. Um, we've done a couple shows Thank together. You. I think we've been how many shows on Fresh Cuts have we done together? Two or three, at least. I want to say. I believe on a couple. I'm sure, pretty sure you've been on one of them, though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man, I you're God, I mean, you must be like the twentieth or twenty first guest on the show that we've had. Yeah, and, the, buddy. and the cool thing about having Gary on is I don't really know a lot about him. So we're gonna get into this five questions with Gary because it's like a little thing that we do on the show when we have a new guest, just for the listener to get to know them before we start talking about reviews and stuff. And I do want to note, don't want to listen to this. There is show notes. Skip it. Go to the parts you want to listen to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody wanted me to read the mean comments of the week. So I'm going to go and I'm going to read the comment from the last podcast from this person. Um, if you guys haven't read the comments from the uh, Tales from the Crypt episode over on Moods' channel, I highly <laughs> recommend it if you want to read some uh, entertaining things. Because uh, <laughs> there's this crazy ass bitch over there who uh, went crazy. So she's a saint. She got seriously offended because I said, "There, read the description. There's show notes." And I'm like, "You brought up show notes, so that reminded me that somebody wanted me to read the main comments." that is getting emotional. That's pretty. All funny. right, we have we have. Uh, her name is Bruner Chan. I have no idea who she is, but she says, "But when do they start speaking on TFTC?" Well, first off, bitch, at least spell it out. Don't be lazy. This episode should have never been named random. Like, what the fuck? I shut it off and came back to it because I hate misleading titles. But then again, I never watch these guys' channels, so I have no idea how they operate. Bitch, you should learn some grammar, too. There's called things called periods and commas. Five hours is a long time for starters, but to be in all the random-ish-ish makes me not care to watch it in the first place. Five hours, sleepy emoji. But yeah, I thought this was TFTC Season 2. Whatchamacallit? OMG, I'll come back after someone tells me the timestamp of the review. Much love. Hope to see something soon. No disrespect to anyone, but hey. Okay, that's the original comment. 
And then here comes JP trying to be fucking Mr. Kiss-ass like he always is. Thanks for your interest in the topic. Oh yeah, my god, that is just... That, that makes me want to gag. like a PR guy. Said, that makes me want to gag. usually done in the long format. We have thousands of people who listen to us. The show has been the same way for a very long time. JP usually in grammar too. So these people know what they're going to get. So these, so those people know that they're going to get an intro that is quite lengthy before they get to the featured topic. We do put show notes in the description that has a list of timestamps for people who want to skip the intro, so please check the description. Fucking JP kissing hey, ass. Is it ironic that the Jew is a grammar Nazi? Yes. Yep. It, that's been a joke on this show for a long time. I figured. <laughs> just I literally said that one time. So I was perfect. like, it's, it's so ironic. Right. All right. And that mood says, dude. There is timestamps. Come on, son. Look in the description. JFC. Also, up oh, Boots has a typo. Also, I can't w- type on my phone. I was typing that comment on my phone. I I spelled video. everything wrong on my phone. What happened? Where did Jeremy, where'd Jeremy go? Did I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. What happened? I cut out. You must have. You were just about to do Mood's comment. What was after Mood's comment? All right. After Mood's comment, she says, kiss emoji. I'm new, so I don't know. Thanks for telling me because now I am aware. That was to JP. I don't even remember remember what I even, well, because you cut out, but my whole comment was gone there. (laughs) Oh, okay. We heard the JC, but he was going to say you made a spelling error. Oh, probably. You you made a spelling error. You, You spelled every wrong. And then you said, have no idea why people continue to not read descriptions. I literally tell you in the description that there are show notes and link down below. Okay. And then she replies to moods. My little sub and donations mean nothing. I'll go elsewhere. Shit wasn't even that serious for you to pop off like that. Learn how to stay silent if you can't find your words correctly because being emotional will get you nowhere. There's a million (laughs) other yous on here whose respect, opinion, and others-ish. So get your emotions in check. What a damn shame. Oh my god, that's so awesome. And then she said, editing, it means nothing. I have the original. We've been discussing it since yesterday. That was pointless to even do or stupid in your terms, whatever. She, I think you edited your comment. And then she said to JP, you really need to distract yourself or either fix this person's attitude because working with someone who behave in this way is going to be your downfall. <laughs> and then Mood says, learn how to stay silent. Pop off, ha, 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 emotional, ha, ha, ha. It's my channel, and trust me, I don't get emotional. I just like to address morons who can't read descriptions. It's pretty simple shit. Move along. And then she said, oh, my God. Okay, you won, big man. You won. (laughs) And then she says, oh, this is a good one. This is a lengthy one. The way subscribers are is typically going to piss you off, but you got to be a man's man and not get emotional about the things people say to you. These people don't know you, and typically they change their minds as few videos in. I have a few YouTubers, and she spelled YouTubers Y-T-B-R-S. Fucking stupid bitch. I donate to Weekly, and I was trying to get a few new folks because my financial situation had gotten better. So I like to show... I like to show love, which was exciting about our channel. Our well, channel. Tell her, it's tell called her to come channel. over. Tell her to come over to uh, Mr. Parker. I like to show, which because of our channel, bitch. It's Moody's channel. I love TFTC and wanted to hear more from you, but I didn't understand the concept, so that's why I asked. And I also gave my opinion about it. I stated multiple times that I wasn't trying to be rude or disrespect. 
uh, bitch, you should learn how to correct your own spelling. <laughs> I even came back to the video to check it out because I generally wanted to infest into your channel, but it's all good. I don't ever want to deal with someone who flips out like that because, trust me, Dave Thomas didn't get 100% customers agreeing with him, but yet he kept on and moved on and became a powerhouse. What the fuck Dave Thomas has been dead for like 15 She keeps going on years. about this emotional shit. All I did in the beginning was to tell her to read fucking description, man. <laughs> she brought up Dave Thomas. This is amazing. But yet he kept on and moved on and became a powerhouse with his ish, and so have plenty others. It's a shame that you can't control your actions because I really wanted to bring positive attention to your channel. And the folks I invite always give, give, give. You truly should take your own advice because as a grown man, you shouldn't show your feelings to get in your way like that. That's so sad, so sad. Sleeping emoji, sleeping emoji, heart. But you won. You're the winner of whatever you wanted to prove. You truly made yourself look exactly the way you should look. How sad. How does she know I'm a full-grown man? That's bullshit. I don't know. And doesn't she know that we don't care about money? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. And then then Moot said, ha, 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 ha. Face it, you prejudged me and you can't handle it. Yeah. That sounds like something I thought I'm in high school right now. Am I in high school? I don't know. And then Moot said, why do you think I'm getting emotional? I simply told you to read the description. Dude, I never get mad at all. I've been doing this for a long ass time and there's a reason for that because I simply don't care what anybody says about anything. I do my shit the way I want to do it and I'm cool. I literally never get emotional about trivial shit at all. Try listening to the show and read descriptions and I'm sure everything will make sense that I'm not even close to the person you think I assume I am because you get emotional about being told to read descriptions. And then she said, you're slow, brah, swear. And then I said, it's called grammar. You should learn how to use periods. And then she said, didn't feel like it, especially since this phone loves to autocorrect every gath damn thing I say. But thanks, jerk. Then Michael M says, if you don't have something positive to say, just move along. Pretty simple. Thousand of us has been listening for years. So, yeah, that's the saga of Bruno Chan in her. You know how does, I agree with her. You see, how does you my see? last response warrant you're a slow, you're slow, brah? Like, really, I thought that was pretty crystal clear. See, guys, I would punch a toddler for this kind of feedback. Isn't it I'm funny? Like, it's right it's aggravating. I have been noticing a lot of people saying emotional. Is that like a new fucking thing that everyone just has to drop the word emotional? Like, so you tell someone to read the description and apparently their response <laughs> and their only response nowadays seems to be, why are you getting emotional? It's like, how is that being emotional? Everybody's I'm emotional. telling you how you can find the t- timestamps. It's 2020, bro. Like, it's unfucking believable dude. It's just so funny how people react to shit nowadays. It's like, yeah, I'm laughing. Like, literally, me laughing with that ha- I think that was, like, 19 lines of ha 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 because that's, yep. that's totally my attitude because I don't give a shit. I, I just think it's so funny that... I'm the big man and I got to win. And I'm like, no, man. Oh, yeah. No. And this, these are the people. And this is coming from the girl that has video titles as my last day at work. I'm a miss them. They they def don't look like hashtag Jordans. Hashtag OMFG. What can I do to get rid of this dang acne? My homies and I worked with our hilarious. OK, there that just explained everything. <laughs> get rid of this acne. OK, so now we're dealing with like a fucking 15 year old. Yes. Now that, to- that, that makes sense. Yeah, so... Wow. Whoever wanted me to read the mean comments of the week, that's the mean comment of the week. All right, I wasn't expecting that to come in there, but um, that was fun. That was fun. Um, All right, so let's get back to it. Five questions with Gary, which is honestly never five questions. There's variants of questions. And like I said before, this is just mostly to get to know him 
and me also, I mean, for the listeners and also for us too, because I actually don't know much about you, Gary. So question one, very, very simple. Start at the top. When did you get into horror? And like, what's your, what's your history with, with movies in general and stuff? Well, my history of movies in general, we'll start there basically was, I watched up way too early with a old, older cousin. It was about 12 years, my, my senior. And, uh, he showed me stuff at like, like eight years old watching Clockwork Orange for no reason. And, the road warrior and stuff like that so i was pretty ingrained in my brain i'm not saying that i'm an expert in genre cinema because you know i'd be blowhard that way but mm-hmm. i watched some pretty heavy stuff when i was younger and then i was pretty much um as far as horror goes i didn't really watch horror until i was about 12 13 years old because i was kind of a little bitch back in those days and if you don't mind me asking so, how old are you i'll be 40 in december oh shit man so we're the same age because i'll be 40 yeah. in october we pretty damn close. Man, there's a lot of us that turned 40 this year. Fucking Brandon, uh, Mike, me, you. It's crazy. I didn't realize we're all the same age, man. We're like, we're the old fucks around here. It's almost <laughs> over. Yeah, it is, man. It's almost over. So, awesome. Cool. Yeah, I was afraid to go to the video store when I was younger because of, you know, the crazy pop-up things and I was a bitch. But uh, <laughs> I learned pretty fast with, with friends and stuff like that. I did. It wasn't so bad. And now I watch... Not not an ample of my. I more watch. I'm more into watching older stuff than newer stuff because the newer Good stuff man. seems yeah, it seems way too. And I, I'm just not really insulting, too artsy for me, you know. And seems like it's all been done before. And I'm I'm not wrong in saying this with certain films. So come at me, <laughs> Midsummer. I'm talking to you. But um, well, Moots hates it too. So. I call they it just mid- became best friends. I call it Midlamer. I, I, I don't hate it. it. It's just it's just there. It's about 45 minutes too long. Yeah. And there's the, there's the director's cut I haven't seen, which is probably about an hour too long. So Yeah. yeah. That? yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about my history with horror. Is It's not really a, an elaborate one. You know, I, I catch things, and that's the great thing about this, this thing called podcasting and, and blogging and whatnot. And you can read other people's stuff and say, hey, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. I should check that out. And you make new discoveries that way because they're new to you so there's that yeah yeah so you started watching in the early 90s do you remember what the film was that got you into it like probably of... return probably return of the living dead <clears throat> was nice. probably one of the big big Good uh man. linchpins yeah mm-hmm. Good man. yeah that'll do it to a lot of people man for sure um so are you into like all genres and stuff like to this day i i, I like you know the zombie stuff and the vampire stuff going the vampire stuff and it's not too you know you know involved with itself i'll put it that way Mm -hmm. angsty i i I love i love i love trauma to this day and i just i just watched uh, that so we get we we can get along then i I know they're bad movies but it seems like they're genuinely having fun making them so there's that and um yeah trauma and um that, that was a big because of the USA up all night, I watched stuff like that a lot. A lot of Fred Olin Ray stuff and David Dakota stuff played on there, and and um, yeah, I, I got into like well, there's that. Yeah, I, I like I like all different kinds. Maybe not like the ghost stories too much, unless it's really something good, like the Changeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat with you. I don't yeah. like zombie movies. So. I there's not a lot of modern ghost stories that I really care for. There is a lot of older ones though. I will admit. Yeah. Um, the Changeling is one for sure. Oh, but. it's just amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. Yeah, so we do share a love of trauma. I have like a massive, ridiculous trauma collection. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. So I, obviously the low budget stuff, you that's where you kind of lean towards more, which is cool. That's cool. That's yeah, that's very on par with me. I think Dave used to be like that. Now he just hates everything, and Jeremy always oh, hated that I, stuff. I love independent <clears throat> movies. I just I, I've been in a bunch of independent. Mood movies says that I, that I hate. Out. Mood says that I hate everything, but then I watch it that he says I'm going to hate, and I like it, and then he's like, "Oh, I don't believe that you like that movie." Well, it's like, it's, it's it's also a running joke with you too, because there was a point where it seemed like everything. I mean, dude, your top fifty list is the most depressing list I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, but that's, but I like good movies. Doesn't mean that I don't like. I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, there's a point. There's a point. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all been that kid, you know, at the video store that that we were almost forty, like you said, both both of us, at least, or most of us are almost forty. We would go to the video store, you pick out five five old titles, and for like five bucks, you get them for like the weekend or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you just you just keep on picking the garbage, and some of the garbage (laughs) is worthwhile, you know. I always tell the story too. When I was a kid, I used to go to this mom and pop store and rent the rent the five five for five, and you know I'd watch all the movies in a couple of days and go back and get more and stuff. But I literally watched like every film in the horror and exploitation type sections. I was just addicted to it, right? So that's how I ended up watching a lot of that shit because those type of stores always had the good stuff, right? Even thinking back right. on it, man, always good. They had all the regional junk that yeah. nobody else wants, right? Like world. I mean, they I probably guys did. like guys like Dave though, you know, where maybe you got a lot of time to watch a bunch of movies, so you got to really pick and choose what you want to watch. Like I, I can watch this or I can watch this. You know, could be a piece of garbage. Oh, I, I, I watched a lot of garbage, but at this point right now, because I do the Patreon thing too, now I, I I missed watching whatever I wanted to, so it sucks. That's one thing I don't have as a Patreon, so I can pretty much watch whatever I want to and say, hey, this is the program of the show. It does, it, hate it. it does become I get rid of my Patreon eventually. It does become overwhelming, right? I mean, we got to the point where we almost never pick our own shows. I mean, you, you love your listeners. You feel obligated to, to do what you got to do. So yeah. as long as you're enjoying yourself, I guess it really doesn't matter at this point. You know, unless you say, hey, I'm going to take a break here and we're going to do our choices, which I think they would appreciate. Mm-hmm. Just well, we to get, get, get to your heads, you know. Most of the time I get good stuff, though. Rarely do you get junk, for mine at least. But uh, do you like Tempe movies, Gary? Oh, Jeremy's never given me a bad movie. What's that? Speaking of that, Dave, did you pick your show? Oh, are you going to make me pick it on air? I have like five or six choices I want to do, but nobody nobody spoke up. Oh, you can pick whatever you want. It doesn't matter. I didn't ask when I picked the Nico Masaraki show or his last show. So, Gary, do you like Tempe movies? What is this? I don't even know what this is. Oh, they're just cheap movies from like the nineties, like uh, Dead Next Door, Robot Ninja, Skinned Alive, Bloodletting. I've seen a few of these. Yes, I used yeah. to know who it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, thinking awesome, man! So awesome. I'm Dead Next Door, especially. I think every show. I think every video store the Dead Next Door though. That yeah. was one of those movies that was there all the time. It was I'd rather original. die than watch those movies. What? Those, those movies are not bad, <laughs> Jeremy. The Dead Next Door actually isn't that bad. I know. Like I know, it's, it, yeah, it's really fun, man. It's super. The fun. The Tempe Show would be Dead Next Door, Skin to Live, Bloodletting, or and Robot Ninja. One of the three uh, of those four. Movies. I just I just watched Robot Ninja like a couple months back. That shit is amazing. Picked up the Scorpion. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so good. Um, are you a collector, Gary? Not as much today. More autographs than autographs, autographs than anything else. And even then, I'm toning down on that to where like I get like cast signed stuff or 
Yeah. I'll buy a, a ridiculous original poster. If there's a lot of people going to be at a convention to, that are going to be from that movie. And oh. I've slowed down, though. Unless it's something really cool. Do you have a favorite piece in your collection? Oh. You don't none have to think too hard. Is, you don't none of the stuff is hanging around. Probably my Return of Living, Return of Living Dead poster. I'm missing Miguel Nunez and probably like William Stout, and it's probably as complete as it's going to be. But um, oh. it was fun to meet those people. James Karen and um, wow. Don, Don Calfa. Clue Gulliger drew. Um, this is funny. He drew a stick figure on my poster with an erect penis with a bubble that said, I love trash on it. <laughs> Nice. Clue's funny. Clue's funny, man. I love that guy. That's my second favorite movie of all time. Yeah, there's other, there's other, there's other stuff too that I'm I'm pretty proud of, and other stuff I got to add stuff to, and you know, yeah, it's, a, it's pictures, in my top pictures and pictures and frames eventually, but frames. Is that original? What's that, that original return poster? Yes, it's a half subway size one, what they call it, and oh wow. Oh, I have crazy. an original Hellraiser, original Italian Hellraiser poster that Clive Barker <laughs> loved. He was feeling the paper, you know. Yeah, it's like all the all the problems. Well, that's why I always try and bring sorry, original right. shit whenever I go to conventions. I don't try and bring shit that they see every day. I think that's why I was so big on the laser discs because it's that you start to see them more and more now. But I was been doing that shit before it was cool. It's so still pretty niche, though. Stuff. It's still pretty I niche. Like to, I just like to bring stuff that people don't see all the time. It's better than a Blu-ray because you got more space on it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, with the getting Laserdisc Simon, way better display pieces. Put them up in the frame. You can see them. Yep. Pretty cool. Artwork's always dope. Um, all right. So question two after like a 10-part one. Uh, I know you're a podcaster. What got you into podcasting? Oh, just, you know, you know, love love for film and, you know, listening to, to, to shows and um, the, the different shows. I think Kruger Nation was one of the early ones I listened to, and Devour the Podcast. Oh yeah, and um, yeah. there's there's a couple <laughs> other ones, but Mike Murphy, uh, from Blood, um, well, the Exploitation Film Cast when that was a thing, and um, oh, what was the original title of that show? I forget now. <laughs> oh damn, but that's okay. Yeah, he he was a big mentor to me. He helped me out a lot in the in the beginning, and um. Mike White from the projection booth helped me quite a bit too. It's all oh, all projection booth is awesome. Yeah, all inspirational people to help me out in the opening there and teach me how to edit shows and mm-hmm. make them not sound like shit. That's that's the key to the podcasting. I think people get get worried. Oh, I'm going to get into it and I'm going to be terrible. Yeah, you're going to suck your first ten shows. Then you get into it, okay? You know, you that's get all that right. I've done, I've done 150 shows and I suck still. So that's. All right. <laughs> You get that confidence. That even even then, you know, I surround myself with women that are much more intelligent than I am. But I still have confidence on the microphone. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. If you're so, not, just get the best people you know and just let them do most of it. Um, well, with that said, uh, you want to just name off your shows. How many shows do you do? Just just um, currently, probably just the, the one really, and then there's like little stuff. Uh, Cinema Beef podcast has been going on and off since about 2014 i think wow so, it's, it's, so you've been podcasting it's, it's, about six years yeah right around there yeah. and um yeah when i say on and off you know i, I get bouts of i wouldn't even call it depression just i get in funks yeah where i just don't i just don't do it for a while and i was just in one bro i get you 
Um, I like to project. I like to project my problems on the microphone, so I just stopped doing it for a little while, which is why we released the show in like a month. Mm-hmm. Just get, getting those funks and who do you do that show with? Uh, Jamie Sammons. When yeah. she these are all when they can make it. You know, Jamie Sammons. Oh, so you have like revolving um, hosts. Yeah, well, yeah. There's regular ones, and then I, I, if I, they're all busy, I say okay. I don't make it an obligation for you guys to show up, but if I do something else, fair enough. Don't don't get upset about stuff because I don't know how women react to things sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> it's probably yeah, what makes Suzanne, you all depressed. Yeah, no, not not really. Uh, Suzanne Capaletti and uh, Iris Walters. Iris was a co-host with with Mike on his show, and um, oh, okay, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, they're all they're all. More gruff than I am, they they like oh don't, don't say that stuff around a lady. They, they got more filthier mouths than I have. So and you got you got more experience with the ladies than I do, Gary. Jesus. Well, you know I'm I'm swimming in them. See, well, but doesn't, know, Jesus. Yeah. well doesn't anybody, Jeremy? I know, I know that was the joke. No, uh, see, you're making fun of yourself now because JP's not here to say something stupid. Well, I always make fun of myself when it comes to that department, so I have to. No, it's good though. It's it's, it's, it's um very happy where I'm at, you know. Yeah, and um, that's good. That's good. Um, do you do you honestly see yourself podcasting like five, ten years, kind of thing? I always like to ask people this because it's like one of those questions. It's like, you know, I never really thought about it. You know, like well, almost their moods. Yeah. Well, somebody asked me, and I was like, "Do you see yourself podcasting like in another five? And I'm like, five years, I'll be forty five. I'm like. I mean, I don't see myself as being 40. Like, I'm really, like, still a teenager and just an old man's body. So, I, of course, I see myself going as long as I want to be going. I, I see myself podcasting with maybe JP, definitely not Jeremy. But uh, I'm fucking joking. Jeremy, shut the fuck up. Um, Dude, we've been doing this shit for seven years. Seven fucking years, Yeah, bro. this is episode 188. God damn. <laughs> just think of how many movies we've actually reviewed on. The, it's fucking nuts. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, honestly, do you see yourself continuing to go? Like, is it something you want to pursue in the future and stuff? Or are you just kind of going I with wouldn't the say I wouldn't say continually. You know, but I, I, I'd say I always thought about this, but it felt like a job. I'm going to stop doing it. Yeah, so. that's my mentality, too. I always thought that, too. Like, if it ever started to feel like a job. And there has been moments where the podcast didn't get overwhelming, but it got frustrated. Not the podcast. The Patreon got a little bit frustrating mm-hmm. for me. And I was like, I just wanted to drop the Patreon and be like, okay, fuck this, man. Let's go back to doing what we want to do because it's starting to feel like a job. But then, you know, I had some shit happen in my life. I took a little bit of time off and then it just kind of resolved itself. I didn't because I took my mind off the podcast and stuff. And I came back with, you know, full force, you know, in the last eight months, we've done a lot of shows. So um, I, 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 I think you got to cleanse yourself every once in a while, you know. I can see how the Patreon would be stressful. Because you got you got to you know you have all these these people out there that, that are your listeners mm-hmm. and you know I hate to call them fans I don't want to do that but they're your listeners and um they you, they're they're you they're they're expecting you to do you know all this stuff and at the same time it kind of dwarfs you creatively to say hey I want to program this together and this together because I think it'd be creative yeah and that, then that kind of inter- that's oh, literally my point is the fact that we were not not getting to do any of our own choices and it was just getting frustrating, right? Like, I don't mind and I love taking the pics from from our listeners and stuff. And, I mean, I will say fans to a point, if they're wearing our shirts, you're a fan, <laughs> right? So, um, but that's where I was coming from. It's like, man, dude, like, it's been like, there was points where it had been six, seven months. We hadn't done a show that we'd picked once and it was just getting frustrating. So, 
But Still like that. <laughs> it, it is kind. Of, I mean, which I, I did because every I try to do you know like a summer thing because we usually take the whole summer off. This year we're just not doing it. We're just kind of rolling through, right? And, every other uh, week. Yeah, so we're doing you know every couple weeks we're doing a show and stuff. But we try even in those years where we took those like three months off, we would always try to get in like a summer show or whatever. We did it for I think maybe one year we didn't, but um, but this year so it actually allowed us to kind of pick something you know which was kind of nice so. Got some cool yeah, stuff coming up. I never want to get stuck like doing franchises on purpose. I mean, we do, we do the sloppy seconds segment on the show, me and Court Psyops, and you kind of get stuck in a rut doing sequels. I mean, doing franchises where you're doing sequels. Mm-hmm. But the the core show itself, I mean, you, I don't know if you looked at my list. I, I've said it to you before, Moods, but I add stuff to it all the time. And there's, there's stuff on there that I'm foaming at the mouth to do. There's a show, A Face in the Crowd, which is Andy Griffith's film, that I pair with Female Trouble. That I'm I'm foaming at the mouth to do. I'm wait, I'm waiting to, to get to make that happen. And uh, uh-huh. you wouldn't be able to do that if you have like listeners like the John Waters I, I film. I don't want to use the word yeah John Waters film. I don't want to use the word dictate what you guys do. You know, but at the same time, you feel obligated to do but it. But guess what? At the end of the day, at least we're still free. Yes, still you free. Know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a month off. I think I'm going to take a month off. We just talked Dave into. He's like fuck. Getting overwhelming. I that much, Dave. I'm sorry. No, I mean, no. I just felt like I'm at, I'm hitting July, and I have a weekly. I have a show that somebody already paid for, like five movies in one show, which I'll do. But I'm also seeing like the other Patreon picks that I would add another like ten, and then I have like fucking all the movies I get to review, and then on top I got like the 22 shots movie. It's just like, dude, literally, I didn't get to watch one movie this whole month I wanted. They're like, watch these films, whore. Do it. You know, <laughs> I enjoy it, but at the same time, it's a lot of work. You know, it's been so weird for me this year. Like again, you know, like I said, we usually take it's usually May long weekend until we come back after September long weekend, and we just kind of we just been kind of rolling through this and stuff. And of course, I took on a different another project with the summer series films too. That so that was another twenty films yeah, I had to watch that's too. Twenty and I'm like, movies for me too this month, right? And I'm just like, and I'm usually at this point right now as we speak, you know just watching whatever the fuck I want to watch. You know, I'm just, I use summertime. I watch summer slashers and I just revisit shit all summer. Right. And it, it's been weird. <laughs> it's been kind of weird, but I, I don't know. I've been enjoying it. It's the, the cast has been quite fun. And plus the well, shows have been fun too. Nice. Yeah. The, the shows have been getting quite mixed up. I mean, besides the most draining show, I think I've ever recorded in I spit on your grave franchise. Uh, Dave was there for that too. You that, can't talk about that last movie. It's, it's no, not, it doesn't exist. That it's, was not mentionable. Yeah. That was not even a frustration. It was just, draining it literally drained me I, I it took me three days to recover from that show man. it was crazy i did feel sick the next day i think i, feel I like did. that every show though i told my therapist that like by the end of the show like by like saturday morning i'm like fucking tired because all we do is fucking talk for six hours it takes and a I lot gotta out record of you. my weekly show after on saturday morning i had to record my weekly show yeah which yeah. is like an hour and a half i'm just a whiny bitch aren't i yeah yeah, it's but about it's, Gary. I'm sorry, But Gary. it's the truth. It's the truth, though. Not about you being a whiny bitch. It's just the truth. <laughs> God's an astronaut, right? Um, all right. Well, we'll get into the question three parts. Um, you did say, was Return of the Living Dead your favorite film? No, not my favorite. Well, like horror film of all yeah, time? Yeah, f- favorite horror film. No, I wouldn't say that's true. That's a, that's a hard question. It um, is. You don't have to think about it too hard. Just name something. Phantasm, probably my my top film, favorite film of all time, oh, as far dude. as horror goes. Man, I I'm just such a massive fan. I love the whole franchise. 
You know, it's I just, love that, I love that the franchise is so subjective. Like people, like I, I watched. I've seen Phantasm two first, mm-hmm. but it's probably in my bottom of the series now as an adult. I don't you know, know what it is. You know, we, we have very similar tastes. I mean, a lot of people always look at the Fan- Phantasm franchise and, and single out the second one as being their favorite and also mm-hmm. the best or whatever. I, you know, honestly, dude, I like Phantasm 2, but I love the first one with a passion. I think it's just, it has the most undeniable atmosphere to it. It's crazy. It has the coolest feel. But 3 and 4 are fun, too. And I don't know, man. Part 2, you can just tell there was a major budget for that film. Right, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it just has a different kind of feel. Oh, Universal, it, right? You know, it's a big budget. Yeah, but you can tell. Budget. You can tell, like, if you oh, watch yeah. them in a row, it's like, holy shit, man! And then it goes down to three, and it's back down to Cosarelli, just fucking, you know, looking for fun, having, having fun, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's that's a cool choice, man. I haven't honestly heard anyone say Phantasm, but you know, Phantasm is in my favorite list. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, when it comes to countries, what's your like favorite country for films? What's um? Damn. There's only one answer for that. There's only one answer to this. Yeah. (laughs) France. Italy. Get out of here. It's Italy. Oh, it's France. There's so many different choices. See, right? Canada's made. Canada's made some wild stuff. So I'm I'm gonna stick with Canada. Wow. No one's ever said that before. Um. Yeah. I wonder why. Me and Dave. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. You fucking idiot. This fucking guy. This fucking, see, he hates everything, plus Canada. Um, my, my, taste was, my tastes are so vast, though. It's, it's, it's really a loaded question if I think about it too much. You know? Yeah. Me and Dave share uh, Italy, for sure. And Jeremy's, he's kind of a lone wolf with France. I, you never hear people say France. Like, ever. They make, they make Are we talking movies. cinema in general, or just horror movies? Just horror movies, yeah. He really right. likes that uh, that extreme wave and shit. I think that's an era that he just can't get away from. France doesn't have many like really awful movies though from the horror genre really. So that's they make probably... art films. Yeah, but like they don't have that many though. I mean, going back to like Eyes Without a Face and shit, like they've done a lot of great stuff over the years. There's a lot. They of have a good track. Film. They, they do. don't have a deep, deep thing like Italy or America or even Canada. Right. I mean, I, I feel that too for sure. Um, what's your favorite subgenre? Oh. Oh damn! Probably I have the most. See, I, I I narrowed it down to stuff I had the most fun with. If you give me a good stupid slasher, I probably have the most fun with that than anything out there. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. like t- taking it too seriously. I mean, even Halloween, the first Halloween today, I watched it today, and I you, like I initially that I don't like Black Christmas, but I see where John Carpenter was going with Black, with, with Halloween because he saw Black Christmas. And he saw Westworld as well because if you ever noticed, though, there's even there's even musical beats in Westworld that match Halloween. Okay, I'm man. not saying he he stole it, but you know at the same time, if you watch the last act of that film, you watch the last act of Halloween. There's certain things that match. The killer's up. a juggernaut too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I got to take this back a minute though. So going back to your favorite country, which you mentioned Canada and earlier in the show, you actually said that you like the remake of my bloody Valentine more than the original, which is a Canadian film. And you mm. just disclosed that you don't like black Christmas, which is one of the most Canadian classic. horror films. <laughs> I'm starting. I, I don't, I don't hate Canada. Okay. I, I, I just like the more silly stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, like spasms? I, get, I get like yeah, spasms. spasms is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Reed. They're swelling. They're swelling. William Freud, man. Yeah, it's my father. That guy, William Fright's awesome, dude. That guy doesn't have enough love. 
Moose has been champion for him forever, but like, like literally, man. Like none of his movies that, have any good releases. What's that weekend movie that I watched? Death Weekend. Death Weekend. Yeah, movie's like, fucking awesome. Death Weekend is a great one. You know, you know what's fucked about that one? It has like I think one legit release in the whole world, and I yeah. think it might be like France or something. it's some weird DVD release. It has a Japanese and uh, I think a German or Austrian Blu-ray now. Okay, so okay, so yeah, it, and, it just. NSM released it yeah i'm a lot of there's a lot of canadian films that don't have good releases i mean freud has been really just no love given i mean killer party for one thing i mean it has the warner archive dvd and stuff but that's it's honestly one of my favorite movies need some love blue monkeys getting blue from a dark horse code red yeah whenever that's coming out and only a 10 10 run edition no they're gonna release it later on they said oh yeah yeah hopefully yeah, um, they're not going to spend that much money remastering it to put 10 movies out. They'll just let everyone think there's going to be 10 of them, and then everybody freaks out and gets <laughs> mad, and then they release 100 of them. You know, they sell them out in five minutes, and then fucking... They know, won't. They do a rerun. Dark Force has a distribution deal with MVD now, so don't stop work. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think I think um, Bill from Code Red's dying, so... I mean, he's oh. always in the hospital. He's always been dying for fucking eight years now. So I know. That's how dying works. He gets sick and you suffer. Yeah, he's been suffering for a while, man. That's for sure. Where, where are we going to get our brew race from? I don't know. Let's keep supporting uh, his brother, Walt, Scorpion. I'd buy Code Red and fucking uh, Scorpion. I don't give a shit. I'd buy, I buy, are... buy them both, too. I just, man, it's just the site suck right now for shipping and shit, so no. But Dark Force is actually, you know, as much shit as they get, man. I, I've ordered a couple times from Dark Force, and their shipping is fucking fast, man. It's good like, shipping. It's out the next day. I get it super fast. I'm like, that's awesome. So can't complain about that. Um, so yeah, so when all that hate was going around, I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm just like, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, I, personally, I don't get. If I want the movie, I'm gonna buy it, right? I'll buy it from a monster, a legit. Like he's like, yeah, I killed twelve people. I'm like, you got House on the Edge of the Park on Blu-ray though. I'll buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an awful person. What can I say? Just no morals at all. You're like, fuck it, man. You got you got when a good it copy. My Blu-ray. It's legit. That's a press copy, motherfucker. I'll take two. Is it on cut? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite decade? Oh, well, you know what? This is, that was a decade you live in. I, I'd say '80s. Oh, it's such a cop out. '80s. Because Why is good, the '80s a cop out? You know what? It, it, it goes back to what I was saying though about you know people telling me about genre cinema and what I should be watching the the, the shame list is longer than my arm people and I, I'll say that to, to my dying day the stuff I haven't seen is insane yeah. but like I said people turn me on new things well, when by, in a decade probably it'll be, be the, probably be the 70s you know we're all like that though people got blind spots if, they're, if they tell you they've seen everything they're lying and anytime somebody's like I've seen it all I'm like you ain't yeah. seen shit because if you started to look for, through all the movies that you uh, haven't seen you realize there's a lot more you haven't seen than you have seen of course I mean I think me and Dave have watched a lot of movies but you know every year there's always films that come to my attention I haven't seen or heard of and that's a good thing you know oh I love it yeah and it's like a double bonus when they're actually good. <laughs> so what was that one, Dave, you mentioned a long time ago? Was it uh, the, the Killer of Dolls? No, not ki- Killer of Dolls is really good. Um, yeah, because you gave me that a Patreon pick. I love that yeah. one. Um, I knew you'd love it. Yeah, I watched it twice, actually. I loved it so much. It was great. Uh, a film I'd never heard of. Really. Blood kinda, Games? Not Blood. No, it was the Jennifer's with a gun. Some, oh, a gun for Jennifer is yeah. fucking fantastic. I know. I still need to see that. I can't find it. I put anywhere. it on Plex because it's never been really released anywhere. Okay. Um, 
I like to find like random Rod Steiger rules that are really strange to watch, <laughs> and some of it turned me out that No Way to Treat a Lady, which is a crime drama in which Rod Steiger—he's a crossdresser who kills women. Rod Steiger? Yes. He does not make a pretty woman, does he? No, but it's it's really good though. It's What's really it good. Again? No Way to Treat a Lady. I'm gonna have to see that one. Here's a weird question. When it comes to foreign films, are you a person that is either not going to watch them or are you going to try and watch them with like an English dub or do you just stick to the native languages with subtitles? It depends how much you got to pay attention to it. If, I, if, I, if I'm really invested in the film, I like watch it with the subtitles. But if I'm like doing like laundry and watching something, I prefer it with, with the dub, you know, because I'd. <laughs> Yeah, I could pay attention to it better than if I'm doing something else, and that sounds like a really you know precocious thing to say. That hey, does that pay attention to the movie? What the fuck is he now? Mm. Sometimes you're doing other shit and you can't read subtitles, and that's not ingredients. You're just, you're just busy. So yeah, I'll, for sure. If, if the dub's available and you're busy, yeah, I, I watch it with the dub. Otherwise, I'll I'll put the work in. I'll watch it with the subtitles. Yeah, yeah. How how much do you need to pay attention to Ghoulies for? You know what I mean? You know what? <laughs> oh my god! Ghoulies Four is a, is a real subjective one because it's so fucking bonkers. I mean, I I, I love the Ghoulies series because they're all so different from each other. Two when and three, hit, I love. When you hit Ghoulies Four, though, I think I only really reason, like the second one. The first one's kind of boring. It's kind of, it's just kind of it's not a great movie. The second one's fun. It's got a fun setting. Ghoulies Two is one of my all time favorite movies ever made, and I love Ghoulies Three. Moods, you're wrong. The fourth one brings back it the is. guy from the first movie. <laughs> no, I know it's a direct sequel to one out of all the things. I know. Right? For some reason, he's a noir detective now. I don't know what the hell. It's it's so strange. And it's Wynorski, of course. And yeah. there's some woman in, in a leather cat outfit who's like yep. a, a sorceress or something. Yep. And the ghoulies are guys in rubber suits. And they're and just getting bigger. Every movie they get bigger until they can just it. hire actual small people. Now, now <laughs> ghoulies go to college. The Buchler one is probably the most fun one to me. It's a great one. Three Stooges, meet the ghoulies, meet Revenge of the Nerds. You can't Amazing. be. You know what? Amazing. To be fair, I, I probably should rewatch it. It's been a few years. And I just remember watching it. Oh, man. I, I think I got the Region 2 DVD of it or something like that around the time that eight. That, remember the infamous eight? DVD pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'd grab the Region 2 DVD and I'd watch it and I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. But, who knows? You know, hey, things change. Ghoulies have no dicks. Ragnar has no <laughs> right? dicks. <laughs> right? I love that. <laughs> McCarthy there, is there's a couple fun moments in it. Happen, ever. Yeah, there's a couple fun moments and stuff. Honestly, going back to the, the subtitles, the only, like, I try to watch everything in the native language, so I'll read the subtitles and stuff, except for when I'm watching Godzilla films. I have to watch the dubs for some reason. It just makes it so much, like, I love Godzilla films, but watching with the dubs is just the funniest shit to me, man. I don't know what it is. They always have these obvious, like, this brutal, like, American accent. It's funny, man. It just makes it so much more enjoyable to me. Actually, there's a couple movies. The Italians dubbed. I meant in the dubbed because everybody speaks their native language anyways. You might as well watch it in English because the actors you know are speaking their native language on set and they're all dubbed post anyways. That, that's a good – well, that that's that's kind of a different thing because that's the way the Italians did their films. They, they didn't shoot them with the sound and sound. they were dubbing everything anyways. But that, I always tell people too. I'm like, man, you know, when you're watching Italian films, they're always – they're all dubbed. And if, you, if they're – if they shot the film in English, just watch it in English. Yeah, right. Because I it mean, makes... all the actors you know that are from from America are speaking English. Yeah, 
And yeah, anyways, they're dubbed anyways. I mean, so you can you can tell if you can see the lip movements and stuff. I mean, yeah. if you've ever done sound, whatever stuff like that, I've actually done ADR and shit. So it, it actually noticed it quite a bit. But there's, it is funny though, man. Like some of the dubs, like the ones that are just you know have the Italian language to the films. Oh man, it's they always dub that shit poorly though, man. It's always off. It's pretty fun, but adds I love to, it. it adds to the it adds to you know just Italian cinema in general, I guess, but. Um, okay. So moving along, um, going back, you mentioned horror conventions in the top of the show. Uh, who's your favorite person you met at a horror convention? Ooh. Doesn't give me credit for asking this question. No, it, it, it's I literally probably, have it written down, Jeremy. It's literally written down in front of me. It's just, this is hard. You, you be so many people over the years. I think Dean Cundy would be up there because he had so many stories about all the shit that he's done over the years. That's cool. That's cool. He's up there, and then I was, you know, he's a, a cinematographer, and she was like, oh, why don't you pick John Carpenter? Because Dean Cundy had a much more interesting career, if you ask me. <laughs> if if yeah. you look at the long list of, the, of stuff that Dean Cundy has done over the years. Which you came from the sea, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Hook, Back to the Future, Roadhouse. All <laughs> right, the Carpenter stuff. Did Roadhouse. Rock and Roll High School. He did so many things over the years, and it's, it's much more interesting, his career, than Carpenter to me. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, cool. Least favorite person. Oh, it's got to be one. <laughs> Linda Blair. Linda Blair's up there. Yeah, Linda's up there. <laughs> I didn't uh, have a bad experience with Linda Blair. She was, uh, she's such she, a C U N with a capital T. When she was at, when she was at HorrorCon uh, in Calgary a couple years back, um, I thought it was kind of noble. Like everything, like all the money that she was bringing in, she was she was donating a hundred percent of it. Yeah, and she, she, she fucking was, yaks too much. But she was seemed pretty fucking nice, man. Like I only had a minor inter- interaction with because the lineup was so fucking big. I just did not want to sit in it. But the wife actually went up and met her outside and stuff. She they they talked for a little bit and stuff. And I don't I never approach celebrities like that. So I was like whatever. But uh, but she said she was really fucking nice. And I was like okay. She was so rude to a friend of mine. I wanted to like bust up and say, <laughs> you know, at what point in time are you just so washed up? You had to your tits to everybody. I want. I want to say it's so bad. You, know? <laughs> you want to say? I said, at what point were you so washed up? You just want to show your tits to everybody. I, I just want to say it's so bad, but I, I restrained myself. Probably know? Savage Streets. Time. I was going to say Savage Streets was probably the first time she showed her tits because she didn't show them in. Uh... No, that was probably the first one, wasn't it? She didn't then show them in The Exorcist. Thank God. Then there was the fourth time. Jesus I Christ, think. Dave. <laughs> that's, 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 that's like that's 10. What's JP's favorite? What, what's the most uh, uh, awkward form of nudity ever? That scene in Wild Beast where that, t- that 12-year-old girl showed her tits for no reason. It just, come on, man. It's a... that, that director cracks me up, Franco Prosperi, who did like the Mondo Connie movies. He's like, yeah, in the uh, special features on that release, he was like, no rats were harmed. Like, yeah, I'm going to trust the guy who fucking directed Mondo Connie. Dude, you fried them rats. I fucking watched the movie. <laughs> Dude, that, that shit was all real footage. Those are brutal, man. Those are brutal. But that's Italian cinema for you, though, man. Like, younger, like, underage to us. Showing their t- like it's awkward. There's a bunch of movies like that, man. Well, sweet um, movie, Jesus fucking Christ. What's yeah. that Criterion one that we watched? Sweet movie, that, probably. No, it was uh, that one that I didn't. That JP really hated because he thought it was so long and boring. Remember movies we did it about <laughs> like the girl coming to her sexuality coming to yeah. college. Oh, it's the um. What the fuck the is it called? Bees. Uh, Valerie and Weaver yeah. Wonders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That girl yeah. was because I actually I mentioned her age on it, where she was like fourteen or, or something like that, and I'm like, man, that's really weird to see those titties like that. Well, didn't what uh, Jodie Foster show her tits and 
the girl who lives down the lane or whatever. But I think that was she, that was a that was her sister. It was a double. Yeah, double. it was a double. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah, I think I think she was upset that they made it. They they want director wanted her to do that, so they got her sister to come in to do those scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like that's just wrong. Yeah, that's just it. wrong. <laughs> you just say yeah. you loved it, Dave. I said you gotta love it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Billy, Billy Zane's up there though. I I didn't enjoy his company too much. He. See, I I collect stuff for well, I I, I solicit at the at the shows I'm allowed to for a charity auction I do, and he was really shitty about it. He made some shitty ass comments. I wanted to like give him the picture back that I bought and say, okay, I don't even want a refund. Just I don't even want it in my life anymore. Get the fuck out of my face, you know? Dude, I've, like, I've heard stories about Billy Zane being a dick, man. That sucks. It's interesting. I thought he was a pretty entertaining actor. Yeah. Well, I like his I like his movies. I can like I can like his movies. I just don't like him as a person. And you know, it's just it's one of those first impression things. I had the same problem with like Warrington Gillette, who was kind of a dickhead. He was looking at women more than he was talking to you. And uh, what else? There's, there's, there's a couple more out there. That, that, I had an interaction with Danny Glover one time where I was they were, they were packing up their stuff to leave for the day, and I was it's still a plenty of stuff on the table. I was going to give him money for an autograph, you know. And people said, no, 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 no. Like, okay, you know, I'm walking away then, you know. It's just, uh, oh my gosh. Wow. So, yeah, he was getting too old for that people. shit, I'd say it's getting too old for that shit, man. Right, exactly. Say, right. That's the low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah. When it comes to conventions, I'd say it's about 5%. You know, they're, they're a little off the wall. But again, anything you ask for, all I got to say no. I mean... I got told no by Lori Petty, you know, for for you know charitable donation, and that's where that's where it ended. She didn't give me a fucking speech or anything about fucking blah 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 bullshit, and yeah. I said okay, and I walked away, you know. Hmm. Tank uh, girl, tank girl, picture in hand. I was happy. So. Wow. Um. Well, sometimes they don't trust you. You know, they don't know who you are. So I imagine a lot of people are a little leery, but still. Yeah, be dicks well, about it, though. What's Lord. the worst that could happen, right? Just fucking, you know, like a, you know. F- fuck Lawrence Monison, too, let's put it that way. <laughs> who the fuck is that? Nobody even knows who that is. The guy from, um, T- Teddy from, um, Friday 13th Part 4, and he was, exactly uh, the guy that shared my name in The Last American Virgin, the titular Last American Virgin. Oh, um, fuck, dude. that's funny. That guy's a dick? He's like, nobody remembers that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't. <laughs> No, I didn't. I know who he is now. He's the friend of Crispin Glover, right? The guy yes. who gets the uh, the stamp to the the screen, the projection screen. Yeah, yes, he was sir. a dick. I met him too at Flashback. I wouldn't even bother meeting him. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I don't care. Yeah, I just want to meet just everybody have. from Friday Four because all I'm missing now is Corey Feldman and Crispin Glover, and then I have everybody pretty much. Good luck on those. You, you got <laughs> the, the two biggest names. You got names. the weird ones left. See, you know. Well, Crispin Glover did a signing here. I don't know when he wrote his book a few years ago, but <clears throat> I didn't get to go to it. But he writes that long autograph on there. Yeah. Looks like Feldman, a serial killer wrote it. Does Feldman <laughs> do many conventions anymore? He might be a serial killer. I don't think he ever did conventions. I think he did for know. a while. I don't know. I think he was. On. Corey Feldman's just weird. So well, yeah. I mean, um, you have to go to one of his concerts to fucking meet him, probably. <laughs> If I ever had the opportunity, I might actually do that. So weird. Um, how many different conventions do you frequent? Like, which ones do you usually go to? Just just the local ones, really. Um, 
Days of the Dead, which Jeremy does not go to. Um, and you're local to Chicago? Uh, Chicago, Chicago area. Flashback weekend. Do you live in the city or do you live 45 minutes out of the city? <laughs> I live 45 minutes out of the city. I live in Northwest Indiana. So Fuck you. Everybody away. makes fun of me. Fuck I don't think there's anybody that actually lives in Chicago City. It's funny. But, oh, I know. Uh, well, they get shot Chicago. up they lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, not, a, not everywhere in Chicago. I'm, I'm just kidding. Only some parts. I'm obviously just being a piece of shit. <laughs> Sometimes I'll go far out if somebody feels like driving. Hey, you want to go to Cincinnati? I'll say, okay, and we'll go to Cincinnati or something for a horror hound or, you know. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some names on the list for me to travel, though. And I had a friend who unfortunately passed away from, from stage four cancer right around the same age. So he died like six years ago, and uh, he traveled everywhere. He got to meet Stan Winston and Guillermo del Toro. He got to meet a lot of people, and yeah. I was I was always jealous. <laughs> got to go to Cinema Wasteland, bro. The convention that the Mystics crazy. The convention that nobody knows who's actually there besides us. <laughs> I, I never go for autographs at Wasteland. I just go to yeah. hang out and have fun. I, I met a lot of cool people there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Wasteland, Wasteland's fun, man. I've been a couple times, and it's a long it's travel. Mits, it's the Mitzvits convention. I mean, it's like... It's a trash one. They call Cinema yeah. Wasteland, you know? It's like the exploitation and trash and stuff. Yeah. Where you meet your porn stars. Yeah. I like how they mix that up. I, I think I like... The thing I like about Wasteland, though, is that they regulate the prices there, too, which is really cool. It's usually 20 an autograph. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, I go to HorrorCon and everyone oh, everyone has their own price kind of thing, and which is in Calgary. And I mean, it makes sense. It's going to be a little bit more because they have to come up, you know, across the border and shit like that. But it gets ridiculous, dude. It used to be 20 and then fucking doubled for some reason. Well, I think like big time celebrities or bigger ones like Robert Englund and Tony Todd were probably like, well, that guy's charging 20 and he was in the background of my movie and I'm charging 20. You know yeah. what I mean? Tony Todd was 40 when I met him, but he's probably like 60 now. Who knows? Yeah. I miss, um, the, I miss the old days where everything, everybody was 20. Yeah. Those were the good old days. I, I remember yeah. when they were free, Jeremy. If you can yeah. believe that, you know. Well, if <laughs> you meet Lo- Jeremy a heart attack. If you meet Lloyd yeah. Kaufman, he signs everything for free and as much yeah. as you want. It's crazy. Like, that dude just, he's fucking so nice, man. I, I talked to Never Lloyd for. character. Oh, man. He's just, he just doesn't want to stop talking. You know, he it's, never it's, breaks character, especially the Charlie Band. Oh, that Charlie. is the best video of all time. <laughs> it, it is a great video. You've got really to watch the New York Times video. I'm telling you, that one's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's like, "Look, we talked to you. We're streaming live right now in the New York Times." He's like, "Can you tell us about trauma?" And he's like, "Why would I talk to you? The New York Times has never given two shits about me." And they're like. <laughs> Fucking Lloyd. <laughs> Stallone, Stallone did a live viewing of uh, Rocky um, a couple months back, and he gave Lloyd a shout out on, on just talking about the movie. I, did I, he? I, I, I gave, wow. I, must, I, I gave him a, I tagged him. I'm like, you're watching Rocky with Stallone. He just he just mentioned to you, Lloyd. You know, I thought it was dope. Dude, I love uh, Stallone's cool, dude. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. He was like a, he was like he was like a PA on like a, or like a no like he was a, like a, a he played a, the bum. I mean, he played. He was, he was also like a location, like something or other for Saturday Night Fever and Rocky, I believe. Hmm. It was Lloyd. Yeah, Lloyd yeah. was. Yeah. Crazy. And Joe Spinell. Did he talk about Joe Spinell when he was in there? Him and yes, yes. Tight. He talked about. He talked about Spinell quite a bit too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should watch stories. that, dude. Yeah, my dream one. I'd love to go to one day be Chiller Theater though, because they always have like massive cast reunions. I missed out on a Warriors reunion. They had like thirteen cast members there. It was insane. 
I always feel like that's, the trauma table is like it's it, it's always got like uncheesy theatrics and stuff. I like the fact that they've got like the toxic offender, <laughs> toxic offender. <laughs> you, Woods, you're never there. Um, Lloyd hasn't been at Wasteland in like eight years. It was probably the last really? time I was there because I think that's the only time I've ever seen him. All the times I've been there. Yeah, actually, when he came up to to Horicon in Calgary, man, it was fucking nuts, dude. They they brought up a lot of merchandise and shit, and they sold everything on that Saturday within the first like three hours. It was fucking crazy. I didn't realize there were so many damn trauma fans in Canada. Yeah, it's but fucking trauma. Who likes trauma? Apparently, that many people. They sold literally everything. It was fucking crazy. I never seen anything like that. It's crazy. I'm so glad I live in a world where I can have Blood Hook on Blu-ray. It's just it's oh, a wonderful shit. thing. Thank Vinegar you, Syndrome. Vinegar Syndrome, Special man. Yeah. <laughs> right. They gotta uh, get on screenplay though. Come on. They should. Screenplay is one of those films that definitely needs to love. Fuck, that's a great movie, man. Oh yeah, totally underrated. It's underrated. It might underrated. even be one of the actual best films that Troma has ever released. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I like uh, Combat Shock myself. Didn't JP wasn't yeah. he just talking about that? How boring that shit was the other day. Uh, uh, Combat Shock? No, he was talking about the one that was on. Uh, oh yeah, no, Bob yeah, no, he war. wasn't talking about yeah, Troma's, Troma's war. war. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like, Combat Shock, boring. Yeah, I was gonna say Jesus, man. The fuck doesn't surprise I love me. Tra- I love Troma's War. It's just all over the fucking place. Yeah, it's fun. Class to Nukem High for the win. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boots never talked about Volume 2. I was surprised. Volume 2 is a poop fest. Man, I saw. I actually saw a screening before it came out in uh, at, at Horicon again. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like, it just feels like pure leftover diarrhea from the first one. Which, Which I think one? Is... Nukem High 2? Yeah. Like the Are second... you talking about Return to Nukem High? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I like that one. I'm just talking about the original class of Nukem High, too. No, I, I think Jeremy brought it up because I when the original... He used to love the first one. Yeah, when Return, sure. to, Return to Nukem High came out, and I, I must have watched it like seven times in one week. It was ridiculous. It's fun. It's fun. I just kept watching. I couldn't stop. I was like, this is so much fucking fun. And then, of course, the sequel never came out for like ten fucking years. And, it's fine. And then, I, and then I caught a fucking screening at it, and it's, it's just like... Fine. It's so bad, but I was I was highly entertained by it. But I was like, yes. What? But it's such a downgrade from the first part. It's like it just feels like leftovers, yeah, man. Extra bay money. It, it's pure leftovers. They 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 rehash some you know scenes and oh man, it's just it doesn't have they the same quality. But you're telling me he pulls a Charlie band? A little bit. <laughs> your your listeners might. Your, your listeners at least it's full length. There's an homage to Carrie at the beginning of the return to the return of class of Newcomb High, whatever it is, part two, whatever it is. Yeah. The newest one where, you know, what happens happens. She starts bleeding in the shower and then she starts <laughs> bleeding green in the shower and she spews green and red goo all over the women who are all naked in the, in the shower. All yeah. it is it's, is full bush. It's a tits. great scene. The, the, the amount of fully nude women in that movie is astounding. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. I like it, and I think it's great when Lloyd Kaufman has his wife in there, and she's arguing with him about him, like, see, I'm trying to add the tits in here, and he's trying to argue, act like it's artistic, but he's just being a pervert. It's oh, fucking great. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just said it was a complete step down for the first part. Yeah, it is, but I like both of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question five. What are, in your opinion some of the most overrated horror movies and underrated. I named a couple of them. Yeah, I'm always curious because people always have completely different views on this shit. It's awesome. Overrated horror films. And name a couple underrated ones, too, if you want. The Exorcist. Exorcist 2, probably, would be underrated, in my opinion. I'm saying The Exorcist is overrated. This is about Uh, Gary. 
I'm just I kidding. Know. I'm kidding, Jeremy. It's nothing but drama, you know. Rosemary's Baby. That's about drinking. Yeah, this is this is my friend Nudie's view of Rosemary's Baby. That Rosemary's Baby says about a woman drinking by drinking yogurt the whole movie, and, you know, <laughs> getting you know whatever. I'm like, okay, Nudie, shut shut up, man. You fucking know. Neil. Fuck Neil. Cinematography is <laughs> top notch in that movie, though. Yes, yeah. it is. That fucking short. Okay, just fuck. name a couple overrated. Oh, pick me a. See, I I always say about giallos that you know pick, pick me a winner. I think over there's there's a lot more overrated gels than, than anything else. I think Blood and Black Lace is a very pretty film, but I think it's a very overrated film. It's a little boring to me, but it's very very it keeps your eyes on the screen with all the different colors and it's 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 very good and I like it in that sense. But I don't like it as a film. I think that's overrated. Um, what, what else? <sighs> me and Dave are both just biting our tongues. No, oh, well, yeah, no. do it. No, it's a great movie, it. but I can see it. I mean, it's I'm not, not for Oh, um, you can talk bad about Cameron Mitchell. We're okay. If you, <laughs> you want to, like, you know, split, split hairs here, you know, I don't love the the Universal Monsters films. Wow, I, I grew up at I grew up as a you know because the Hammer ones are much more interesting. So if I had to recommend those type of films for somebody to watch. I'd say pick the Hammer ones over over the Universal ones any day of the week, with the exception of the Creature from Black Lagoon, because I, I like those films and they really didn't have a a go over at the Hammer Studios to make those kind of films. I'm not saying they'd be better, but yeah, visually, I think those those are the best Universal monster films. Is the Creature from Black Lagoon? Because if you watch the Mummy, it's the first Mummy. It's kind of dull. I'm not going to argue with that. That you watch the one from the fifties with Chris with uh, Christopher Lee, and you're like, "Wow, you know what a difference!" And you, you I actually agree. Like, I actually agree with that. Yeah. Two of those mummy movies from Hammer are atrocious too, though. There's four, and two of them are big piles of shit. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying they're all good. Just, but I agree with. You. I mean, the no. mummy is kind of dull, and the first Invisible Man is fucking awesome, and I think yeah, Frankenstein's fantastic too. I love Invisible Man. That movie's hilarious. And people will kiss Dracula's ass so much in Lugosi's performance, but the Spanish language one is much oh, yeah. better you know, mm-hmm. than that one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a big Hammer fan, too, so I'm not going to argue with a Hammer. I just got done watching like 60 Hammer movies last year. So, um, yep. Stuff, stuff from the 90s that came after Scream that people put too much stock in. That's, that's trash the- stuff. That's that's overrated. Like I know yeah, you did last summer. Like that stuff, yeah. I know that's the worst decade for. That's the worst part of horror ever. Like ninety seven to like two thousand. Those movies are just like kill me. Yeah, all the scream clones. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I know what you did last summer and and shit like that. And I mean, that Valentine. The curve. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one. The movies. curve. Floating head movies are the worst. Yeah, it, it really you know, is the worst. You know, what I, you know what I like the character screen. I, I like Joyride quite a bit. And the sequels. I fucking but, um, love Joyride. I actually brought that up a couple of shows ago. I was like, they need to make another one. I love Road Horror. Like that subgenre, if it even exists, is that. But we call it Road Horror. Mm-hmm. I just love that type of shit, man. I love shit on the road and fucking, I, I don't know. It's always great. Like Duel and I love that shit, man. It's great. But yeah, Rusty Nail, I could fuck with another one of those. I'm surprised they didn't make another one. That sounds horrible. Rusty Nail, I could fuck with one of those. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, one of those. that actually did sound bad with you know with the sandpaper on the penis too, right? Ugh. Of course. Oh, boy. I mean, what's the point Jesus. without the sandpaper? White? I mean, you, you have to go there. Are you even trying anymore? No. Fuck. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen. Like, like I, I hate to say stuff I refuse to watch. Like, I know Solo is going to make me upset, so I don't watch that movie. <laughs> you know? That movie sucks, anyway. <laughs> 
I never see the human centipede. I've never seen this Serbian film because I know these films are going to upset me. So I, I don't watch them. Huh? Yeah. You know, honestly, we just covered um, the human centipede trilogy not too long ago. I'm not a big fan of the first one. I love the second one, which is just love the way one. more brutal. Like it's just a brutal fucking movie, yeah, man, no, but it's, it's so much better. Disgusting, it, it is, I love it. It is truly disgusting, but it's just a better movie. Um, I like, get, like the, like Frank's Frank stream stuff, like like inside, like oh, what's the plot of the movie again? Oh yeah, I'm not watching that because you know what? I, I don't care how good you say it is. Okay, same so thing with martyrs, same thing with martyrs. You know. Okay, so you're not an extreme fan. Okay. So, so if people say, "Hey, let's do it for a show," it's like, yeah, I'll feel obligated to watch it, but I'm not going to watch it. And say, hey, you know, it was a good time feeling on a Saturday night. Some woman getting a baby cut out of her. Yeah, that sounds like a great time, you know. I think Inside and Martyrs are a bit different. I think that they're good movies on top of it. They're not just, like, throwing up the devil horns yeah. and doing stupid shit. Like, mm-hmm. And her, Human Centipede 1 is way more tame than you would think. But the way you're talking, avoid the second one. Like, it's fucking repulsive. Shit in people's mouths. But and I, Serbian film is also really well made, but really repulsive. Avoid. And you're right. If that sounds whole, like, if you don't want to, yeah, it sounds right up to avoid. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not a $10 indie film. I think you I don't know. Martyrs is really good. Yeah, Martyrs is good. Martyrs is an exhausting film. It's depressing, film, though. though. It, it's, it's depressing. It's very depressing. It's very exhausting um, because it's just a lot of just extreme shit in your face. It's it's crazy. And I, twist and turns too. And twist it made and turns. Me, it, it's it made me feel sick. I felt sick when I first saw it. It's really well done. I mean, if they're trying what they were trying to do for the to the viewer, they they did well. They did well. So don't watch the remake. You know, <laughs> Inside is. Yeah, you know, it's um it's got its moments, but it's a really well done film. Yep. Really well really well shot. It's got a lot of great suspense in it and shit, and it's it's crazy. It's but crazy. that's the gore, it's it's more of a thriller than a horror movie even. Really. But I mean when the gore comes, Jesus man. It's brutal. Awesome gore. It Some is brutal. Amazing head explosion. Gary, what's the most extreme movie you do like? I'm curious. Oh, I, watched, I watched a lot of like um Japanese. Vomit dolls. Yeah, there you go. I've watched it. Don't watch, it. Don't watch the don't Loser watch Valentine don't, films. Please, please, Jesus please don't. Christ, don't. <laughs> I, I have like, four of them. <laughs> I'm never watching those again, ever. Ever. If you guys do a show, I'm not fucking doing it. I don't care. Regurgitated Sacrifice, I had to watch twice last year. Fucking twice. I'm just going to tell the person no. If they pick it, I'm like, I ain't doing it. I'll refund them their money right away. I mean, there's a reason why the Soska sisters have completely just uh, sidestepped from their association well, with that film. They were just too busy beating up someone else right <laughs> i'm just kidding. i'm just making a joke that's what again the canadian hate again with the they're, canadian they're getting canceled didn't you hear all that shit uh i i heard yep. things about it i didn't really no one commented it. on my post i was surprised i just don't really yeah i don't know it never interests me in the first place though so what was Gary? What are some of the ones you actually yeah. do like because I'm, I'm curious what's the drawing line yeah i'm you? curious what's too actually too? Yeah. probably like you know a lot of the Japanese and Thai horror films from like the late nineties, early two thousands. There's some good zombie stuff in there and some good like uh just some good blood and guts films in that mix and I can't really recall a crazy Stacey, amount of titles. Stacy Zombie uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Biozombie and there's one called Junk that I remember enjoying very much. Yeah, those and, are those are good man. Biozombie Zero. is actually a funny movie to watch oh. with the with the fucking uh dub on. Wild <laughs> Wild Zero is a fucking delight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah we, Bio Zombies fun. It's a blast. Did, you know what's yeah, an extreme movie nobody really talks about? Fucking Fetus. That movie's fucking that's brutal. Gnarly. Oh, gnarly. that movie's fucking gnarly. Fetus, man, is amazing. 
Brian and Pollen, man. Brian Pollen made me sick too. It, it's like it made me feel really scared for a second. I, 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 I honestly, I love all his movies. I've re- I've reviewed them all on my channel and stuff. He fucking fetus, man. They're brutal. Yeah. I had to do, oh, do found with with people that go to church and they pretty much stop covering horror films after they watch found. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love these people, but like, yeah, we're not gonna do horror films anymore. It's just a uh, that's fine. Found's pretty yeah. brutal, especially like <laughs> found is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I know that director pretty well, actually, Scott. Yeah, I liked I liked it pretty good too. And um, yeah, I just I just don't watch a lot of it unless somebody says, "Hey, let's watch it." I'll say, "Okay, I'll give that a go," but I'm not gonna watch it by myself. It's just one of those things. You don't seek it out, but you're not gonna turn it. I'm down. I, I'm worse out there, you know. Somebody says, "Hey, let's do this for a show," and I'll say, "Okay," or like, "Hey, I got this movie. You want to watch it on a Saturday night?" I'm not gonna make the effort by myself to watch it. Let's put it that way. That's fair. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my info it. Cool. Um, was it underrated horror films? How about, or yeah, next? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I like to find like the, the quirky stuff. Like uh, you discover stuff like the, I think this is a Canadian film too. The pit for, from night from 1980 to one. They eat meat. I love that movie. Dude, it's the, just so perverted that you can't stop watching it. The pit, you know? the pit is such a ridiculous movie. I love it, man. That movie is so hard to find. What is, what is no, it? Tr- it's Kino put the Blu-ray. I, out. It was so hard to find. What are they called again? The trog lights? Is that? Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, that is the funny man, man. You know, Ryan Nicholson was a good buddy of mine. The teddy bear man. Ryan Nicholson was a good buddy of mine, and he always used to rock that shirt, the trog light shirt. It was awesome. He was a big fucking they, fan they of the have pit, a man. Pit shirt. Yeah, he used to rock it all the time, man. I always used to laugh and I'm like, dude, I swear you're the only, I, I swear it was the only shirt in the world. You had to make that at his house. Right. He probably fucking did, man, but it, it looked good. It looked good, but yeah. Some of the bad anthology films from like the seventies and eighties that people consider bad, but there's a lot of good silver linings in there. We, we did dead time stories for like a mini episode <laughs> and there's so much fun that's hidden in that film. If you haven't watched it in a long time, it's just, it's just all over the place. And the opening is the best part. Last time I watched it, we turned it back and watched the opening twice with the music. <laughs> yeah. Chillers. That's a trauma, a trauma anthology, a trauma produced anthology. Um, that's mm-hmm. a fun horror anthology with lots of weird stuff in it. Um, Damn, there's 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 much more the 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 uninvited, which the is cat uh, one? the cat one. Yes, I love it. Um, uh, Great and Clark. It's <laughs> yes. one of my it's favorite subgenres. No, no, no. But... This is this is um no. It's called the Uncanny. I'm sorry, the Uncanny. Oh, which is the one with Peter Cushing. Oh, the yes, Peter Cushing cats. film. Yeah, so the uninvited. The uninvited man. Boat horror. Cats on boats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dave has seen every goddamn movie. Dude, I love the Uncanny. That's yeah. a great one too. The Uncanny is great, man. I, I still gotta upgrade the Blu-ray. I still have my VHS. Jesus. How is there two movies? One called The Uncanny. One called Uninvited, and they're both about killer fucking cats. Right. <laughs> Strays is about killer cats. Yeah, but it's not it's called The un- Uninvited or On Something. Yeah. That's you super can, weird. It you is can weird. stuff like you pick an actor like George. I, I mentioned Ron Stuck. You pick an actor like George Kennedy. You look at some of the choices that he made. You want to watch these films. George like, Kennedy um, was shit faced in that movie too. I swear he was. Demon Warp. Demon Warp is a favorite. You woolly bastard. I, I discovered Wacko last year, the Graydon Clark movie. Oh, the, the spoof. I've not yeah. watched Wacko. Yeah, the spoof. Yeah. It's funny. It's, Wacko it's so is funny. funny. Yeah. Wacko is funny. Yeah, VS gave that a good release, man. When your syndrome. Just just seeing the choices that some of these actors make later in their lives, and like, yeah. 
this is this is some of my favorite things just watching these films and i'm sure they didn't think much of them when they were coming out it was just a paycheck to some of these guys but yeah. well that you know it's like oliver, the best part about half those movies too well it's like oliver reed in the pit and the pendulum remake right he's so drunk he's so shit-faced in that movie it's like the and he's barely in it but his scene is amazing <laughs> so good. he never flubs a line though he's no drunk. he totally doesn't Everybody knows what Mitchell is, but look at Joe Don Baker's filmography. Just this deep dive, and you, you'll be impressed. Let's put it that way. It's the something he came out of there. He's okay, back to back, back to Green Clark. You know, Joysticks. He was in that movie. Oh, good old Joysticks. I never actually saw Joysticks, but it's the video game movie. Yes. Yeah. Green yeah. Clark's had a weird filmography in itself. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like, is there yeah, anything like, worse than Satan's cheerleaders? <laughs> man, that's a movie that Zach fucking loves. That movie, man. He always fucking champs John that shit. Ireland, man, what yeah. the fuck is he doing? I've only yeah. seen a shitty copy. I never grabbed the Blu-ray, but I've only ever seen it in like shitty quality, so I, I can't really judge. Yeah. I think Graham Clark and Jeff Lieberman have had some of my favorite filmographies out there, as yeah, small as they are. Yeah. Oh man, I, Blue Sunshine is one of the best. It's coming to 4K, bro. Dude, I thought that was crazy. Out of all movies to come to four gay, fucking blue sh- sunshine gets one. It what just about se- crash? <laughs> it seems so random. It's weird. It is yeah. weird to me, man. Blue sun. I love it. I have that like kind of indie fucking huge Blu-ray set of it. I'm sure Dave has it too. Yep. Crazy set. Um. Okay. Last part of this question. Name a film that everyone loves that you hate or dislike. Hates a strong word that you dislike. I've named a couple already, but uh, <laughs> what else? Um, Name something modern that's been like kind of t- you know people have been talking about him. Midsummer. He, he didn't like Midsummer. Well, that's, I liked it. I liked it. Okay, what... it was just too long. Uh, you know, I, it, well, I wasn't disappointed in my viewing, but I've I've seen that movie before, and that's probably my biggest beef with a lot of these films is that I've seen that movie before. But one of my one of my biggest bitches is that I'm just I'm just tired of these you know starting over stuff and. One of my biggest bitches was Halloween 2018. People were sucking that movie's dick so hard, and I just wasn't impressed. Man, we share a lot impressed. of the same views, man. Like, I, Mid-Lamer was terrible to me. I hated Halloween 18. Fuck, if, keep if, going. If you've seen, if you've seen what, what David Gordon Green and, and, um, and Danny McBride were doing on HBO... You would not be wanting to watching any horror film they ever made because I don't think you guys watched The Righteous Gemstones or seen Eastbound and Down or Vice Principals. This this is like the gold standard for them. They need to keep on doing comedy because this horror stuff doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And people are like got their nostalgia boners out over you know oh she's back Jamie Lee's back again but yeah I'm, I'm glad she's back and everything but what are they doing with her you know. They're, 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 use, they're using that trope that I hate, which is like the, the PTSD wounded warrior stuff. Well, they, they made her they into did, fucking Ramble Lori. Yeah, they did the same thing in that last Terminator film, which I think really hurt it. Because yeah. the, the other characters were much more interesting than Linda Hamilton was. Mm-hmm. But Linda Ham- I didn't watch it in Terminator, but Linda Hamilton in part two was like that already. She was all strung out and badass and tough, though. Yeah, but she wasn't. She became a. Bitch. I didn't see the new one. Oh, I didn't like, want to watch the new one. They told me the first five minutes what happens, and I just yeah. was like, "I'm out." She's <laughs> like self-aware in this movie in a way, you know. Mm. Like, yeah, everything's going on. You know, let's 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 save the day. But you're not really needed in that film, and I think she realized it about halfway through production. She wasn't really needed in that film. <laughs> um, she got a paycheck, though, right? Yeah. What's up? Did you like Hereditary? Nice paycheck. Did you? 
Yeah. Did you like Hereditary? I, it's there. I mean, I, I liked it. Okay. It's it's like Midsummer though. There's parts of it that I should I should that I should have been laughing at, but like you know what? There, there, there's there's wow. little bits in there. Hmm. Like I thought I thought Midsummer was one of the best. One of the best. One of the best. Um, Head crushing. <laughs> no, no, no. If you. We get to the very last frame of the film to where you know she's the the May Queen and she she smiles. It seems like one of the best breakup films that was ever made. And people <laughs> don't see it like I see it, you know. But yeah, it's just it's one of those strange things where I didn't see it as, as much of a horror film. I seen it. It's just with that last frame of film. I seen it, and when, when that Frankie Valley song comes on, the sun ain't gonna shine anymore. I was like, yeah, this is like the best breakup film I've ever seen in my life, you know. <laughs> but people, people didn't see it like I saw it though. So I guess that's why my mind, my mind, my mind works. But you know, I'm just, I'm just tired of like, just the regurgitation of the same shit over and over again. It's the same thing if you're a wrestling fan. If if you watch wrestling over the years, ravishing Rick Rude begat Val Venus, you know, stuff like that. They begat, mm-hmm. begat, begat, and you know, it's just the same New regurgitated phase, stuff. Shit, yeah. over up over and over again and people are blind by this and this is where i have a problem what are some other like, f- modern <laughs> films that have like you know are kind of like very debated like something like mandy did you like mandy i liked it okay it wasn't it wasn't that great a film but there was a lot there was a lot to look at in that film what about you summer know? of 84 again it's that nostalgia boner i i was i by, by the time like the second season of like stranger things hit i was already over it so by the time that movie hit and it ended the way it did i was like yeah i'm just and that's the thing with me if i watch a movie and the ending shits to bed i don't care how good the movie is it's just doomed for life for me oh you didn't like the ending to summer of 84 i, I didn't like it very much no oh shit man i thought the ending was fantastic see i'm not a big fan of stranger things at all I've just I've never been able to get into it, man. I I've actually, never watched it. I stopped watching into season three. Yeah, I got about a couple episodes. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm just torturing myself. So I, I honestly think it's one of the most overrated horror TV series ever. Really, it gets so much praise. People love it. They always talk about it and shit. I'm just like, man, it's really not that great. But it's, like, there's a I'm, lot of characters I'm, I'm, in that show too. I don't like. I just I can't I'm, get into them. I'm psyched that people are loving horror again. I'm, I'm psyched that. Oh, the, for sure. it, the it series is a thing, and this is giving it a boost. But the people out there that when they saw those those new it films, just shit all over Tim Curry like he was like the worst thing on earth. Like, oh, Bill Skarsgård's so much better. No, 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 no. Oh, Bill Skarsgård. Tim Curry is a character actor. Okay, you got to remember that. That's that, that's the way he worked. I mean, he's star stage and screen. Bill Skarsgård just shaking his head and dancing around in that fucking movie to me. He ain't nothing to me in that movie. You know, uh, I think I, I think Bill Sarsgaard's good, but Tim Curry's excellent, and yeah. you know what I mean. They're both good, but they're different. Like yeah, same one's better. That's the, the way I look at it. They're too. completely different. It's, it's weird. like apple. It's like apples and oranges to me, though. I mean, one, one yeah. took. It's it's like it's like the the reiterations of the Joker over the years. You know, they could do that because people have written them that way. You know, for 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 what like six decades now. Yeah, but did you the like Joker. the new Joker though? I, I liked it. I liked it okay. I watched it a couple times. It's gotten a little looser on on free, you know repeated watches. It didn't have that same you know impact, I guess. But I, I'm not going to say that Nolan Batman series is all that great. Like I'm not big on the Nolan's. I watched the Joker in the theater twice, and something I barely ever do is go and see a film twice at the cinema. That's how much I loved it. I thought it was great. 
Um, I love the Joker, but I'm a Jack Nicholson guy myself. I know it's stupid to say, but... <laughs> no, it's not stupid. It's not stupid to say. I wouldn't say he's my first Joker. My first Joker is Cesar Romero because I used to... Yeah. Much like in my, my first crush is Barbara Felder from Get Smart because I used to watch them back-to-back. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that, that's 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 the, the, the gold standard, I guess, because we're all, we're all almost 40, like I said. So when, when that movie hit, even now I get goosebumps in certain parts of that Batman 89, especially... Uh, certain points of the elfman score when it when it hits i get i get really excited elfman scores were all like that for me when i was a kid like dick tracy dark oh, man, man. Nightbreed, prince, batman man. beetlejuice but who prince. Fuck prince dude oh come on the prince batman soundtrack's awesome yeah but but the the prince music isn't the same as a score a score somehow it gets embedded in your like heart and soul and like you hear the cues in your head and they give you like chills up your spine for me at least a specific part there's a oh. part where the part where um vicky vale and, and batman are entering the bat cave and that overture of when the gate the, the gate opens and they go into the tunnel you know i get really excited when that happens I'm, I'm, when I think in the opening of another Elfman score, like the opening Dick Tracy was like, dun, 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 and that does the whole like motion. It's like, a man lay dead today. That always gives me hype for that movie. <laughs> right. we, we talked about deep cast. You got to look who's in Dick Tracy. That's that's a that's a crazy oh, cast right best. there. It's the best. <laughs> 30 seconds, no more dick. 30 seconds, no more dick. I got to upgrade that shit, man. Yeah, Dude, get... no, Dick Tracy is a misunderstood gem. Oh, I've always liked it. Um, but getting back to the TV horror and stuff, I, I just feel like I, man, I'm glad that there's so much interest in it and stuff, but I'm, I'm really kind of wanting them to bring it with, you know, some actual anthology shows. You know what I'm saying? It's like this one season kind of storyline and then, you know, kind of do something else. It, it's fine. It was cool for a little bit, but I mean, I grew up with the anthologies and shit and I just missed that format a lot. Have you, have you, have you tried to watch the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone? I actually haven't seen it yet. Um, I did it's watch. The Cre- I did watch the Creep Show anthology. Um, Creep Show was slick for the most part. It, it was actually pretty impressive. I was kind of taken back by a little bit. It, it felt like Creep Show to me, more or less, without the music. There's a couple turds in there for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think there was any like absolute turds, but there was like any anthology series, better ones than. You know. I stand by my statement. Turds. <laughs> the, the werewolf. One? The Which werewolf one? and the behind enemy lines one was pretty good. I like that one. I thought you were going to say it was a turd. And I was like, what? I was, was like, good. the zombie kids one was a turd. Yeah. Oh, the zombie kid one? Yeah. That I can, was I can predictable see junk. You, I can see you saying Yeah, for sure. No, and I normally eat that shit up. Halloween coming back, midnight hour shit. I love it. But I was, Ernest Scared Stupid is one of my favorite movies from 91. Spoiler. I don't give a fuck. But, she knows, uh, man. Uh, the effects are amazing. All right. Name but one I did movie. I not like that Halloween thing. Name one movie that uh, most people dislike that you love. Shot two. <laughs> oh, that's 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 up there probably. Shut, I, love, I knew you were talking, Shut two. Are fan. we I talking like you. like any genre? We're talking here, or just horror. Genre? Just, just horror. Just, just horror. Just horror. Make it easier. Shut two is up there though. I love Shut two. It's a way. Too. It's a way different tone than the first one, but it, you could have a lot of fun with it. It's just Return of the Dead Part Three, the real one. That's all. <laughs> that's what it was supposed to be. We know yeah. it is. You can tell. Yeah. Return of the Living Dead Part 2. I'll pick that movie because I love people, it too. Sh- people shit on it so much and I think it's almost as fun as the first one. I think it is. But there's a lot of little, little goopy gags like the Michael Jackson zombie in the end of course which is stupid. But you know what? <laughs> I have a lot of fun with you know. Me too man. The, 
the sequel. It's one of my Elf. favorite as a kids movies. It's a kids movie. I don't know how it got an R rating. It's a fucking kids movie. Trout is so back as the, the tar man doing his thing, and mm-hmm. I love the the shitty neighbor kids that he hangs out with, especially when the one becomes a zombie. Oh, God. You know, I got bored a couple months back, and I ended up watching all the Return of the Living Dead films, including Part Four and Five. And I never heard of those; those don't exist, moods. Dude, those things aren't as bad as everyone makes them out to be, man. For TV kind of sci-fi films or whatever, they're a lot better budget and high budget than I was expecting. Because I'd watched them, I'd watched the fourth one, I'd never seen the fifth one, and I was like, "And but these movies have continuity, though. That's the funny thing. Like right into the main franchise, it's really fucked up." So I was giving them props for that and shit, but they're actually. I know it's blasphemy to say because everyone always shits on them, but they're not as bad as. Should I rewatch them, honestly? Because I love the first three. Like the first three would make what it, it would be like the best franchise. If like the dead movie stopped at the first four, it's like the best franchise, and then Returnally Dead if it stopped at the first three. Okay, fair enough. I mean, but yeah, yeah, okay, I, the, I, I, the way I did I, it though too, like I watched literally all five in a row, and it was just like it shocked me the continuity, and I was just having a lot of fucking fun and. I don't know, usually at that point in a franchise, you know, you're starting to get a bit, a little bit irritated with the shittiness of it and stuff, but it seemed, you know, it was more solid than I was ever remembered the fourth one to be. So I, I say well, rewatch them for sure. What were you going to say, Gary? I could pick a hundred sequels for the answer to the, this, 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 that question. I mean, Children of the Core 2 and 3 are, are wild so as shit, man. The, the part where he's in the church just digging into that wooden doll and the guy That's just, a great one. His face explodes. <laughs> or, or what about the cornstalk flying through the fucking van? <laughs> I actually like part three more than part two. I, I don't know. Part two just gets on my nerves. I don't know what it is. but There's a there's a Wizard of Oz gag in that movie that is so stupid, but I love it. <laughs> it can't be Three's as bad the one as the where one they actually go to Freddy's Chicago, dead. right? Fuck. Oh, Wizard of Oz. Uh, Freddy's dead is awful. That's the worst fucking parody scene ever oh my god it's horrible that's probably the best scene in the movie too which it... <laughs> i'm not trying to be a dick that and the carlos death <laughs> the carlos death is, is just agonizing man it's just purely agonizing Ugh. okay one last thing here what little segment called 10 and 1 don't think about these just answer you've actually answered a couple of these already uh, going back to the last hour in a bit. <laughs> um, but I'll ask you two things. Just pick one, move it on. Uh, VHS or DVD? Oh, DVD, I guess, for, for space sake. But, you know, people like that that grain. I'm indifferent either way. I mean, there's crazy VHS collectors out there, and I respect the crap that they do. So there's that. Eli Roth or Rob Zombie? <sighs> <laughs> just pick one uh, Eli, Eli Roth I guess alright sweet or savory sweet hammer horror or universal horror you've already answered oh, hammer horror yes sports or no sports sports man I need in my life man Hellraiser 1 or 2 Hellraiser 2 because Shenard still scares the fuck out of me okay Shenard's the shit found footage or torture porn Torture porn. Interesting. Uh, I think you already answered this one too. Bella Gosi or Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Hands down. Nineties horror or fifties horror. Ooh. See, that's that's a that's a hard question. I'm gonna go with the fifties though, but they're, they're, I think there's a lot more sci-fi in the horror in the fifties. But that's what I love about the fifties, man. So, yeah, and that I ask a tough one. And I ask everybody this because it's just the ever-going conversation argument. Argento or Fulci? 
I don't like the gross out stuff so much. So I got to go with Argento on that one because there's less maggots in his movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fulci's actually my favorite director. Uh, phenomenon. There are tons of maggots yeah. in Phenomenon. Oh, oh that fucking like, pool scene is, or the and oh my god, that's the, one of the grossest scenes I think Argento ever did. Fucking I like, I like more. I like more Argento stuff than Fulci stuff, though. I mean, I love the love the Beyond, and uh, there's a couple in there. Other other Fulci films, Zombie, of course, is you know who doesn't love a zombie shark? It's, it's good yeah. stuff, and mm-hmm. it, it, and I'm sure there's a couple I haven't mentioned, but yeah, Argento, the the, the early stuff. I watched the later stuff. I don't I don't care for it, hey. but you know that's everybody. But um, here hey. we are. I got a good thing that I can do real quick. Just let me name five movies off the top of my head that I think that you'll like because just the stuff you were saying earlier. Um, yeah. Waxwork. Well, I've seen it, and uh, he likes part like two better. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I, I like I like the effects, but the film itself is is kind of a mess to me. Okay. Uh, brain scan. Oh yeah. Uh, I knew brain scan. I'm just thinking of this. It's, it's, it's like, a little it's a little dated now, but I, I still kind of enjoy, most mostly for for the the, the villain. Well, okay. T. T. Ryder Smith, the trickster. I, I like his. Yeah, his trickster's character dope. Um, Girlfriend from Hell. I don't know this movie. <laughs> okay, it sounds like something you'd like. Like I'm just trying to name really off the wall kind of goofy movies um, from the '90s. Um, the Willies. I know the Willies. I've seen them before. Yeah, because I mean, like you were. I was like so shocked. I was like, man, he likes Chud Two and Returning Dead Part Two. So I was like, man, he's a, he's got like a good taste for the fun stuff. And Ernest Scared Stupid, it sounded like you liked, too. So, Well, yeah, because it, it, it's not like the film's like high-class cinema or anything, but the Chieto yeah. Brothers is, stuff is amazing with trolls. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those movies are just fun to watch anytime. Turn your brain off and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an, advocate, an advocate for Mr. Varney. I've, a, I've been a fan for a long time, and uh, he was a hell of a man, too, right here. So. Oh, he's awesome. Cool. Well, I guess that's going to conclude five questions with uh, with Gary, and um, I guess we should probably move this along. Let's do it. All right, so moving along. Jeremy, you got some dead mail for us this week? Kick the shit about the mail, man. You've got mail. Trust the mail. Man, now his ass is trash like a garbage can. Caught up in some shit with the mailman. Yeah, buddy. All right. So let's dig into some 91 issues of Fangoria since we're doing 1991 on our top, our next top 10 episode. I figured the next few editions of Dead Mail will look into some 91 issues. And this one is issue number 104. And this is from. Uh, July of 1991 and on the cover we have Terminator 2 Tales from the Crypt All New Frights, House 4 Blood Feast Scores Early Days, Bride of Reanimator and Alligator 2 and then on the inside we have the Pit and the Pendulum poster Mm. with a uh, popcorn fold out poster so lots of 1991 goodness are you going to hang that popcorn poster on your wall? no I'm not like Rob from <laughs> Buffalo. All right. So this is a little short uh, done mail this week. So this one comes from Justin Grieco, and he writes, 1990 wasn't very scary, but this year shows some promise. Popcorn and Sleeping with the Enemy were entertaining and worthwhile, but the real surprise this year was The Silence of the Lamb. What a movie. 
It's hypnotic, successful, thrilling, and most of all, scary. Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster are incredible actors. There are intense scenes, shivery scares, and to top it off, a knockout ending with more realistic gore than any movie released last year. Jonathan Demina had brought out a horror thriller that's a truly faithful to Thomas Harris' novel. Fellow Fangorians should rush out and see it. Course, this guy might be the line. this guy might be the only dude ever to bring up um, a fucking Julia Roberts movie in a, with the anime. With the anime. in a Fangoria. Yep, that's pretty funny. What a pussy! Wow. All right, this one comes from Ryan Stanfest, and he writes. I've just witnessed a truly frightening film experience. The stuff, heavy stuff that nightmares are made of. What I'm talking about is the new psychological horror film, The Silence of the Lambs, which is like nothing I've ever seen before. Director Jonathan Demme has made an unbelievable leap from directing comedies. What makes this film interesting is that it is a human nightmare, a realistic and well-crafted portrait of the monster in our society. Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter is an utterly brilliant rendering of an evil and is sure to garner an Academy Award nomination. He is elegant and dark and sinister. Buffalo Bill, the maniac who likes to flay woman's skin, is so sick he makes your head pound in disgust. The scene in his basements are like a harrowing personal tour of hell. The final confrontation scene is definitely frightening. You feel as if your heart has been plucked out as you hold it in your hand, and it begins to beat harder and harder as you break out in a cold sweat. I felt a tad more uneasy about the dark once when it was all over. I give Silence top marks to contain some of the most disturbing images ever put on film. Thanks also to some terrific makeup FX, and it even has a cameo by John Ray, John or Roger Corman. I mean, no, Roger oh, Corman. Over dramatic. I want to say this guy George has. In it. I want to say this guy has not seen Manhunter before. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like everybody loves Silence of the Lambs, which is as true. they should. I mean, of course, it's a great film. Yeah. What do yeah. you go say? Yeah. Do we like Manhunter in here? I do. I've only seen it once. I've definitely seen Silence of the Lambs first, though. Like much like most everybody that I know, probably. Yeah, it, it's kind of strange. Yeah. yeah, I saw Silence of the Lambs before Manhunter, also. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one comes from E. J. Wells from Toledo, Ohio. Oh, he's not from where I'm at. <laughs> and he does, writes. Does he have his Gordon, address in there? Maybe he still lives there. Thirty-seven twelve Grantley. Toledo, Ohio, forty three six one three. Is that close to you, Dave? No, I don't know where Grantley is. Mine's four three six two three. Oh. All right. And he writes, Fangoria is a good magazine, and I found the video reviews to be a decent guideline. So what's the deal with the Fangoria-endorsed hype on the boxes of two recent cassettes? First, there's Redneck Zombies, an utterly worthless piece of shit mess shot oh, on video. On. Some I, I disagree. Fuck. This is me breathing. This is me oh, mad. Okay, I am so mad. this is a movie that we can all agree on that uh, that we like and everyone hates. Love it. Me too. I actually have a redneck zombie shirt. I rock quite often. I love it. I know the soundtrack probably off the top of my head. Fuck. Some idiots got a camcorder to make a movie. <laughs> Troma, no surprise, puts their name on it, and Fangoria endorses it. How much did you get paid for that? Second, knife life. Night life. What a dog. The most original zombie movie to come down the pike in years. How about we've got money to praise this movie? Not only, will I, not only will I never rent a movie that you guys endorse, but I'm not going to buy your magazine anymore. I'm going to steal it. Oh, my God. Talk about overdramatic. <laughs> what, what a fucking dude. piece of shit, pussy dude. bitch. 
Redneck Zombies is fun trash, and Nightlife is a perfectly solid horror movie. It with is. With Scott Grimes and uh, Aston. Yeah, I, I agree. It's John Aston. Yeah. It's I, fine. It's a fine movie. It is. Yeah. All right. This one comes from somebody in Ontario. All right. Wow. Do you guys really watch the movies you plug? I just saw Nightlife on video, and it was awful. <laughs> The only reason I rented it was because of Tony Tapone's good review on the box. Come on. Nightlife ripped off every zombie flick going forward. Redneck Zombies, which also had a great Fangoria review, was terrible. I think Troma shot that one on a Sony Handycam. I also recently saw Chillers, which had yet another Fangoria quote. What an original premise. Total strangers tell each other lame horror stories while waiting to, for a bus. Hmm. I agree with the saying, each his own, but this is a little much. This misleading information may eventually damage the integrity of your otherwise fine magazine. All right. It, Fuck Canadians. It, They're stupid, too. So is guy from Toledo. Th- Ohio, this guy so. gave the the film stock a little bit more credit. What do you say? Sony ham cam? I doubt they even used that in an expensive one. That's no, Redneck Zombies <laughs> wasn't even a trauma movie. Full Moon just produced that at first. My original copy yeah. of that in the VHS said Full Moon Entertainment, and then Troma bought it. Huh. And then distributed it later. With That's right. I bet you they use like a fucking Zenith Unpro for that shit. I don't know so. what the fuck they use, but the special effects in Redneck Zombies are actually really good for SOV. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right. This one comes from James Fields, and I was interested because I want to know if he's lying or not. He said, I just returned from a lecture giving by makeup legend and director Tom Savini at a film fest from my hometown. Tom spoke of his industry experiences in the industry and demonstrated a couple of fx or furious projects afterwards he answered questions from the audience and signed autographs i was very lucky enough to get him to sign my now cherished 100 issue of fangoria he's a truly warm and wonderful gentleman it was a once in a lifetime experience and i congratulate you on presenting him in an accurate down-to-earth manner well that's not what i've heard about Spini. he was fine when i met him he was fucking excellent with me huh Maybe just has a bad. Gary, ride. did you meet him? It's hot, uh, hot and cold, man. I, I met him one time, and I, I don't even recall the meeting. But the second time I met him, I think it was at a horror hound in Indi- Indianapolis, and he was kind of like just doing his thing and kind of being, you know, just, yeah, take your money and sign your stuff, but not doing much else. So I could see the the bitching about about that guy. Yeah. All right, interesting. This one comes from Grant DeMars, and he writes, Where have all the werewolf films gone? There's still an audience for good films of this type. Every time I go to rent a horror film at the video store, either The Howling or American Werewolf in London is out. Horror fans are getting sick and tired of these cheap Howling sequels, which has nothing to do with the original. We want the good old Joe Dante or John Landon-style films, the kind with the special effects of a Rick Baker or Rob Bodden. Fangorians everywhere needs to hear the howl of the beast again. Oh, I guess... 91 didn't really have too many horror, uh, werewolf movies, huh? And also Sans Lamb's director is Jonathan Demi. You know yeah. what? I mean, even to what this did day, I, say? I, I always say you that... You said uh, Dem. I understand uh, you. Just read fast. I, I, I always even say, man, with werewolf films, they don't really make a lot of them even today. You know, one comes out here and there that's decent I don't and stuff. think they're easy to make. I, I, that's exactly what I said before. I said, yeah, you know, yeah, if you yeah. want to go the practical route with it, I think, you know, it's there's kind of standards I think that a lot of people look at. Even though, you know, you got to look at your budget though too. Not everyone's going to have that baker, those special effect artists yeah. to do that type of shit, right? Those guys don't even exist anymore. Exactly. That's that's yeah. the problem with it. But I mean, not like they did. I mean, I don't mind a dude running around in a fucking suit. You know, I just don't I, I hate when you watch a werewolf film 
and it's pure CG. That's just garbage, man. This is garbage. I don't mind a mixture. Exactly. Exactly. I don't mind pure CG. I I can't watch that. Well, it's kind of like the movie Howl that came out a few years back. Did you see that one? I was going to mention that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a mixture of practical and it's got a little bit of CG, but they they tried. They really did try in that film. It was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. It had a great setting. It's a siege movie. Yeah. The train. Yeah. The location's awesome. Yeah. So. But like I said, though, like you really don't see a lot of them. It never werewolf films never got to that level of like zombie films or found footage films or, you know, go, like, you know, how the genres just kind of wash themselves out. They, they just oversaturate the market with these type of films and stuff. Werewolf films never did that. You got late phases, too. That was recent. Late phases yeah, was late another phases. great one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Last up, we have from James from Detroit, Michigan, and he writes. I have extremely mixed feelings with regard to Rob Reiner's adaptation of Stephen King's Misery. I am partial to the film for being one of the most stylish and atmospheric movies I've seen in a long while, thanks to the cinematography of Barry Sunderfield. But I'm also disappointed that it was such an altered, toned-down translation of the novel. Not to be mistaken, I didn't expect or nearly demand a gore fest, especially from Rob Reiner. However, the absence of certain elements in the film was unforgivable. King gave us a novel with disturbing physiological terror, mm-hmm. while Reiner tries and fails to give us a film with thematic purposes. Granted, the novel did have thematic undertones, but it wasn't those elements that provided Misery's charm. Annie Welk's overly paranoid behavior in the novel, her manipulation of Paul with highly addictive drugs, her backcountry with and her shy and her sly murderous past would not have only made the film more frightening but also would have given it realism that Reiner suggests horror is incapable of achieving you know I mean he's he's true about the movie it does downplay the violence for sure there's a great scene in the book where she actually cuts off his thumb and uses it as his birthday candle I love that scene it's great definitely yeah. absent from there but you know the, the movie adaptation I think is decent you know I mean, it goes back movie. to the it goes back to the argument. You know, the books are always better than the movies. I mean, for the most part, they are. You know, you you get a little bit more visual. You can do a lot more with words than you can visually. So, yeah, it makes sense. It I don't know sense. about that. I don't always agree with that. I think a lot of King's books are worse than the movies. Really, Christine. You know, Christine actually is definitely a good argument, but I think Misery is a great example of a book. I've that never actually... read Misery, so I can't speak on that one. A lot, a lot of stuff that you mentioned, though. You know, that he was bitching about was in the movie, though, so I don't see what he's complaining yeah, about. I think it's a great movie. I don't really have any complaints yeah, like, about it. I think it's a great movie, I've never movie had too. any complaints about the movie. I, think, it, like, I think it's a great one. Yeah. All right. These are some of the movies that were coming to good old VHS in June, July of 1991. Blood Church, released by Phoenix. Never heard uh, of it. The Boneyard. Of course. Boneyard. Bye Bye Monkey. What the fuck? <laughs> says it's, it's from... Oh, Bye Bye Monkey Nightmare from 1976. Oh, now you say Nightmare at the end. Of course I know it. Nah, I know 1976, it. that was definitely one I did not watch in preparation. In French only with no subtitles. Well, who the fuck's going to be buying it? <laughs> and they're advertising in Fangoria. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, the, the Chair from Imperial from 1990. I think I know that one. Yeah, that's the one with um, James Co- Cosmo in it. Or Yeah. James Coco, is it? Is it Coco the big guy? Sorry. Dark Heritage, Cornerstone. Dark Heritage. Wow. Uh, the Howling Six, uh, Maniac Cop Two, Meet the Applegates, Mirror Mirror, Mom, Night Shadow, The Pit and the Pendulum, Popcorn, Sunny Boy, Tainted Image, Cornerstone, and Vampire Cop. So those Ugh. are 
That's a Donald <laughs> Farmer. Oh, good old vampire cop, man. You I, know you I own it, Dave. I, I had to look this it. up. The I plot did. to Bye Bye Monkey Nightmare, starring Gerard Depardieu. Is, Depardieu? Uh, <laughs> Depardieu. A man walking out of the beach near New York City finds the corpse of King Kong. He also finds Kong's orphan son and takes it as a, to a friend who lives in the city, and they decide to raise it. So This isn't this, real. This isn't real. How oh, could I have never heard of this? I have to see movie? this movie. I don't even need the dialogue right now. I just does need to watch a, the visuals. Does it have an AKA name? I don't think so. I think it's just... This isn't real. This isn't real. The corpse of King Kong. They're talking about they've seen every movie. No one's ever heard of fucking Bye Bye Monkey Man. (laughs) If you said you've heard of it, you're a liar. Oh my god, that is so funny. That's why Fangoria is awesome. No, it's Bye Bye Monkey Nightmare. Okay, sorry. Bye Bye Monkey Nightmare. I'm sorry. Bye Bye Monkey Boy, which Monkey Boy is a movie too. There's one I missed in there. I have the VHS uh, Before Maniac Cop. Monkey Boy. I have the DVD, which is like a mini series version of it from UK. I've uploaded it on Plex. Shit. Oh yeah, it's also uh, Bye Bye Monkey is a nineteen seventy eight Italian French film directed by Marco Ferrieri huh. and starring. Yep, it's about a man who finds a baby champi- chimpanzee in a giant King Kong prop and decides to raise it like a son. It was filmed in English and shot in Long Island, New York. As this was a French-Italian co-production, French and Italian dub versions were made for the re- respective countries' theatrical release. Wow. The film was That's presented at the official. Show. The film was presented at the official competition of the 1978 Cannes Film Festival and received the grand prize of the jury. Huh? So it must not be too bad. You know Fuck what? You Cannes. Hearing all these ridiculous movies. Have you guys covered Redneck Zombies on here? Uh, no. no. I'm about to make it an SOV show. Oh, oh God! God, yeah, there'll be. Well, we did one. I don't remember what the movies were. Well, Bye Bye Monkey has a DVD release. There you go, dude. What it's, if I did Redneck Zombies, Shatter Dead, and Bloodletting? Shatter Dead and Bloodletting. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll put an Eric Stanzi movie in there. I don't know. Let me look through it. But uh, yeah, that's Dead Mal. You can put <laughs> Bye Bye Monkey on DVD. So go do it. Cool. All right. Dead male. The word I bring to you today is knowledge reigns supreme. You got no time to joke and play, cause knowledge reigns supreme. Alright, so moving along into a knowledge segment. Um of course sticking with the theme of the show, which is horror musicals, I decided to find a website that had a top ten uh horror musical list on it. Uh this one is coming from filmschoolrejects.com. I believe I think we've actually covered these guys before. And it's basically 10 toe tapping and blood curling. Why do you want to listen to somebody who got kicked out of film school? <laughs> the fuck there's, so many, there's so many filmmakers that never went to film school or got kicked out of film school that made excellent movies. Did Jeremy, David Lynch get kicked out of film school? Jeremy. Well, they say film school rejects, so I don't know. But I mean, I mean, there's lots of great directors that got kicked out of film school. I, I, I thought Kevin Smith finished film school. Did Tarantino never finish film school? I don't even think David Lynch finished. Yeah, Kevin Smith went to uh, Vancouver Film School. Okay. But I know Tarantino, didn't he? Uh, he never went. But, I mean, really, Jeremy. I mean, you graduated film I'm school. I'm just being a pompous asshole. No, it's funny, though. I get this point. No, I mean, I'm just saying you graduated film school and nobody wants to listen to you. So, it's the other side of the argument, I guess. But That is true. Yeah, but he actually works on films. There's so many people out there that graduated film school and then they review movies and talk all this shit about movies but never, ever participated in any movie at any level. That's right. That's true. 
Uh, yeah, Ten Toe Tappet and Blood Curdling Horror Movie Musicals. It's, it is what it is. Number 10. Oh, one I haven't seen. <laughs> Number 10, Anna and the Apocalypse, 2018. That's good. I, I, like, I like this it. film, yeah. It's fun. It's Some cute. Songs. Some catchy songs. And it, it kills people that you don't expect, and I appreciated that. Yeah, I did hear good things about it. I just never checked it out. Um, number nine. Oh my god, this is amazing. The Lure from 2015. Didn't Jeremy, see it. Jeremy, you want to give us your review on The Lure? Uh, I don't remember it. <laughs> Fuck that. It's still the funniest I shit ever. That episode. You guys bashed him. You're like, why do you like it? And then you, you guys fucking kept bashing it him. It literally went crickets. Nothing, it, didn't say nothing. it went straight crickets, man. We're like, so Jeremy, what do you like about it? And he's like, um, I choked. Uh, he like couldn't say one word. It was fucked. <laughs> so yeah, the lure. Eh, it was okay. Jeremy liked it a lot more than I think we did. Number eight, Repo, the genetic opera. Oh God, what a bunch of retards. Two thousand and eight. Uh, number seven, Cannibal the Musical. Love it. Nineteen ninety three. Number six, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Two thousand seven. Hate it. Yeah. I only seen it once in theaters. I didn't. I, I heard the play. I like the play. Like I've heard the musical from the like the actual music, like the musical play, and it's fucking fantastic. I just don't like the movie. I didn't mind. Have it, you actually. heard? Have you heard Dee Snider doing the Demon Barber Fleet Street song? It is no, he I does Broadway. Like that. Well, that sounds Pretty amazing. Sounds cool. uh, I really do like the um, story of uh, Sweeney Todd and the musical. I just don't like the uh, movie. What didn't you just the fact that like. I, I just don't think. I think every time they need a weird character, they're just like, "Man, we need somebody weird." Just put Johnny Depp in there, and it, usually fifty percent of the time, it just doesn't. It falls flat. I just don't buy Johnny Depp. It was great visually. It's just kind of dull and yeah, it's boring, isn't it? Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And and Borat, he's fun. Uh, Shasha Baron Cohen, he might be the most interesting part of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number five, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, nineteen seventy-five. That's pretty low, ain't it? Oh, it's interesting. Uh, number four, The Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993. Ooh, classic. Love that movie. Uh, number three. Oh, this is interesting. Phantom of the Paradise, 1974. Brian that De Palma. Yeah. Carburetors, man. That's what life's all about. So yeah. good. Phantom of the Paradise yeah, is really, really fucking good. Uh, my, number my two. Friend, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. That's my friend uh, actually danced his first... Uh, Dance with as husband and wife to old souls at their wedding. So, right from from Fan of the Paradise. Continue. Um, I'm sorry. I stand still. No. I no. Oh, okay. Uh, number two, the happiness of the Katakuris, 2001. What the fuck is that? Oh, I've Tuka- never seen it. It's the Miike film. Takashi Miike film. It's fucking oh, amazing. Yeah. It's so much fun, man. It's just it's it's Takashi Miike doing musicals with his weirdness. It's fucking awesome. I have to see it. I have it. It's yeah. totally cool, man. It's totally. I think you guys would really like it. It's fun. And number one, Little Shop of Horrors. 19, ah, that's na- a classic. Ni- 1986. Well, well, you hate that movie? I think Rocky Horror is better. Oh, I was going to say, who hates a Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> but it's Frank Jake Oz. Jake Jake that movie. I haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors in a long time, man. Dude, they miss shock treatment. They didn't name stage frights pretty fun. The I know. shock treatment should have been on that list. I was actually just thinking that too. I was like, where the hell is shock, or uh, not shock treatment, uh, stage fright. Stage fright, that was fun as fuck. The songs were hilarious, man. They were just. Shock treatment is a hundred times better than repo. Yeah. What do you I think, Gary? Missing anything? I don't know. Huh? I can't, no. I can't say like, what about poultry guys? 
Yeah, I would have put that on there. Poltergeist, uh, yeah, could replace something on that list for sure. Yeah, Poltergeist is actually one of my favorites. Definitely. I'm putting Shock Treatment and Poltergeist both on that list, but, but I never saw the Katakuras, so. Uh, it's good, man. It's really fucking fun. You guys ever see Don't Go in the Woods? Yeah. Ooh. I don't hate it. I didn't yes. hate it either. It's kind of fun. It has some ridiculous songs and shit. It's it's kind of cool. It's like a slasher fucking, yeah. Not the one from the 80s, right? No. <laughs> if that was a musical, it'd even be better. Oh, they didn't even put Nudist Colony of the Dead on there. What the fuck? <laughs> Nudist Colony me the, the Dead. That's a musical? It's horrible, but it's hilarious. You got to see it. It's like Dude, if you the guys throw from South for... didn't have much talent. That's what it is. Like. Oh, my God. That's funny. Kind of like, um, yeah. It, it's, it's it's the second time I watched it. Have you seen that, Gary? No, I haven't seen it. No. You <laughs> just called the dead. I gotta check this out. I guess I saw it on your list, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I actually had it on a list to see it. I couldn't find a link though. So yeah, I why you always ask me? Uh, honorable mention. It's TV, but I watched that once more than feeling episode of Buffy a lot. That musical episode, and um, yeah. That should be up there too, I think. I never really watched the show Buffy. Yeah, I remember the movie as a kid. Yeah, I never really checked out the show either. It was kind of. I was never a TV guy, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm obsessed with Riverdale, so there's that, you know. So one of those Shit. things. I, I like melodrama people. Shit. All right. Well, that's a quick little to- uh, knowledge top ten horror musicals. Yeah. <laughs> And now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, player. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. All right, so moving along into the featured reviews here on episode 188. And this was a Patreon pick. Jeremy, do you know who this was coming from? This was coming from... Sorry, you threw this on me. I think it was from... Uh, no, I have no idea who it was. God, we are so fucking bad at this. We always we apologize every show for this, and then we say we're going to get better. Give me a second. I, I think we get out. worse. I think we get worse. Um, but yeah, it is a Patreon pick and it is of course, um, like horror musicals, which I kind of figured this was going to happen someday because we've covered a lot of different stuff on this show. Gino I... cyber. Okay. That's who it was. Thank you for picking this. Definitely an interesting choice. Uh, not a lot of people cover, uh, horror musicals, um, on podcasts. So this was definitely a different one. And you know, I'll honestly say like my history with, uh, with musicals, like I'm a big, big music person. And I'm a big movie lover, but when you put them together, I'm not a huge fan. I really just cannot get into them as much as a lot of other people. Um, you know, I think it stems from my childhood too. <laughs> I'm not going to go deep into this, but uh, my mom and my sister were like really big Grease fans. And they used to play that shit all the time at home. And I, it literally would drive me fucking nuts. And I just I had a best friend who wouldn't stop playing Grease. He was obsessed with it. He yeah. even bought leather jackets and walked around. Dude. Two of my friends did it. 
that's how people kind of a- people literally get obsessed with it. And I used to hear those songs all the fucking time, and they, it just was not my genre of music. Like I hated that shit, and I just and it always it just kind of embedded itself into my mind. And I was like, hey, I hate like musicals. I hate them. And it took me forever because the first time I watched, which is our first film up here, the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975, I watched it about mid 90s. I was about, you know, 15 years old and uh, really hated it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I really could not grab an appreciation for what I was seeing. It was the music. First and foremost, when it comes to musicals, I think the music has to be on hit with the with the watcher because if it doesn't, you can't really connect with it too much because I think that's kind of the point of it, right? It's fucking music. It's like a music video and it was not doing shit for me. Like I just, the only thing I liked about it in the first, the first time I watched it was Meatloaf because Meatloaf oh, was fucking, because Meatloaf was fucking dope. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's my favorite song. And I'm like, man, you know, the kill off, they, they do Eddie so quick, man. It's crazy. But you know, I couldn't get an appreciation for for musicals. Did you guys? Do you guys have like a scene or like what's your feelings towards musicals and uh, stuff? Did you like them or dislike them? It him took or what? me a while yeah. to start liking musicals. This movie I actually saw when I was like nineteen. Somebody I was dating made me watch it, and I was iffy on it. I just didn't get it. But over the time, uh, people would play the songs, and the songs started getting stuck in my head. Yeah. And then the same with Shock Treatment, and I heard the soundtracks from both those movies so many times that when I would go watch them again. I started to really like them, especially shock treatment. And this time around, I actually found myself really enjoying Rocky Horror, and I appreciated a lot more stuff about it than I ever did. This is such a, it's such a liberal film when you think about it. Like 1975, the fact that 20th Century Fox oh, would release this movie, a major studio would release a movie like this in fucking 1975. Like that's just fucking mind blowing to me. There's a scene with two dudes in a bed fucking. It's like that's just crazy from 1975. Well, once an alien. Well, from I a know, major studio, like, yeah, from the studio. It's interspecies from a major from a major studio. It's yeah, I mean, I can see it on crazy. the indie. I mean, there was a lot of movies being made around this time. So, I mean, you got to remember that coming yeah, in the 60s yeah. and so everything was you know free willed and shit. I mean, it made a yeah, lot of yeah. sense in the indie circuit. But you're right though, distributing is a bigger. It was it was a gamble. This right? was the stage play beforehand, I believe. Yeah. So it had yeah. some some obvious popularity. So they were Fox was probably like, we can get some money from this. True. So why not? You know, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. You know, and it, it's kind of interesting too. You know, um, like Tim Curry. I think this was like his first film too. You know, they didn't even go out and get like this big recognizable face and shit for the lead role and stuff. I thought that was kind of well, a gamble I, in itself. I think they were actually from the stage play a lot. Yeah, of them. He, he did. He played Rocky for sure in, in the, the, yeah. the stage play. Patricia Quinn for sure was in it. Nell was in it. Riff Raff and of Riff, course, yeah, for Christopher sure, Brian, yeah. of course. Yeah, and all the extras I think were probably from stage oh, plays and renditions uh-huh. of it too. But again, you know, I mean, the average person would know. It's not like today, right? You were every face is even from plays. I have or no idea how popular it was. Um, I, That's I, a you thing. know what I mean. I wasn't alive back then. I don't think it was very popular until no. later on. I'm just saying but, when people saw it on the big screen, they're like, "Who the fuck is Tim Curry?" Right. Yeah. I think I think it was more of an underground thing. You know, people went oh, to go yeah. see it, and it, 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 got, it got gained popularity. What is yeah. the history? I, I know this became one of the most popular like midnight movies and things like that. But oh, it is the most popular. Midnight but it movie. did it did have a like a normal theatrical release, and then like I'm it not... is it is considered the longest theatrical release movie ever made. It's considered still in release even to this day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because the way that how many times they show it at midnight and stuff. It's still considered mm-hmm. in release, which is crazy. That's been fucking like 45 years. Like it's initial box office. Like how did it do before, uh, before hitting the midnight me, circuit? Cause I know it did like amazing it. on the, obviously that's what gave it. It's, you know, it's kind of pushing its oomph 
for popularity and stuff was that circuit yeah. itself. But uh, I, I never really actually. Well, I think it's kind of hard to find the numbers because it's still in release. So the box office are still. Well, know. just like the opening numbers, like, you know, it would have yeah. had its release, you know, after like a month of being in the major, th- if it even lasted that long in the yeah. in the mainstream theaters and stuff. Because I know the midnight, I mean, that's a different run, right? Yeah. So. I don't know. All I know is budget was 1.4 million. Yeah, it makes sense. Which is low budget. I'm I mean, I don't know what that is till today. And they one, pull off a lot one, of that unique shit in here for 1.4. That's 10 million dollars. I was just going to say must be about 9 or 10 million. So. Well, I just think that's the that's the most interesting thing about this movie is the fucking set design and the costumes are absolutely amazing the okay. camera work is fantastic too all right yeah. for the people that don't know we'll give it a little bit of a breakdown here quick little synopsis a newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must seek shelter at the bizarre residence of dr frankenfurter yeah, which is uh you know it, it's obviously one of those narratives that we've seen a million times you know a couple traveling they break down they go seek refuge in the rain it's got to be in the rain in the rain they go and seek and refuge of course at this monstrous castle that's just like completely atmospheric and shit like somewhere you'd probably just never knock on the door well hammer and universal to the fucking t and then and the opening song of course is definitely a, a, a shout out to nostalgia to all those kind of things in oh, sci-fi movies the- Hundred percent. The castle itself, I think, was used in a lot of Hammer horror films. I think that's beautiful. It yeah. was shot. In, was this a British and United States co-production? Right. Yeah, uh, I was thinking. I, I, was, I was thinking, man, because when they show the the exterior shot of the of the castle, I was like, man, I think I've seen that before. So I probably have in lots of films. <laughs> it's but... Dracula's castle and Frankenstein's <laughs> castle. It's all their castle. It really, everybody's castle. It really is, right? Castle. But I just love it, man. You know, they go to the door and they fucking knock on the door, and Riff Raff opens up the. I mean, are you seriously going into this place if he answers the door? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, but they're like. Yeah, that's part of the They're joke like the you know? no I know but like in reality it's just so yeah. funny right it's like you would never ever step in that fucking place with a dude that looked like that the, the, like the, the way guys from the 50s and stuff oh sorry Gary the, the way he looks at them he just says yo what you know and like right? yes it's raining yes you know yeah his voice is it's priceless man it's great well it, i love that it's like you know it's making all those statements like the 50s stuff here because even that song is like a big yeah. 50s like nostalgia piece and then oh, yeah. janet and brad are definitely like characters from the 50s all uptight and everything and they're getting manipulated and stuff and the sequel would go further with denton being like manipulated and having that false like good good natured 50s kind of look americana thing but uh, I, I like how they do that here. You know, but I think it's really wonderful. And that, the, the opening is my favorite song, the RKO one. Yeah, I think that's that's one of my. You favorites. know what? I, you know what? I always thought like I, I'd never really thought of this because I've only ever seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, oh, I think this may be my fourth time seeing it, and I never really thought of this before. But there's a scene where you know um, the couple is in uh, in the graveyard. Um, oh, fuck it, uh, Janet and Brad, and it just instantly reminded me of the opening scene from Night of Living Dead. Well, like yeah. oh, because because Brad kind of looks like uh, Johnny. He looks yeah. like Johnny, and and then she, it's just that whole kind of like the whole setting and just the way it kind of goes. And he completely looks like Johnny, doesn't he? It doesn't yeah. really go into that neighborhood, but I'm like wondering if they just kind of you know took that opening scene a little bit and just kind of incorporate. I don't know. It was just something I noticed, but I thought that was very interesting because he completely do does look like Johnny. Well aware of its past qualities for sure. It it lives on those tropes and it makes it plays right into them. I think it's a shout out. I think it's honestly a shout out to Night of Living Dead. I think so, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I was like, damn, I never noticed it before. 
And, you know, going back to what I was saying about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, like, I, you know, when I first seen it, I, did, I, I didn't like it because I didn't really get it and stuff. And it took me a couple watches. But this watch, I think the last time I seen it was probably about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more, maybe a dozen years ago. And I remember really liking it. And now it just, it, this shit blew me away. It's really no, so good. fucking Thank God. good. I'm so happy to hear you say that. It, it's important. really, really good, man. Like, I was enjoying, like, all the characters in this movie are so much fun. And, like, I, mean, I love the guy in the fucking wheelchair where he pulls his leg up and he's fucking wearing the, the <laughs> can't help himself. Oh my god, god. it's hilarious. They're so all getting cont- taken over by like the sexual thing he put on. Like even you know, even Charles Gray, the narrator, starts to kind of start dancing yeah. at points. Yeah, man, Charles. I, see, that was something I never even thought about even a dozen years ago. But Charles Gray, man, you know him being from like um, he plays Blofeld. It's yeah. also in a Hammer movie, The Devil Rides Out. Yeah, and Diamonds Are Forever is like one of my favorite Bond movies, and I'm like, that's fucking Blofeld. Nice. Right, he's actually in You Only Live Twice, also, but yeah, he's a great actor. But that's cool that they got him to do that yeah. shit. He's awesome in that, really, really good. He's yeah. my one of my favorite parts too. I Gary, just, just so great. You never really got the answer on like how you uh, feel about musicals. Sorry. No, man, I I, I dig them. I, I grew up with them. You know, not not not. You know, there's not many horror films, uh, musicals, obviously, but you know, old old school song and dance men. I've always enjoyed because my grandmother. Um, I always. Mentioned to people like we mentioned Westworld earlier. Westworld earlier, you know, the thing I recognize you'll remember the most from is from the King and I because I've watched it so many times with my grandmother. But you know, mm-hmm. Gene Kelly, you know, Danny Kaye, you know, stuff like that. I, I've always loved good song and dance band and musicals and this 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 mashup when you when when it, when it hits right when it, when they do it right, you know, it's really enjoyable. And uh, yeah, this is this does it right and. Although I do, I do enjoy the sequel a little bit more. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Man, I wish I'd seen it before, so I could comment on, on it. You. But they grow yeah. on you, though. Like the sequel grew on me. Like at first, I was like, "It's okay," and then I just kept, I kept seeing it and hearing the songs, and like this one too. It's just like they take, they just become embedded in your head, and you love it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a film that came out 25 years too early because the satire of, of oh. what they're doing in that film, it's just uh, it's way ahead of its time. So I I, I recommend watching it. Very dan, dan. Dan, it's a catchy ass song. Have you ever you guys seen this in the theaters? Is no. the real question. No. Oh man. That's a shame. I, I, I used to go every once in a while. I mean like like Jeremy mentioned, there's lots of spots in the, the Chicago area that you can go see it at, but yeah. there's those those Rocky Horror snobs that I, I got I go retired of that yeah. Yeah, like every newbie, line. Yeah, you had the newbie yeah. in the crowd. That would get the cues wrong, and they fucking berate him for it. Like, <laughs> fuck up. You know? They can fuck off. I'll beat those nerds up. No, it's just like the fun when you used to be able to throw rice and shit, but now everybody's worried about fucking rats and shit, so you can't throw the rice anymore and all that other bullshit. But rats gotta just, eat too. It's just fun. It's just <laughs> a fun time if you've never seen it before with a audience. Dude, the know. set design and the camera work how it works with this movie there's so much clever shit like when Brad and Janet walk up to the castle and it has a musical number and it goes through them zooms in through them zooms up at the fucking castle window and you see Riff Raff singing in there and it pulls out I was like holy fucking shit dude I, I keep doing stuff like that too man yeah. the camera work is incredible in this movie I 100% the swimming agree. pool is fucking incredible too. The bird eye view <clears throat> over the yeah. swimming pool and the bird eye view over the stage when they're dancing. Well, it's not really bird eye view, but it's. I think it's the camera work during shot. time warp when they're playing time warp and it's kind of going everywhere around the room and shit. I'm like, man, dude, like that was really fucking fluent work. Like some of those I shots, know. I was like, I don't even. I'm not even 100 percent sure how they even got those shots without 
you know, be, being as stable as it was and shit. It was really good. So but. much framing. These actors had to have so much framing. It's outrageous. Like even, like I said, again, another shot right in the very beginning, they prove how well they're going to set that, like do the framing and everything here and time everything. Like when the lightning strikes and they look over and they see all the bikes, like that was fucking amazing too. Like it's so well done. Like it's amazing. Like, you know, I, I just can't, it's still obviously like just being on like independent <clears throat> movies and being like having to do a choreographed like fight that's like still looks not nearly halfway even remotely close to anything like this and then you like watch all the stuff they're doing and you're just like i can't believe they're pulling this shit off and how hard in one take yeah it's it's crazy yeah but you know because like especially like the beginning of that song there's like no cuts until they go through the door when they see everybody dancing that's just fucking like a like a minute without a cut it's crazy but I think if they were from the play and stuff, they were so used to doing this, man. Oh, yeah. And when you're doing live stage work, obviously, I mean, you can't, there's no room for fuck ups and shit. So they're pretty used to it. So that kind of helped to the help definitely filming the shit. So, but you can tell though, it's just so yeah. fucking fluent, man. It's so fluent, but everything makes sense now. What were you going to say, Gary? Oh, I don't even recall now, but I... <laughs> just interrupt me. If I'm talking and you had, no, 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 I won't care. This is uh, just keep it going, guys. I'm Who's sorry. Your favorite character in the movie? My favorite character in the film, um, well, Brad, because Brad and he doesn't do a whole lot in the movie as far as like being out there. But Barry Boswick, his his line delivery is uh, is something to behold because he's so fucking milk toast. You know, we we get to <laughs> we get to the point, you know, the, the the end of the time warp, and you just wait for the, he's he's so feeling so awkward. Like he's like, hey, any of you guys know how to Madison? You know, it's just. A, <laughs> a little shit like that, you know. When, when he fucks up, hey, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go, no, you go ahead. He fucks up Janet, Janet's name when he's introducing her. Janet Vice, he says. And you, you know, that's something that's probably like ad libs that they kept in. Because if you've watched Barry's other stuff, he's just, he's just out there. met, met Barry before. Barry's a mountain of a man. And uh, he's uh, an amazing meat. And I love, I love Barry's line delivery. And it's, I love it's, him at the end, too, when he gets yeah. And he has like when he because he fights it the hardest about being like turned all sexually and yeah. stuff. He, he's fighting it the hardest. And at the end, when he's in the water and he's overtaken and he's making that weird face under the water. Well, he he was like that when he was in bed with Doctor Frankenfurter. Yeah. You know, he's he's very sexually repressed. I think even towards Jan. Yeah, because he's liking you know? he has he's liking it at first, and then all of a sudden he's yeah. like, no, no. They both do that. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think he accepts his sexuality too much, which is. Well, I mean, they're both repressed. They're like yeah. uh, they're from the '50s. That's what their style is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it yeah. So or maybe Frankie Furter just has a hold over him. You know, it's very sci-fi. Well, he's got a, he's, it's very sci-fi. So maybe he's just kind of. Well, he's definitely got a sexual hold over everyone. Exactly. He didn't got the tools to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. I mean, the whole kind of core of the narrative is you know him creating basically a sex object in Rocky Horror, <laughs> which yeah. is like. That, that character is just beyond fucking hilarious to me. It's just like this dude in Speedos, big muscle guy, the whole fucking film just flexing. That's like his whole role. <laughs> it's, the man. It's, and he's greasy, man. Oh, my God. It's just it's Tim awesome. Tim Curry has the best facial expressions in this freaking movie. Yeah, especially the cl- extreme close-ups. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I got awesome. I, I to gotta say, man, I wish Eddie was in the film a little bit longer because yeah. Meatloaf literally, like, that was his shit, right? You know? He's my favorite character, probably Eddie and, or the or the doctor. I like the story about you know. So I can't pick when they fucking you know. I think when he auditioned for the part of Eddie or whatever, he had to sing that song, 
and I think the story goes like, you know what? Nobody like he's I think whoever was doing the casting and stuff were like, no, man, like there's no way that you're going to pull this off kind of thing. Right. Because not knowing who Meatloaf was because they're like, well, pretty much nobody can sing this song with, you know, without fucking it up. And so Meatloaf just fucking rang it out the whole thing perfectly. And they're like hired up. Yep. It's crazy. You're like the first person ever to do that. They're like, holy shit. But Meatloaf literally does this type of music in his real life. Yeah. Right. I'll look at uh, Paradise by. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was dashboard light. Kind of yeah. a cool story. I just wish he was in because Meatloaf, honestly, like, fuck, he's so high energy and he's just got a crazy, amazing yeah. voice and shit. He's just awesome to watch on screen. He's just such, you know, it, it, to see him and I can see how, tr- you know, you'd be kind of turning away from casting him because he doesn't look the part at all. He doesn't look like somebody that'd be, be able to pull that off, but he does. I just love that Frank doesn't have a type, okay? Because you, you, get into, you get into it later. You, you, you can hear that he's been with with Columbia, who I love Nell in this movie. I love Nell yeah. more in Shock Treatment. She's probably one of my favorite. Well, it's because he's, that's because he's alien too. I think they're kind of playing off that a little bit. They're not they're not Earthlings, right? But so, he, goes, yeah. he goes he goes he goes from Nell. He goes from 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 Columbia to Eddie, who who is Nell's lover apparently, yeah. Columbia's yeah. lover, because of course Rocky, of course uh, Frank was jealous, and he he makes this muscle bound, you know, you know, basically a. Uh, 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 um, well, I think it's, it's what know. his idea yeah. is of like well, a perfect, he has half a brain. Yeah, yeah. of like yeah. a perfect earthling kind of thing, right? That's his idea yeah. of like a perfect earthling. So yeah. he creates this big muscle bound, blonde haired, blue eyed, fucking Aryan Nazi looking dude. Really, yeah, well, Eddie and uh, Eddie and uh, Rocky share the same brain. <laughs> I should have cut his brain yep. in half. That's what he says. Yeah. Oh, they only use... and the extras are absolutely outrageous too. You, you see just, the little like, person. It's it's like people, it's not like they're all completely weird looking, although they're dressed completely weird, but they all have different body shapes and sizes. So when they're next to each other, they all look so alien to the audience because like, Mm -hmm. if you see like a six foot seven guy and a four foot person, like they're not, you know what I mean? They just look so strange standing, dancing next to each other. It's really kind of fun. Yeah. They would never, they just don't make movies like this anymore. I know that's cliche to fucking say, but. I just feel like it's true. It's kind it's of ironic. To it's kind of ironic too, though. Obviously, from a technical and uh, you know yeah. point of view, it is kind of a little bit hard to make because these things cost a lot of fucking money. Um, but you know, going back to what you said off the top of the show or top of the review about being so liberal, you think these type of movies would be more frequent, considering well, how everything's so out there now and stuff. And, and like you said, for the time, this is pretty interesting to put out in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was a thing. This was a thing, though. You know, back in the seventies, they had these these these. Uh, outskirts shows. He had hair, Godspell, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ Superstar. They all had they all had film versions because they were so popular, mm-hmm. you know, amongst the theater crowd. This is no exception. They all came out around the same time. So, but I'm talking about the actual content, though. Like I can see Jesus yeah, Christ I, Superstar coming out, but I this think, this honestly, one deals with you know a lot of you know homosexual activity, things like that, things that people just weren't very liberal with back in those days, and it's it is a gamble, it's a big big gamble. But I'm just saying nowadays where people are a little bit more you know open to these ideas and kind of just accepted, like people just you know it's a little bit different times, right? That they don't I get made more progressive as this movie is. Mm-hmm. I think that nowadays a lot of people would consider this offensive. Because it well, was like, you know, well, they that, consider the trans person's evil. They're also an alien. And yeah, but that's just, people, I, I honestly think people would be like, this is hashtag problematic. And yeah, then you're like, right. Shut up, shut up. You can't, you can't please anybody anymore. It doesn't matter no. what you do. They'll find a problem with whatever you put out there. If you're trying to do a message like, you know, 
legitimately trying to put a message out there, somebody will find some way to rip it apart. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. I, I, I don't think they would make this kind of movie anymore. Well, they I think could, they they could consider... find a lot of bad shit in this. Well, they remade sure. this for Fox a couple years they, ago. Oh, it was yeah. Absolute yeah. disaster from what they, I've heard. They fucking neutered it, man. That's what happened. They made it for network TV. So Had no balls. <laughs> I didn't see it. I've I seen so know. many movies without balls. Like that movie Becky. I don't want to use an example. It was a fine movie. It was, but it had no balls. Oh, with that fucking idiot the, Kevin James. He's not even that bad. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see him do guy. more. He's so not. Yeah, funny. I want him to go full nuts. Like I wanted Kevin James to go nuts. They didn't let him do shit. They held him back. They, they gave it they to, just to, to make a movie like that. That's all they have to do. It, they gave it to that girl. She went from like zero to sadist in like five seconds. You know, do you like Red State, Dave? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I just need directors need to make movies like that, different kind of movies. But I just mean like Rocky Horror as like fun. It's so fun, but it has guts. Like they do shit that no one else would do, and it's not like just doing it just to do it. Like I don't know, it's just it's a great movie. Like almost pun intended. Like it is balls to the wall, though. You know, it's it's just it's crazy. This movie too. Like when you watch it, you know, and there's literally every scene is so good. There's like absolutely no bad scenes in this film. I find that just with musicals almost every musical i've ever seen there's always like kind of lows in it and shit like that this one just it just changes sets so frequently costume like all that type of shit it's just so entertaining from top to bottom man but i think what sells it for me is that i really enjoyed the music you know the yeah, characters are fun as hell i love all the characters they're really actually fun but you know characters like Riff Raff to frankenfurter they're just so different right and then you got like susan and Bear, fucking janet and brad and they're like you know kind of you know, they're kind of dorky straight edge kind of like you said 50s characters and shit but they're still fun too um it, it's they reuse just, people too all the extras pop up earlier and then they pop up later and stuff it's oh yeah like, like you that. see like the at the church when they get married you see yeah. the even little things. nell's cool man man yeah. she's got a nice ass Whew. yeah but i think the first the first half of the soundtrack is stronger than the second half of the soundtrack I but i still i still like all the songs so after like i guess after eddie yeah, sweet patchouli. Everything yeah. starts to. It's not bad. It's time warp is my shit though. I love time warp. It's so catchy. Yeah, and it, it's at a good time, like a good point in the film. It just it really pull. It really sucks you in, like literally, right? Yeah. So, well, unfortunately, you know, when you watch the theatrical version, the miss of the song that I think is one of the best songs that's not in the movie that's in like extended versions of the movie, the superhero song. You get you get the tail end of like the piano. I think that's when, in the UK version. I think it's in the UK version. But yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen the UK version. I think I've watched the American version every time. I was reading this little interesting blip, you know, the scene where, you know, the dinner scene? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> With fucking Eddie's body underneath the table. Amazing. I thought that scene was really cool, and I was kind of reading this thing on it, and they were saying that they only let a couple people know that the body was underneath there, so when he rips the tablecloth off and exposes the dead body all mangled up in there, the reaction you got from, like, Janet and Brad, like, all those characters and shit was genuine. They didn't know it was there, right? I thought that was fucking, that was a fucking cool little blip on there. Yeah, so... If you look at Brad and Janet as a couple, though, you you got mentioned, you know, Brad, who, who... The doctor, the doctor, um, I forget the doctor's name. Charles Gray's character, he recommends the old values. I mean, he recommends like the fifties, whereas Janet is this very sexy, repressed woman who represents like the, the that the like mid to late sixties woman who is right, you know fighting fighting to get out, and she she definitely gets out when she gets it in with Rocky. She's dressing his wounds and shit, you know, and 
they get down and dirty in, in, inside that tank. God, like I'm so that. glad JP isn't here. He would just be a fucking bomb kill with these kind of movies. I already, I, I was already expecting it. He'd be like, that's, why do? Why do? Why do? Yeah. The face that Jana makes when she says the line, and if anything grows, she, she just gives the little giggle out, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm down for that, I, you know? I love when she says she doesn't like muscles, but then, like, she changes her mind in, like, a split second. I don't remember where it is, but I remember thinking that was pretty funny. <laughs> like, oh, and then she, like, she immediately gets interested in, in Rocky. And, and dude, can anyone not get uh, the way Tim Curry says Rocky? He's like Rocky out of their head. How he says it. it's stuck in my freaking head. Everything uh, Tim Curry does in this movie is amazing. I mean, after he sings that Rocky just makes that bicep for no reason, he goes, "Oh, you know." He honestly should have won awards for this shit. Yeah. Man. His care is just—it's so good, so good. I mean, yeah, I love his vocals, so man. He's a good singer, man. He, he pulling that oh, shit off pretty well. Like I just think he's so different from all his characters. Like you said, he's a very good character actor. Like For just sure. think from Pennywise to this to um, Clue. How fucking excellent is he in Clue or Legend? These are such different roles. Mm-hmm. When, people, when people ask me the role I've seen him the most in, and I have to be deep, deep honest with you guys because my sister watched it constantly, but then I got into it because I love a good huckster. It's Annie. I've seen Annie many, many times because Rooster as a character is just a good shithead. A good heel with with Carol Burnett and Burnett Peters. So I'm not sure if I've seen that. I, I know I, I don't know if I've ever watched Annie. Just a good heel, man. Song. I've never yeah. seen it either. Oh. Which, which year was that one? Seventies, eighties, nineties? I want to say eighty, eighty-one, okay. right around there. Okay. There's more been one more than one Annie though, right? Yeah, that's yeah. All yeah, all the other ones are garbage. <laughs> you don't watch those. <laughs> I feel like I've seen one of them. I don't know which one. So going back to the favorite song thing, Jeremy, what was yours? Sweet Patooie. Yeah, I mean that one's that's right. It, it's a it's and time, a sweet sweet transvestite too. I like a lot. Yeah, I like Time Warp and it's it's con- combination between those two men and Sweet Patootie. Science fiction double feature is my favorite. I love yeah. the, I love hearing the love for all those movies like that because I'm probably a nostalgist. I love you know I'm I'm that in a way that that was definitely a cool that was a really well written track for this and the cues too it's like yeah. my rko it's just like come on dude yeah That's just i just wonder how long it awesome. took them to shoot that to make sure they got all the facial expressions right that must have took fucking forever to make sure that all the pronunciations was i mean from what exactly I, right from what i understand that. they didn't do a lot like and these actors were so professional with you know already performing this material that I mean, a meatloaf just never seems to fuck anything up. If anyone's ever seen him live, like he's just so impressive, right? So, I, I don't think right. it took that much. Yeah. Gary, what's your favorite have, song? Oh, my favorite song. Um, you know what's fun? The I, I I'm gonna say Hot Patootie, but my my real favorite one is probably Eddie related because it's when Doctor Scott sings the Eddie's Teddy song. Oh, I think it's a great song. Oh, you know, was bad from the day he was born. It's just a piece of shit. I love it so much, man. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a good one too. You know what? I mean, we don't. We're not saying as much like on this one. I was not like a deeply. I think we all like it. I think we're all kind of on the same page with it. Oh, it's classic, bro. I yeah, love. I, I love this movie. Do you I guys think? Have, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I have one real minor bitch about it. Is like I watch it now. You watch it in HD. You notice certain things, especially during the the time warp song. The very you know the whole opening to it. Mm-hmm. The the looping is kind of fucked because you the, the mouths don't match the words all that well. 
like you know it was pre-recorded obviously but you know if it was more done a little bit more professionally and i'm not bitching about the film at all i love gotta love the film well that just comes but in after and in post doing the yeah. doing the like the adr and that fact would be the dubbing with the yeah. music right so i mean it's, it's honestly really it's hard just, to do i've a done bit it off i've done it before like to dub actual dialogue is is almost a little bit easier than it is to put in the music sometimes because if you're off tempo a little bit the whole thing's fucked right so yeah yeah my, minor bitch that, that's all you know and you think those uh, um uh extras that were dancing and everything like that now do you think those were humans that were kind of manipulated by frankfurter because i don't remember them leaving in the spaceship or do you think that they were actually aliens themselves i think it's other well, people do we that, see who I, leaves in the spaceship doesn't the castle just fly away i think they are yeah, but actual, they're not there they left they showed up on bikes i'm pretty sure that they're humans that have eventually kind of like that's eddie right. that's it, right that's right yeah like eddie too yeah they yeah. fell in with the wrong crowd but they've been kind of warped but now they're like stuck there well, they're, they're stuck there they're, well, they're not stuck because they leave and they come and go. I think that they're just kind of been manipulated and weirded out by Frank Furter. Well, I mean, they can come and go, but I think at the end of the day, they're still manipulated to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll come back if Frank Furter wants them there. Exactly. Yeah. So they're kind of controlled in that way. Kind of like a cult, like in Lord of Illusions, when like Nick shows back up and they all just drop what they're doing and head head out. Yeah. I thought there was another interesting little goof in the film when uh, Barry Boswick's character pounds his fist on the table. And he actually fucking smashes Susan Sarandon's hand in that scene. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. They kept her reading the film. Dude, awesome. Boswick is such a, like, you were talking about him earlier, man. And he pops up in any movies. He's always fucking hilarious. There's one he came out, like, probably, like, eight years ago called Some Guy That Kills People. And he's, like, a police oh. detective. He's fucking phenomenal in that. Have you seen FDR American Badass before? No. No, is it good? <laughs> it's pretty good. Is that the cover with him in the wheelchair is he in a wheelchair right? he's in the wheelchair yeah. yeah yeah i've seen that in family video it's batshit crazy that susan saran is in this fucking movie too yeah she's right. in her fucking bra and panties the entire movie really much. i know it's so crazy yeah i wonder how she's kind of had out. a weirder career too if you think about it she was in uh the hunger too right yeah 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 she's made some good choices that people don't give her credit for thelma and louise is a classic too you know what i mean yeah absolutely i love thelma and louise underappreciated movie yeah, I mean, if you don't get teary-eyed at the end of that movie, I don't know. What the, I know it sounds like a pussy thing to say, but nah, Harvey Keitel bringing his hand up. Come on. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Honestly, but, though, I, I don't have that much to say about the Rocky Horror. I mean, the, it stands for itself. It's a classic. I, like so I why said, do you like Shock even more? Uh, I don't know. I just think the songs are a little bit better in my head, and uh, they're just a little bit more satiric, mean-spirited, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. And but is it better comical. made? Um, probably not on like the um te- filming technical stuff. Probably not, but the sets are great. The acting's great, and they replace Brad and Janet, but they're still yeah. good. And there's a nice story. And like um Gary said, that there's a really crazy thing about the television kind of taking over everyone and and manipulating this small town. But the song in that one that I really like is the um is the one in the beginning where it's basically like saying Denton's a great and cheery town. I don't remember the lyrics yeah. exactly, but then they underlining they're saying all this fucked up shit. <laughs> it's great. It's PG oh. too, which is funny. What do you guys think of the ending? You know, with Riff Raff and Magneta. I'm fine with it. That's okay. Yeah. Gary, would you want to say part. anything about shock treatment? Well, yeah, shock treatment is is like I said, a film made before its time, especially with the reality TV being everywhere. It's basically what the whole film is: is that Brian Janico to get you know marriage counseling 
uh, at, 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 at Denton television station, which is basically where the whole town goes for anything. They're all there. And Brad is duped by his evil twin brother to be hospitalized so he can get his woman played by Jessica Harper. And I think that the film itself is Jessica Harper's uh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, shit. I great. didn't know she's in that. Crazy. Oh, yeah. it's, it's great. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's written like it's, it's, it's written way out of its time. Like I said, like, it wasn't very popular when it came out. They had many ideas to make a sequel. And, uh, I think, um, Trish Quinn says the best who plays Magenta and she's in this film as well. Uh, it's not a sequel, it's an equal, because you could sit there and enjoy both things, and they're both very, very different. Yeah, and... and, and <laughs> go the ahead, line in, Oh, no, you. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, sorry. That's okay, go ahead, go ahead. You go, you got more important things to say to me, go ahead. That's <laughs> okay. That there's a song, yeah, uh, Janice's parents show up in this, uh, in this movie, and there's a song which is like, Speaks out to any over masculine dude ever called Thank That's God the song I'm a I was going to bring up. I was yeah. going to say, Maggots are faggots. Thank God I'm a man. So it's so misogynistic and so like, like, uh, that, a there's something no you couldn't one, do nowadays. No one, yeah, why wasn't that in the, the Nightmare on Elm Street 2 documentary that just came out when they talked about all the movies that say facts? Like, why didn't uh, they talk about that? Yeah, you can't, you <laughs> cannot do that nowadays. People get offended by it. They're actually making fun of people that talk like that. Yeah, it's that. satire. They know the difference, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because those movies right. are making fun of people that talk like that. Right. And you gotta, yeah. you gotta have those people in your movie if you want to make fun of them. A, a man yep. should know the when a greaser rusty gate. A man should know the setting that the spark plugs get. They're, these Never are all lines another of the man's tools. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's one of the best songs. If I if I can hear the opening, I could probably sing the whole thing. It's like that kind of deal. But I need to get the cue. You know, the tempo and everything like that. The, the Nell plays the nurse in the in the movie, and Rick Rick Mayall, uh, who uh, people know uh, from the young ones. And he shows up. Drop Dead Fred, of course. Just showing her panties throughout the whole film, man. Just to show her into, like, crotch shots and shit. They push, push Quinn. She wears, like, this green nurse's outfit that doesn't really fit her. This whole movie. And it's pretty hot, you know. It's a great movie. I, I think I like it a little bit more than Rocky Horror. And the right. opening, like, sets up this whole town. It's like, and then they, like, say all this messed up stuff. Like, we got tolerance for the ethnic races. But that <laughs> just, is- just so you know, we have tolerance for the ethnic races. <laughs> yeah, yes. like, it's like, hey, look at us. But they're actually, like, it's bullshit. It's kind of yeah, like that is- David Lynch blue velvet. Like, you see that peaceful town, and then it, it goes under the ground just for a split second. And right under the surface is a fucking finger or ear or something with ants on it. It's got a great, a great fictional band. It's an actual band, I think. Oscar Drill and the Bits are amazing <laughs> in the movie. You know, I'm done though. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, get into ratings? Yeah, I was gonna say, Jeremy. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's start with Gary. Rating. Oh, Rocky. How do you guys rating your show? Out of ten. Out of tens. Rocky. Rocky's a good. A good. Um, Eight out of ten. It's 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 almost perfect to me, but I, I got to love shock treatment a little bit more. So I got shock treatment say eight point five out of ten. There you go. Hmm. Uh Jeremy. Yeah, love Rocky Horror Picture Show. My favorite musical ever, as I've said on the podcast page. I give this one nine out of ten. Dave, you know what? I do like shock treatment more. But there's this thing where I'm sitting at, like, you know, this movie is such a classic and objectively, it's kind of a perfect movie. You know what I mean? Subjectively, I don't, I'm not a 10, but objectively, I probably would give it a 10. So I'm going to come a little high, 
I, I, I don't know if I'd rate shock treatment higher than this, but I like it more. I'm going to give Rocky Horror nine and a half because I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much the cream of the crop of its genre, right? What was better than it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your mentality there is exactly like mine too. Um, Saturday Night Fever. No, I'm just kidding. Greece. Objectively. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie is bonafide classic, you know, subjectively. I think it's, um, it's fun as I, I, I can't compare it to shock treatment. So, uh, my rating is coming from the planet transsexual from the galaxy Transylvania. <laughs> Fuck that shit cracks me up, man. I, I love the whole sci-fi angle to this film, man. Um, it's so weird that they're transvestites from trans from a planet, and then Transylvania yeah. is the pl- it's fucking planet weird. transsexual Fuck. from the galaxy Transylvania. That is the funniest shit ever. I mean, that right there just kind of sums up the whole narrative as being amazing in itself, considering it's not really you know anything that we haven't seen the setup to the film, but they throw that curve in there and that's pretty cool. Um, it's such an amazing film, man. Like you said, read from the camera work to acting, the song set design costume, everything is so good in this. Uh, I'm going to say also I'm in at a nine and a half out of 10 on this. Ooh. It made it. It made Hall it. Of I, fame. Just, I really felt like it deserved the hall of fame spot because of what it is and just how it. Oh, I didn't even, cool. I didn't even think of that when I rated either. That's kind of fun. Nine, nine and a half and nine and a half. That is a 28. 28. Wow. JP's going to be pissed. Yeah, but JP's probably only seen it once, right? Yep. Probably. Oh, he's, actually, he's actually seen this before? Oh, maybe know. not. Maybe the first not. time you watch this movie, I don't think you like it. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean... I didn't care for it the first considering, time. Considering where I came from back in 95, 96, whatever it was, I didn't care. I, fuck, I would have been at like way fucking low. Yeah, I would have been like six. I don't even think I would have been that high. Even when I watched this a dozen years, I probably would have been at like seven and a half, eight. You know, it's it. That's why you rewatch movies, man. I tell you, rewatches are and good. also play the soundtrack a couple times if you're cleaning the house, like yeah. that or shock treatment, and you'll be hooked on this movie. I, I do it when I walk sometimes. Like, I'm yeah, just and this is uh, the person I live with likes this movie, so they play the soundtrack, and I'm like, eh, it sucks. Turn on shock treatment. And then after a while, I'm like, no, this is fucking great. <laughs> Awesome. All right, so that is uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. In the cold winter of 1874, six men set out on a journey through the Colorado Rockies. They were looking for gold, but what they found was that they were completely lost. I want to think about it now. All right, so moving into... The second movie of the night from 1993, Cannibal, the musical. Directed by... That's my favorite song, by the way. I'm just going to say That fucking word, dude. Pedonkle. My favorite movie. Oh, my God. It is so ridiculous. Like, where the fuck did he come up with that goddamn word? He must say that in the film like 20 fucking times at least. 30 times. Spadonkle. Spadonkle. My heart is warm as a big batata. (laughs) Fucking Trey Parker, man. I mean, so this is directed, written and directed by Trey Parker, of course, from South Park fame. Uh, If you're not familiar with South Park, this is, yeah, pre, I think South Park came out in 97, so three or four years before. This they premiered South Park. Trauma, right? Like this is like a legit trauma movie, right? I believe so. I think, I think so. this was yeah. a production. Yep, you're right. Um, yeah. And I don't. Didn't they have some type of falling out too? No, I, I don't know. Maybe it was recent, but oh. he's all over the special features. Yeah, they they have that great 
PSA that would offend 9,000 people at least. Yeah, because uh, this DVD <laughs> came out, fuck, man, it must have been mid-2000s maybe. It's yeah, old. but there's a to this special edition that came out like eight years ago that has like a whole disc of special features. Actually, yeah, I, they're all over it. I, I have listened that. to some of that Yeah, stuff. I have that, okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought they had some kind of weird falling out. But you know what I like about when you watch this movie? Like, you totally see all the precursors to South Park. Oh, yeah. You hear Cartman a couple times. You do in the background. You can totally and hear Harrison, his voice in the background. The movie. And fucking it's Matt Stone, like, with his yeah. with his hat and his Jufro and stuff. It's like, it's literally Kyle. Like, he is fucking, he's the live action version of Kyle. It's so funny. Um, see, this is the first time I watched this movie when I watched it. You never seen it before? No. When it was over, I was like, "Oh, that was pretty okay." But then, as I as the day went on, I just kept on going on Letterbox and changing my rating to make it higher and higher and higher. Because I was you like, kept saying "spedoinkle" and shit and laughing. Oh, it was <laughs> fucking hilarious, dude. dude that's what so happened to me funny. too. The first time oh, I saw it, I was like, "That was really fucking dumb." And then, like the second time I watched it, I was like, "That was great." And then I kept thinking about it. Like I can't stop thinking about it. It's fucking so stupid. I love it. <laughs> okay, so Cannibal the Musical from 1993. Synopsis: The sole survivor of an ill-fated mining expedition tells how his taste for gold was replaced by that of human flesh. That's actually not really true. <laughs> it's, he's not saying that. No. <laughs> they actually. So, if you're not familiar with the story that they're kind of parodying or spoofing here, it's um, uh, the Alfred Packer story that took place in like the 1860s, I believe, or was it early 1870s? I think it was early 1870s. It had to be they, after the Civil War because you got the Southern guy. Yeah, so 1873, I believe, is when the story takes place, or something. Um, and of course the story goes that Alfred Packer was leading a group of men to Colorado and stuff. They get trapped up in the mountains and they, <laughs> the way the story is told is that Alfred Packer had actually killed everybody and ate them to survive. And he actually did survive and eventually got arrested and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But so this is kind of take on the story, which of course <laughs> they, they changed the story around a little bit and it's, it's, it's more Dude. forgiving to the Alpha Packer character actually in this. It's, it's kind of funny. See when the fucking Indians show up and they're fucking Chinese, they're fucking Chinese. They're Dude, they're just clearly <laughs> Japanese. They're Japanese. They're Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Japanese major. He literally has a sword. Like Japanese at college. He's got his uh, fucking samurai sword. I was pissed my pants. So I was laughing so fucking hard. I was like, "That's just pure South Park humor right there." It is so it, fucking funny. Shitty walk. Oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god, it's so funny. Um, you, you seen this one before, Gary? Oh yeah, I, I've, I've probably seen it when uh, Chrome had its initial DVD release. Mm-hmm. One of those Hollywood video rentals, probably. I didn't yeah. see this. I didn't see this film for the first time until I want to say the early two thousands. I think I rented it. So it was, that sounds it was, about right for me too. Yeah, it was. I want to say probably I was in living in Vancouver, so it must have been two thousand one, two thousand two, in the, about that time range. So roughly ten years after it came out, but and it was yeah after I was already a huge South Park fan. You know, I'd been in South Park probably four or five years at that point, And I was like, holy fuck. I, I, I'm, a, I'm always curious to wonder, like, what my thoughts would have been on it if I'd seen it before South Park came out. Because, like, when you watch it now, all I can all I can hear and see is South Park. Like, there's millions of jokes that they've taken from this that they've incorporated into their show. Right? Which is awesome that they don't forget where they came from, you know? Exactly. I just well, like that. That's because, just their humor yeah. style for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just a weird, like, it, it, like I said, like, like, there's so many people that try to do their guy's humor, like, but they're just not successful because they're not clever enough. Like, literally, Trey Parker and Matt Stone Jesus. do the dumbest shit, but they're so clever about it, it's fucking hilarious. Like, like come on, it, how could you, 
How sorry, Dave? How can you not watch the sex scene in Team America and not fucking piss your pants laughing? Fucking like, hilarious. That's, that it's is fu- it's funny that you said piss funniest. your pants because there is a lot of pissing in that scene. That is <laughs> that is probably one of the funniest scenes ever. It's just absolutely ridiculous. No, but like well, if you take like Trey, Par- like, I think Trey Parker is so overlooked as like a genius comedic a genius comedian because like if you look at South Park man and if you just kind of take it for face value you're like oh fuck this show is just full of dick and fart jokes but the core of it man smart as fuck I mean to be to make episodes that like you know dig into the most political driven shit and stuff and just make them what they are I mean you have to be smart you have to be knowledgeable you have to be in the now like you have to be It's just to write music too. The knowledge, not easy. That's what I'm saying. Write all that shit. Yeah, Trey Parker actually composed this shit and wrote it and and sang it and shit like that. Like, I mean, he has his own band and stuff, but I'm talking like the comedic comedic part of you know South Park and shit is crazy. And this is where it comes from, you know. And I just have so much respect for the man. And I hate when people are like, "Oh, fucking South Park's so fucking stupid." I'm like, you're seeing it for you know for face value, right? I mean, on the outside looking in, you're just like, "Oh, okay, whatever." But if you kind of, I mean. They're so fucking genius that have you ever seen how South Park does their episodes? Like they'll yeah, start on a Monday like, and, they, and yeah, it's a it's a great documentary. Yeah, it's literally yeah. insane how fast these guys work and how the end product is always ge- like they did it in like four days, you know, and did and they take current events. Like I remember the episode, um, I can't remember what it's called right now. When Michael Jackson died and Farrah Fawcett died. They yeah. died like on a Monday or Tuesday. They had them in the episode by that Friday. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking incredible, man. Like, no, they, aired, they aired on Wednesdays. <clears throat> yeah, so it was like a couple days later, literally yeah. a couple days later, and it was fucked. I'm just like, these guys are geniuses, but how they incorporate that type of shit is so oh, just smart. Yeah, like it's smart ep- comedy. They, they built a whole episode around them with the Disney, with the Japanese, with the Chinese, and like. Right. Like that story came out and then like two weeks later they had a fucking episode on it. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. Their Book of Mormon play is fucking yeah. so funny and fantastic. Dude, yeah. it's so brilliant, it's man. Musical. It's, it's so brilliant. Love. It's great. I saw that one. Yeah, it's crazy, man. The Book of Mormon, it's still like the most expensive play on Broadway. We were in New York a couple years ago and I was like, man, we should go check this out. It's still like 450 500 bucks a ticket. And this is like a few years after it had been running. I'm like, this is fucking crazy, man. Like this is the most expensive Broadway play of all time, I swear. So we you know went, what I love about? Sorry, I can't remember. So we went and seen like some '80s rock when it was pretty fun. But yeah, dude, this movie is so clever in how it's actually told because it's told like an old timey movie, yeah. like yeah. the way it unfolds Flashbacks. and the credits and every no the credits. Oh you see yeah, the credits yeah, yeah. In the beginning, yeah. but then it's also like uh, it's actually like making fun that it's a student film at the same time because you have that guy walk onto the set on accident and look over, so yep. it's self aware <laughs> and weird. But it's like and he's making fun of the old movies too that I think the Alfred Packer movies. I think I even seen a boom mic. He makes like... fun he, in the commentaries and stuff. He was talking about how they like they're that dumb line when he wakes up from the nightmare and screams like ike he's like it was in one of the old alfred packer like shitty movies that we watched because he was from the area that area where alfred packer actually happened so he knew the history and stuff so they probably watched all those shitty movies in high school so he incorporated that him saying ike when he woke up so like there's so much they do put a lot of detail into the movie who is a character in south park the canadian adopted child brother (laughs) kyle's brother kyle's brother yike from ike from canada it's hilarious but uh one of my other favorite parts in this movie, because this movie, this movie's all just about moments. I mean, it's hard to like critique this movie. It's just all about funny moments. It's the fucking eye, dude. When the, the fucking eye, oh. 
It's fucking. Are you looking at my eye? Are you looking at my eye? Just <laughs> fucking just oozing goo on into everybody's face, and they're like, no, he was the we're Cyclops. Not he was the Cyclops because remember the 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 Japanese dude, the Japanese chief's like, yeah, watch out for Cyclops, and you're like, what the fuck is Cyclops? <laughs> and he tries to get him to sing the uh, Southern song, look away, look away, Dixieland. <laughs> they don't know they're it. They're not really <laughs> right. boys. I like when I like when little oh, what's his name, man, Squeak or little bitch. Oh, he's the guy in basketball. Isn't he's, he? he's, he's, he's squeak little in little bitch from uh, basketball. So fucking yeah. funny, man. Ch- Chota boy from uh, Orgasmo. <laughs> Chota boy. Oh my god. So good. My, my favorite line is um. Uh, you want some fudge packer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna say no. He just says fudge packer. It's so says, quick. Fudge packer. <laughs> I have that written down. I have three notes. That's one of them. Dude, <laughs> they're, they're all they're all that, sleeping in the dude. All of a sudden, yeah. hey, fudge packer. I love <laughs> the fact. <laughs> I love the fact that they play off it because they're all sleeping naked to each other. You want some fudge packer? <laughs> that makes dude, it even funnier. It's so stupid. But they it's set just that like joke up. Too. They set that joke up from the first five minutes of the movie. Because he buys fudge. Because he's like, oh, guys, guys, they got fudge. And everyone kind of looks at him like, (laughs) nobody even says a thing about it. They're like, who cares? He's got fudge. It's so fucking funny. But then it sets up the funniest joke in the movie. (laughs) It's just, it's quiet too. It's like a quiet moment. Nobody's talking. And it's just like, why is this scene still going on? And he's just like, fudge packer. It's so immature, but it's so funny because it's that's a double beat. But dude, that is so fucking South Park, man. That's that's their shit, man. Oh my god, dude, the, the best characters. I actually like the butcher because you think he's going to be the prick, but it turns out to be decent, and the religious guy turns out to be the piece of shit. Which, <laughs> but is the- another thing that they play off in the in the show a lot with religion and stuff like that. Religion's bad, sure. right? So. Well, dude. The best guy in the movie, hands down, is the bald guy who's always positive. And every scene you see him and he's smiling and he has that shit-eating grin on his face the whole fucking movie. Even and he's after, so annoying. Even after they shoot him in the head, they're like, they're sitting around the fire and they're kind of talking about food and stuff. And they're like, man, he looks, he looks so happy over there. And he's got this huge shit-eating grin on his face. Hey, hey, what was his name? Swan? They're like, hey, remember when Swan did that thing when he was dancing in the snow? How did he get his shoes to do <laughs> Dude, Swan's my favorite because that's the best scene in the whole movie when he's like, shut the fuck up, Swan. Yeah. <laughs> it's so shocking, oh. actually. And, Let's and the build a pop- snowman. And the yeah. dude pops up at the end, man. That fucking killed me, too, bro. It's so funny. Oh, man. So many good moments. You know, you know what's surprising about this movie? I mean, I mean, comparatively to the other two films, uh, obviously, Repo Man has a shit ton of songs in it, but... Uh, um, Rocky Horror does too, but this one doesn't have as much. There's a lot of like actual dialogue at, at certain points in this film. You you almost forget that you're watching a musical. Yeah, it's kind of weird like that. But I like that change up though. You know, I mean, I guess we'll get into Repo after, but uh, yeah, I mean, there is points in this where you do feel like you're just watching a kind of regular film, and then it cuts back in the song, and you're like, oh yeah, fuck, it's totally a musical, man. But I like that, man. I I like that kind of construction of the film, so it works for me. Spadoinkle. Um, yeah, my, my favorite song in the movie is probably the Trapper song because it's just insane. And oh man, actually, <laughs> what's the song go like? Sing some of it. I, I remember. About, it. Um, this, uh, I forget now. He mentions he has balls of thunder at some point in that song, though, for sure. And it, it's uh, 
It's a, it's like I, I, the same reason why I like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. It's like he's so he's so overconfident. That these guys are so overconfident too. Like you know, you don't know what it means to like be a trapper. Like there are a bunch of amateurs out there, rank amateurs, and here comes these dudes with their fucking furry ass pelts running around. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Trying to get my horse. You know what I like <laughs> the part when the dudes making the fucking snowman and <laughs> they're singing, "Let's build a snowman." <laughs> We can make him tall or not so tall. He goes over there and just smashes the shit out of him. He keeps smashing the snow. And he's smiling and he moves his head so he doesn't get hit, but he's got that shit. He's literally smiling and just kind of, he's kind of moving his head back and forth slowly. Oh my God, that shit is so fucking funny. They make him go in a timeout. Swan in the fruit, guy like the oh, butcher. Because I'm I'm the butcher in this whole movie. I swear I'm the butcher. Like he's I just forget. bitching the whole fucking time. I think they're talking. They're like, man, you're like you you, you or he says something like, you can't say that because you're in timeout, man. <laughs> like what a fucking he's like, awesome. Turn around. Turn you're, around. You're in timeout, man. <laughs> what a funny thing to put in the movie. Amazing. Dude, in the beginning, when the one guy's like, "Don't go, son," and then the other guy's like, "You know, you should go." <laughs> Dude, you know what part gets me every time, man, is the, the film, when the fucking Japanese dude saves uh, Packard from getting hung, and uh, they start talking about all of a sudden the horse is there, and, yeah. and then he realizes he doesn't need the horse anymore. He's like, "You want the horse?" He's like, "Okay." He pulls out the fucking, and it's it's off screen, but all you hear is this yeah. horse getting fucking hacked up by the samurai yeah. sword. I'm like, <laughs> and they never acknowledge it. They never acknowledge it. I love that. I love that comedy. Well, that horse whole... got him in the situation in the first place. So yeah, there's a whole musical number about how, when I was when I was on top of you talking about the horse. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I I really like that in the narrative though, because it turns. out I mean, obviously, Alfred Packer didn't know where the fuck he was going, and he kind of got duped into you know taking him the guys to you know to Colorado and shit like that. But really, it's all about finding this horse once this horse goes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is such a stupid thing, man. That's all about the movies. Yeah, I love the bickering. Like I said, and that one dude's like, "You gotta stay positive." Like I, I can't get over that whole his whole like demise and his whole setup to get killed. The snowman guy, like it just cracks me the fuck up. And I also like the butcher too because he's always constantly complaining and like he'd be like any other normal person in that situation. You'd be like, "Why am I with these idiots right now?" I like how the butcher doesn't want to hack up the body at first either. He goes straight you know. for the ass. He's like, I don't want butt. <laughs> he wouldn't eat his shoes. Listen to how clever this is. He points it out. He wouldn't yeah. eat his shoes because the feet were in it. Yeah. But then you cut back later and, and uh, Matt Stone is just eating a foot. Yeah. And it's not even yeah. cooked. He wouldn't He wouldn't even eat the fucking shoes because the foot's in it, but he'll eat the foot. Didn't even cook it. I don't it. want butt. He's just eating this fucking foot. Oh, my God. I know. That's such a clever joke. I don't want butt. <laughs> what are the great you want, Not butt. One of the great trailer moments is when they're eating the, the, the body for the first time on the campfire and fucking Packer just blows chunks. He's like, he's I think he's chewing on the foot, isn't he? <laughs> I think oh, he's eating, and then the other guy's chewing on the foot. It's like, oh, gross, Packer, just because he threw up, but therefore he <laughs> yeah, didn't Yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, oh, man, that movie, it's fucking so stupid. It, it's yeah. so funny, though. Like, it, what's the song they sing when they want everything? Like, they're all excited to, like, get everything they want, and then, like, they that's, try to sing it later. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, it's all I'm asking for, and then they, like, sing it later, and they're all fucking half dead. Hey, man, <laughs> what do you want? I want a store, you know? Yeah, yeah. I want to open my own church. Dude, I think one of the funniest conversations in the movie is the fucking, when they're talking about the musical notes, like A minors and shit, that shit was funny as fuck to me, man. Just ridiculous. Feels like an add-in scene, like you really don't need that shit, but it's just funny. 
What about the stupid scene where they're chasing Packer through the bar and they just keep running through the bar, <laughs> looping it, and just throwing it through again? Right. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Man. <laughs> I I honestly love when Matt Stone, you know, takes his hat off and his Jufro comes flying out. Yeah. And, every, and they, it's just yeah. like Kyle, just and, like Kyle. And everyone like kind of looks at him, but no one says anything because they don't know what to fucking say. They're like, "Where did that come from?" Yeah, like it looked like you had no it makes hair. That dumb popping sound. That's so stupid. So funny. Uh, yeah, my favorite song, Snowman. I I love it. Split the Uncle Day. And then when they, after they're singing Spadoinkle, they all fall on the ground laughing like little girls. And they're like, Spadoinkle! <laughs> Spadoinkle! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like such a weird word they made up for the movie. Yep. I know, right? Spadoinks. Do they ever drop that in the, in the show? I don't think so. Yeah. They, they did. <laughs> the early, early seasons, they did like a, at the end of the show, where they show like their, their, their logo, their production logo. Yeah. You would hear like a like an instrumental version of it over that. Hmm. And this is before I knew what the fuck this movie was. When you're watching South Park and like, yeah, okay, yeah, not not there it is. See. Yeah, that's funny. Sure <laughs> I just remember like the early DVD releases of South Park where they would have the intros with them in front of the fireplace and they were just absolutely fucking ridiculous, but they're so funny. It's funny guys. Yeah, those are good ones. And it what, do they still do the like the mini commentaries on some of them? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. That actually reminds me, season 23 is coming out this month. Yeah, uh, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, it is Tuesday. Holy shit, yeah, that's right. It's already fucking like the 20th today or 19th. Holy shit. You know, I do wish that um like they do show the opening where they like show the um, prosecutor saying how they were killed. But I wish that they, because they show Swan die, but they don't really show how the other ones get killed. And I wish they would have kind of showed that. I know that's my biggest complaint with this movie. The scene where, you know, he takes off and he comes back and fucking everyone's like hacked up and and done. That's supposedly what Packer said happened though. So I get that. I get that. They could have still showed it. Exactly. Exactly. My point, because I mean, this movie at at the core of it doesn't feel like a horror film at all. (laughs) Right. There's really, nothing horror about it at all so i mean that Besides could that one scene that, yeah exactly i mean you could have but you could have shown that though i mean, that was kind of my biggest complaint with it too i just don't think they had the money probably not i, I like the way it started where they, they give like the court's version of what happened but in, in video form of packer just murdering everybody yeah and he's there and he's like that's not this is that's not what happened <laughs> his dad was uh trey parker's dad was the judge oh really yeah, well, yeah. i didn't even know that yeah, I think I like when I was on top of you. The song about the horse is pretty funny. Yeah, it's just got that double meaning. It's kind of funny. They yeah. also reuse it with the uh, the girl at the end, right? The the journalist. Yeah. Yep. Yes, they do. But it's like he st- he did use musicals like how they would use them. I think like he understood the the structure of them perfectly, so it helped him. Well, yeah, I mean having the musical background and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. and Japanese study too. So he incorporated that. I mean, when you really think about it, like all the movies that Dave written and directed, at least not like ba- ba- you know basketball, they just starting, but yeah, they're all musicals pretty much. I yeah. mean, Team America's a musical, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Cuts a musical. This is a musical, so yeah. You know they've always had music in their films, which is interesting. I mean that's tr- that's the backbone of his career, right? So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm surprised they don't actually do more musical episodes of South Park. They do, but they don't. Yeah, I'm kind of not a fan of like the 
uh, continuous story of the last couple seasons of South Park. It's not really my thing. Uh, they only did it for, what, a couple seasons? I actually really, I think it was season 19 or 20 <laughs> I thought was really good. I, yeah. I, I really thought that was cool. But they stopped doing it. They didn't do it in season 21 or 22, did they? I can't remember. Well, wasn't that like the the pot farm last season? Wasn't that? I haven't seen season 22 or 23 yet. I got, I got you. I'm just kind of behind on it, but... um. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, even Trey Parker, I'm assuming this is probably like the first kind of acting shit that he did. Um, I mean, he's pretty good in it. You know, he's kind of natural. Yeah, it's really hard. Like I said, like, because they're, it's hard to walk that line because if you look at a movie like She Kills, they're overacting on purpose and it's not funny and it doesn't work for me. But this movie, they're technically doing some weird kind of acting. But I feel like they're kind of staying in their characters. I don't. I, I want to say they're overacting, but they're not really overacting. Like I feel like they act perfectly how the film's supposed to be. If that makes any sense, and it's it, really hard to explain. It, but it, it works. It, no, it is. You know, there is moments where Trey Parker is completely. You know, it, it's still kind of over the top, but at the same time, it's not. <laughs> I think. I think it's stemming right from the credits, man. I mean, Trey Parker credits himself in this movie as Juan Juan Schwartz. You yeah, none know? of the names are right in the beginning, are they? No. Yeah, so, yeah, Alfred Packer, he's, you know, he's playing Alfred Packer, and it's credited as Juan Schwartz. I love that. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, but how, how do you explain why I but don't like na- something like um, She Kills at all, because it's overacted on purpose? Yeah. And, or, but this, I feel like it somehow is trapped. It, it, it's encased, and it just works for me. I don't get well, it. Well, no, it's, it's, you know, it's still spoofing, but at the same time, they're still trying to make a good film. I, I understand they stay character, right? I understand they don't where you're break coming their from. Their own rules. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. There's a lot of movies where they're doing this. You know, they're just the acting. Everything about the film is done bad on purpose. I hate right? that shit. Yeah. I so shit. this is different, though. I mean, it's it's. I mean, they're still trying to make a good movie, and you can see the heart in it, right? But um, it's clever. It's clever. Yeah, I mean that separates a lot of movies. You know, the ones that just don't have any cleverness to them at all. And then you got shit like this, but it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, you look at Matt Stone in the film, man. I mean, I, I feel like he's just literally playing himself. Like he's just a goofy fucking dude, you know, he's just lying constantly. And they're always yelling his at him. Face. He's off. always got that fucking face going on. He's always got like his scrunched up lips. And it's funny, yeah. man. It's ridiculous. It looks like Eddie decent in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. No, but he's always fucking telling the lies. Like everybody had that friend or that guy they knew that just constantly fucking lied all the time. He's like, what? "Why are you doing this?" I think that at one point they even call him like a diabolic or a pathological liar or something like oh, that. He is. He tries to speak Japanese or Native American. Remember that? <laughs> and he's just fucking. <laughs> he's just bullshit. He's just translating fucking... the bull, <laughs> the lines like straight bullshit. I love that. Uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, I don't really got a whole lot more to say on cannibal the musical um jeremy you're first eight out of ten yep um that is dave so i never know the order of these i'm sorry i'm the same eight out of ten well that's what i have written down that's what i'm going to stay with eight out of ten for myself too yeah i didn't see a whole lot of this uh, review but you know yeah, speak <laughs> now. A, speak now. Yeah, speak now. I think a lot, a lot of this uh, stems why why it's so fun is that a lot of these people work together. I think they, 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 the actors in the film, a lot of them did a lot of voice work for for South Park, so they're obviously friends making a film together. So the chemistry is there, and it shows on screen. That's all I really want to say else about it. But um, 
it is a uh, eight out of ten as well. We're all in this. I don't know why it just feels like an eight out of ten for me. Yeah. Nice. It, it really hard does. To talk about musicals. It is. I, I, I've been noticing that, man. Well, <laughs> especially the next one. Oh God. Oh fuck me. <laughs> you know, I I always, I always found like like people that do voice work, like a lot of voice work and stuff, actually make pretty decent actors. I don't know what it is. It's kind of they like have to act with only their voices, so it's kind comedians. Of comedians are typically very good actors too, in, in serious work because if you can make them laugh, you can make them do anything. Right. Right. And yeah. I feel like what is that? If you can make them laugh, you can make them cry too. If you get somebody laughing at your character, it's very easy to do something horrible to that character, and you will be sad about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Comedy and tragedy, you know, both sides, you know, the same mask. Hmm. Okay, so that is Cannibal, the musical from 1993. By the middle of the 21st century, organ failure had become a worldwide epidemic. But Geneco was there to satisfy the demand for organ replacements. The problem is, if you miss a payment, Geneco sends out the repo man. And when he finds you, your time is up. All right, so moving into the third and final film here on episode 188, and it is a film from 2008 directed by Darren Lynn Boseman called Repo, the Genetic Opera. Of course, Darren Lynn Boseman is responsible for directing Saw 2, 3, 4, Mother's Day, shit like that. Abattoir I thought was okay. He's done He's done some decent work. Viral. He actually did an episode of Fear Itself, too. That's kind of crazy. What was that, Gary? Did you say another one? Viral? Spiral. Spiral. Oh, which is... Saw movie. Yeah. Uh, Saw 9. He did nine. a segment in Tales from the Halloween, Tales of Halloween, which I really enjoyed. I like that yeah, anthology. Was, which one did he do? Uh, the Night Billy Raised Hell. That one's okay. That's basically um, the Satan's Little Helper short version. Yep. Essentially. Okay. Who, uh, Gary liked by Jeff Lieberman. So this oh, is yeah. so this is another uh, adaptation of a of a stage show. Um, actually, I think I think he actually wrote this too. Um, possibly, I don't know. Um, but anyways, Repo, the genetic opera, has a crazy casting. Man, it's got actually there's some faces in this film that it, it's just so shocking to see in a musical. First up, Paul Savino who plays Roddy Largo. He's like the head of like the, the gene co in this film. It's crazy to see him in a musical. Cause I can only ever see him in like gangster shit and stuff and like really serious roles and shit. It's really what strange. What about Schiller and the stuff? Oh God. Schiller is so fucking bad. <laughs> he's in the Brinks job. That he's is kind of like, comical in that. He's really fun in that movie, but well, it's a gangster movie. I, no, I know. I'm just saying, but when you think of Paul Zavino, you think, of, Oh yeah. You think gangster films, right? He is a little bit more versatile than people would give credit for, but he's, it's kind of strange seeing him in this fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, okay. Th- this cast is bizarre, man. You got fucking Paris Hilton in here. who plays Amber sweet, Bill Mosley, which I don't know. I just can't picture Bill Mosley except for this film singing in, it's just, it's very, very strange. Well, no one or, can sing in this movie anyway, so I guess it's they good all to cast sing people. in there. very monotone voices, and we're gonna sing a song with shitty lyrics that fucking sucks. 
that I want to shoot myself. And I would bet you JP likes this movie because he has no taste and he would really, really <laughs> like this movie because it's called the genetic opera and we don't have the budget. So we have to have a cartoon background instead of having actual acting because we can't afford it. There you go. That's and, what the songs are And like. basically we That's pretty much not what the songs sound like. We... That's pretty yeah, much that's what the songs what don't sound they're like. They're literally the worst fucking lyrics surgery. ever. Surgery. Dude, the li- somebody come get surgery. I like shit. Watch me walk down this street. Surgery. Dude, the yeah, fucking, fucking bad, The man. grave robber is fucking awesome in this, man. <laughs> he is awesome. Embarrassing. His, his flow, no. His flow is fucking awesome, man. I would have been, I would have been jacked recording that shit in the studio, man. That's awesome. That flow is awesome. I would be embarrassed for you, then. I hate angsty, man. I can't. It's angsty. It's angsty and it's embarrassing, and I can't stand it. I know that's the characters are teenage and they're angsty. I just can't take it. It's well, yeah, embarrassing. They're, they're it makes fucking, me cringe. Like they're, I, it, they're it's involuntary. Reps. I'm not. I'm not doing it on purpose. I can't help it. Like, right. I, I'm just like gagging. Here's the synopsis. A worldwide epidemic encourages a biotech company to launch an organ financing program similar in nature to a standard car loan. The repossession clause is a killer, however. So, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. It's about this corporation called Geneco who essentially um, gives out, uh, you know, surgeries and stuff. What has happened is there's this pandemic that has crossed the whole face of the earth and there's been organ failures around the whole world and stuff. And they offer these surgeries up. But if you can't pay, they come and take your organs. Um, yes, it's a musical, of course. Um, yeah. And it is like, it's one of those musicals too that there's like literally no dialogue in this entire movie. Unlike the other ones where there's a little bit of dialogue, a lot more in Cannibal the Musical. This one is solely told through song. Like, I don't even like that in La Mez. I love it, it's the, play, crazy. the play La Mez, but I hate it in mo- the movie version. Yeah. Like, I, so I can't stand it. To me, it's just nonstop. It's nonstop. See, the thing is, the thing I like about this film, I actually like ah! the music. I actually Sorry. like the industrial. <laughs> I don't care, Jeremy, what you fucking say, like at all. I'm just saying. I actually really I want to enjoy, hear, hear him. I really enjoy the industrial music. I think it goes great with the the kind of sadistic narrative of the film. So the music to me is fine. Um, yes, I think some of the vocals. I don't think Bill Mosey is very good in this at all. But I think there is a lot of things that work. I think Paris Hilton's vocals are fine in this. Um, and actually, I liked the story. I actually liked the story, and I didn't see the twist coming because I couldn't remember this movie for the fucking life of me because I seen it when it came out. And you know, it's got this whole kind of narrative with you know this this doctor and his daughter and stuff and and his his wife had had died and stuff and that there's kind of like this intertwining kind of narrative thing going on and stuff and it leads into this twist at the end which i think is pretty cool and stuff but i think what drives it for me i actually like the visuals i like the visuals a lot um i like the the comic you know transitions and things like that and how they kind of tell green screen yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't look that bad to me it doesn't look that bad to me at all i think i like i like the comic book you know um story you know where they tell the backstories of each character and stuff i think that's kind of cool because everything happens about 17 years before and it goes into all the characters individual and and at least it sets up all the characters you know and the story the actual narrative properly um i mean i can see how you can drift in and out of this because if you're not fully engulfed in the music i mean you might be losing the narrative a lot because i mean they're literally telling it to you in song Right, but I think there's some pretty cool music pieces. I like some of the characters. I mean, you know, Paul Savino plays the head of um, Gene Co, and he's got like these fucking nasty ass kids. Aaron, or Amber Sweet, um, Bill Mosey plays one of them. Luigi Largo, and uh, I think the other one is 
the fuck is the it? Italian stereotype with accent. Oh, the orgy, the, the ogre. Why does he have an accent and the other ones don't? The Pavel like, be scusi. I don't know, man. They're, they're all supposed to be Italian, obviously, but Pavel Ogre, he's the the ogre. Um, so I mean, some of the characters are interesting to look at and stuff. I I honestly really was. <laughs> I was I was buying into this right from the start because, like I said, it's all about music to me, and I thought it was kind of interesting that there was no dialogue; it was solely done like that. So it made me pay attention. And like I said, I mean, the visuals and stuff were pretty good. I think the gore was a little bit lacking in this. I think there's potential missed here, be considering what the narrative is. If you're going to go and repossess organs and shit, I mean, there is moments of gore and stuff, but I don't think the gore scenes are all overly that great, but I think they kind of missed the boat on that a little bit. That Why was is there one... only one Repo Man, though? <sighs> I I don't know. I mean, honestly, because of what the narrative goes to with him and stuff. So they kind of have the money. It, it, but it makes yeah. sense, though, because he was, because he's working for him for a reason, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't want to give the whole thing away unless people yeah. want to check it but, out and stuff. But, but there is they a, act like there's hundreds, but they don't show anything else but the one, and they yeah. never ever expand think, anywhere in the movie. Well, I think what it is, though, I think what it is is that this is actually meant to be the middle part of a trilogy. There's a story before this, and there's a story after this. So I'm thinking maybe that plays into it a little bit. Maybe you're going to get a little bit more if they ever decide to do, which I doubt they're going to, considering this so movie apparently. So it's like the movie Muck, which it is, is like the worst movie ever made. So I think this movie absolutely bombed at the box, box office, so I doubt you're yeah. going to see part one but and part three. A classic, but I think like that's why this... I think, yeah, I think that's why this movie is a little bit kind of not misunderstood, but maybe just kind of not enjoyed as much as it probably could be because the story does seem whatever. I mean, you have questions about the Repo Man, but I think you might get those in the other parts too. Who knows? But... um yeah, I mean, I get it, though, because they're following that storyline completely. Yeah, I really it, hate the music, though. It, and that's yeah. I can't stand the music. I it, can't stand the, how it's sung. And I can't stand, like, the over-melodramatic stuff. It's just cringy and cheesy, and none of it flows. And I yeah. don't like any of the characters or anything about it, to be honest. Like, okay. I don't like it at all. And See, I'm done on talking about it. I, I don't. See, you know that that's fair. That's fair. I think the I think honestly the biggest problem besides you know the missed opportunities with gore, like I said, with the narrative and stuff. I don't need gore in a film, but given this narrative, it would have been nice to see kind of a gore fest. Um, is the anticlimactic ending? It gets really sappy at the end. I think the ending is actually my biggest problem with this. But again, when it comes to musicals, if you're not enjoying the music, you have a big fucking problem here. Right, you're probably not going to enjoy anything. And again, I, I get it why people wouldn't like the visuals. I actually really enjoy that because it, it kind of pl- it takes place in this dystopian kind of world that you know it's it's in the future. It's like 2050s or something like that. So it's taking place in the future dystopian where everyone is like stuck on drugs, and it, it kind of has that kind of real downbeat, dark kind of you know visual to it. And I get it, and I get it. Yeah, but they bring up great. they bring the up that great. They bring up that stuff. They bring up this the illegal drug stuff that they take out of dead people's noses, but it never really goes anywhere. I mean, you see the grave robber like Amber's addicted to it. Yeah, but it doesn't really. Well, it's not supposed to though either, Jeremy. It's not really supposed to go introduce it to the story. Well, because because you're giving some more elements to what they're living in. Right, that's all they're doing. They're just kind of giving you. This is what the streets is like. This is what the most of the world is like. I mean, these people are out here doing tricks. They're living off these drugs and stuff. But the main story is about the father and daughter. It's basically a fucking. It's kind of like a love, not a love story, but it's a it's story about a father and daughter. Essentially, what this is. But 
The concept is very good. The concept is very good. The idea that they can go in there and show all the people being addicted to plastic surgery and changing who you are and a company controlling everyone. Which I think there's a lot of commentary. Like I said, I hate the execution. Like, I'm curious what Gary has to say about this. But there's a lot of commentary in that, too, because, I mean, that's what was going on at the time when this was made, too. And, you know, it was just becoming a huge fucking thing. I mean, look how many actresses and actors and shit fucked up their shit. Like, Courtney Cox with her goddamn fucking blown up shitty ass lips and bad haircuts and shit. Terry. Like, everybody just started fucking themselves up i mean you know I, there is commentary there but you know i mean i get it i get it i completely understand like i was thinking about this last night too and i'm like i know jeremy's gonna hate this movie because <laughs> because of the music and that was the first thing i thought maybe you might like this day but i have no idea about gary but i knew jeremy would hate this because the music and i don't know that's something that drew me in because i like that kind of <laughs> there was at times especially when the the um grave robber was singing it kind of reminded me of like it kind of reminded me of Ramstein a little bit because it has an industrial feel, you know, just kind of that rolling lyrics and shit. And, but the flow is good for me, man. It was actually kind of making me laugh a little bit. But um, all right, Gary. Um, yeah, this this is like the first time I watched this all the way through, I and mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it over the years, and I never was entirely interested in it in, in a way because it's not my kind of music as far as like the industrial goes and all that stuff and. So it's just a big old mess to me, but well, it's I not mine it, either. Um, but I, I really, I, it's not, it's not mine either. But I fucking really, I, I think it works perfectly for what it is. Yeah, I, mean, I, I watched this time around, and first uh, big stand-up performance I, I got to mention is uh, Anthony Head, who's uh, again Buffy, Buffy uh, connection. That's where I know him from. But I know he's a, a musical artist as well as so he can carry a tune, and it really shows in this film. We got a bunch of non-music people in this film who can't carry a tune. You have the the repo man who's out there just carrying carrying this film, in my opinion. I mean, Paul Sorvino's in there, and he's good at alliteration too. Because if you've watched um, um, the Romeo and Juliet movie, I forget who directed the film. Same guy that made Moulin Rouge and stuff like with that. Leo, with Leonardo. Yeah, with Leonardo. Yeah. And he's really good at alliteration. Yeah, really good alliteration in that movie. And so I, I, I expected some good stuff out of Paul Sorvino, and I, I think I got it. And um, so there's that. Almost a little bit of opera in there, you know, the oh, way yeah. his vocals are, right? He's got that Italian type of, yeah, it, it's definitely showing through. I bet he's an opera fan. Probably. He's a guinea, you know. My my, my, my notice favorite was Pavarotti, the favorite singer of all time. So I'd imagine, you know, his is a similar taste, being Sicilian or whatnot, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to go into my heritage, but. That's what my grandmother was. She's 100% Sicilian, so she loved that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the the blood and guts was was really good. I really love um, when our, our repo man was uh, ex- expelling the organs, just pulling them out one by one. That was really nicely filmed. Just needed what more of like it. About, just needed more of it, though. Oh, I know. Right. What I like about Darren Lynn Bowsman's, uh, you know, filming style is like. It's like he takes the blood and guts and he puts some Vaseline over the lens and he films it that way. And he just doesn't care. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff to even out of focus at points in this movie. Well, I think I, that, what, I think that's done but, purposely, though, to be honest. But I don't. I don't like it though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think like it, it's. I think it was style a style either. Yeah, I think it's a product of its time a little bit with that too. I think that was becoming popular at a certain time, like shooting things out of focus, getting all artsy and stuff like that. Not so only I'm, that, it was like. I think it, it was. was the, Go ahead. I think some of the angles are really good, but I do agree with the fact that, you know, the out of focus shit, I've never really fully understood, like as an artistic 
angle to use. I just I've never kind of bought into that either. So I get where you're coming from. But unless you're just Franco, I think there is some good <laughs> angles. Yeah, well, no, Franco didn't do it purposely. <laughs> I know he was doing everything. <laughs> if it was out of focus, they had to use the shot because that was all the money they had. <laughs> he was shooting six movies at the same time. He had right. no choice. Right. <laughs> I do like that. Um, they took Paris Hilton in this movie, and they made her ugly, and she was accepting of this. Which is, this is the time for Paris Hilton to, to kind of be a vain person, and she was in the in the media and yada yada yada. Uh, she she they you know she had a botched plastic surgery or whatever. It cost ninety thousand dollars or whatever she said, and yep. her face was messed up. And there was a point in the film towards the end where they're doing the genetic opera, and her face literally falls off. And I thought that it was a, a big step for a person like her just to be ugly in something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was something I thought. Um, you know, yeah, they pat her on the back for doing it. They weren't even. Darren Lynn Bowsen didn't even want to give her a shot because when she came into to fucking uh, audition for it, he's like, "Fuck!" He's like, "Are you serious? That bitch from that fucking reality show kind of thing?" He's like, "There's absolutely no way." And so he kind of bought into it, gave her an audition. And she fucking nailed the vocals, and they're like, "Okay, here's the part." It's crazy. Right? Bill Mosley, he was such a bad singer. <laughs> See the thing, just, with, the yeah, thing is with Mosley to the camera. Yeah, well, that's the thing with Mosley. He didn't really have any actual vocal. It, it was more of I, just talking on. I beat. could tell. Yeah, that's everybody. He didn't really. Like he didn't have any full out lines. Like it was crazy. He just had like you know, <laughs> like, this, like fuck you and shit. Like, it's like okay, whatever. Yeah, he was such he a lame his, character. He has too. his best moment at the end in the, in the the post credit sequence. Well, he's he a spoiled brat. He was a spoiled yeah. brat kid, right? You know, he was fighting for that premacy of taking over the company because their father was dying and shit and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, they're all shitty. All his kids were shitties for sure. Um, yeah, the tragedy works real well with, with the repo man and, and the daughter and um, her not knowing who he is. And then she gets the reveal because it's almost like Paul Servino. I forget the character's name. Was, was holding, Largo. Yeah, he was holding this thing over his head to make him work for him, but he was almost, he almost, well, he, he did like it, obviously there's certain scenes where you can tell he downright loved it, but, um, to be this collector of organs because he had this thing hanging over his head that he was the cause of his wife's death, Mm -hmm. you know, spoiler, you know, but still, I'm sure folks have seen this movie already. How dare you, Gary? I'm sorry. (laughs) And then, you know, there were the reveal to, to, to the daughter and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. it's, It's a big thing. So it, it ends pr- pretty pretty tragically, and I like I like that ending to the Repo Man. It almost gave him the character a lot more heart than he already had. So. Well, as it plays out like a you know a stage show and stuff. I mean, I mean, don't a lot of these things end in tragedy and stuff? That's why I kind of dug yeah. the twist. I didn't really see it coming, but it kind of made sense, and it is very it's almost tra- and, it's very traumatic too. It's like holy and, shit, dude! Like that's in the four up. hour cut. It's it's a. Uh... It's dragged out a lot more. Well, I got the four-hour. Four I don't. Cut. I don't think I'd watch a four-hour musical. Anyway, just I don't think there's any plausible way I could sit through a four-hour musical, man. I, I'm dead well, when serious. When you see him in, in like Broadway and stuff, like Lamez is like four hours long, but see, it's I, great. I would never go to the Lamez. Like I just couldn't do it, man. Well, Lamez is actually really good. Like the movie, I don't like even the movie, and they have the same style of singing. Except Anne Hathaway's moment is fucking fantastic. But I mean, I'd go that, see a four-hour concert, but. I don't know about a yeah. music. I think it would drive me nuts, but yeah, I, I honestly, dude, I think the way this one runs just over ninety minutes. I think I think the run time is a little yeah. bit long. Actually, yeah. I think it even mm-hmm. could have been cut down a little bit. I think there's a couple parts that are it does drag a little bit. But with that said, I mean, at least it's not the four hour, one hundred and fifty minute cut or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Has anyone seen the short version? No. What the rated version? 
writing. No, there's a, a short ver- <laughs> it's a short version of this, isn't there? With Michael Rooker. Yeah, ten minutes long or something. Oh yeah. My, um Darren Lynn Bowser yeah, he did a short of this a couple years before he did and the full And It's not night. a musical? I'm not sure, never seen it. I, I know that he did it though. That was kind of the precursor to this. I'd rather okay. watch that. Uh, yeah, it is two thousand fifty six it takes place in. I feel like if you saw this movie when it came out. I think you'd have more appreciation to be accepting of it. But since I saw it for the first time in 2020 and it's dated so poorly and it's just such a product of its time. And it's, well, it's just uh, the thing is, though, Dave, it is a product of the time because 2009 was like it was the emo years, you know, it was when a couple years after the emo years, you know, like it was like 2007. The emo lifestyle was hot and heavy. So I could I could get what Dave is saying if you watch this movie back during that time and had that kind of mindset. If I could have some love for stuff. it. I mean, I did, yeah. I, I did like watch it. I did watch it when it came out. And honestly, I didn't, I just remembered it being a musical, you know, I didn't really remember much from it. And Literally. I don't know. I, I, I guess going into this, I, I, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect again. And it just kind of, just kind of did it for me. I mean, like I said, you know, when it comes to musicals, you don't like the music. I don't know how there's any plausible way you could ever like the movie. Because it's you all mean, about you, music. You, you mentioned cutting stuff back. I know it's like your favorite thing in the movie, but I could have done without all the scenes with the Gravedigger. See, all, all of them. The yeah, Gravedigger is embarrassing. The Gravedigger is actually my favorite part of the movie, man. Thought but he doesn't excellent. contribute to anything. Well, he's yeah, supposed well, to be like a narrator. narrator. Yeah. He's kind of like the guy in uh, no, he, the, he, uh, Evita. He's kind of like he, the, um, Antonio he, Banderas character. He but is the he narrator. Really work. And he's also the voice of the streets, too. He's the one that's you know contributing to the problem out there and stuff. He's he's the bad narrator kind of thing. But honestly, dude, I fucking love some of the um, Gravedigger's fucking vocals and shit. I thought they were great. Yeah, I don't know how many musicals you that's watch. That's a great but, you know, musical. But the problem I have with this one is the same problem I have with, with like, Jesus Christ Superstar, which people you know praise, and they should. It, it's a great musical. I've never seen it. But, well, it's much like this film, to where it's all music and there aren't, there is no dialogue. Yeah. So it gets to be kind of exhausting, not so much grading, but like exhausting because you're just, it just keeps going, keeps going, keeps yeah, going. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I thought so, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting setup the way we had for this show because, you know, Rocky Horror kind of is in between, right? I mean, there is a little bit of dialogue in it, but there is a lot of songs. Right, mm-hmm. and then I feel like Cannibal the Musical is definitely like, there's almost more dialogue in the movie than there is songs. And uh, and then this one is just no dialogue, right? So we got three different types of musicals here, which I thought was kind of cool. And three different time times too, I think, and yeah. three different styles, major styles, narr- like everything. Oh, these are so different in all technical aspects, and it just it's crazy. Yeah. Like actively, like I have a physical repulsion to the music and repo, like the way it's sung, and it's so embarrassing. Like I get, I'm like, oh, oh god, it's like it's like watching a cringe video. Like you ever yeah. watch those like little emo kids? Like I'm the darkness. Like yeah. well, watching with their, with their tongue repo, rings. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I, I just get it. Way, like I get repulsed. I have trouble yeah. watching. I guess it. Like, I just get it because like I I really have that musical background. I mean, I get what they're trying to do with it and stuff. I mean. Not if, really it, emo it, music if you had to change it's not it's not it's it's but it's very it's very eastern industrial influence and stuff yeah. um it's very heavily it's it not sound, like emo music no it's I not also emo. feel it's, like the movie thinks it's deep but it's just stupid like, i can't stand teenage angst man unless it's being parodied like heathers or beetlejuice and i think it's genius this one i just I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't buy into the teenage angst and stuff. I mean, I think I think there's just it's a tragedy. You know, I mean, like I said, I mean the the third act is a little bit sloppy. I mean, it's a little bit long winded and kind of cheesy and shit. But 
it's I get it. I get it. But I think the narrative twist works for it, though. But that's just me. She's hot. She's hot. (laughs) She's like 17 in this. No, she's not, is she? Yeah, she's a kid. She can't leave the house. Man. She's still good looking. Well, she'd be better. I find I find women are their hottest between the thirties and uh-huh. in their thirties. Her machete kills, Dave. Holy yeah, she, mackerel! Yeah, yeah. No, she's not wearing much. Sucks. She's not wearing much in that movie. No, holy mackerel! So I can say with I gave, I gave machete kills five minutes. <laughs> why? Why do you hate machete kills? Because um, they, if do you, they don't care, why should I? Do you like machete? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, machete, machete kills. It's machete just, kills is definitely like nine steps down from machete. Yeah. For sure, the opening um, machete kills has like all the bad, all the good, bad good guys standing up on like above them with like big guns, and all the bad guys on the ground with like pistols, and they somehow manage to kill all the guys standing above on the with the high ground. And I'm just like, come on, guys! I know it's a B exploitation movie, but you guys got to be a little bit more smart. So what you're saying is you don't want to see machete in space? No. <laughs> Nobody wants to see anything in fucking space. Unless it's an actual space movie. Fuck. Well, you could look forward that it only made about $5 at the box office. So Yeah, that's cool. That shit was fucking tanked for show. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Ratings? Well, all right, Dave, you're up first. So let's give you your three, maybe two. No, I'm not that low. Uh, I don't know how you couldn't be. You didn't like the music, or you said you you, no, you I, literally said two. you didn't I'm like one. You, you literally I said you didn't like one thing. I rated a three on Letterbox, and did, I'm gonna stick with a three. It's half a star worse than Door in the Silence. How did you give it? A, you said you didn't like one thing about it. I'm giving it a three because it actually is a movie and it does have special effects. And the costumes are good. And the concept is good. I said the concept was Fair good. Enough. Fair enough. The concept is good. It's 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 trying to be intelligent. It's just maybe it's the direction. I don't fucking know. Maybe it's the, really the music for me though. I just have a hard time. I think it's the music. I think honestly, if the genre of music was different, like what, what like what would you want to hear as music? Like to just keep it's the same. That. It's just even the lyrics. They're not put together well. None of it flows. None of it even feels think, like music. It feels oh, literally just people like I walked up to the door flowing. and I knocked on it. I walked on to the door and then I walked to the bathroom and then I took a shit and then yep. I brushed my teeth and then I said, "Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Well, shut they up." Have, they have to have breakdowns in it because they're telling the whole story by. I don't like, like that style of musical. I hate Lamez and okay. it's a it's a it, that's I just enough. don't like that style. I don't like it. it I didn't, it, it I didn't realize going and I don't like opera. I didn't re I didn't realize I was going to like it as much as I did. But I, I said I, if I didn't like the instrumentals, then I you know I can deal with. You're much more appreciative of all music genres than me, apparently. Well, I also have the background. I mean, I've recorded yeah, I mean, so many different types of bands. I mean, we, honestly, dude, when you've sat in the studio and recorded with the worst female punk bands ever, and you've had to like play it straight, you can fucking do anything. I bet this. Oh my sloppy. god! This band I made Kitty sound like they were fucking Frank Sinatra. Kitty, Kitty, boo, fuck. Oh fuck! It was bad. It was the worst. I'm, shit. I, I'm glad it was only four tracks, and each song, of course, punks like two minutes. So it was like, oh, fuck! It yeah. was the worst shit I ever recorded, man. Fucking never. Oh my god! It was horrible. Three, three out of ten. All right. Uh, me? No, it's me. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I said what I had to say about it. I really enjoyed this, man. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Ahmad, 
I'm not crushing your rating mood, so don't get mad. I'm just laughing. no, I don't care. I thought it was. No, I thought every, it was really everybody gets mad at everyone laughing, and then I don't want. I don't want rating. another it incident. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at no, but everybody the, bitches at moods when he laughs at their ratings, and then they just did the same fucking thing to him. Yep. No, Sad. that's how it got. I started laughing at the ratings as a joke because they were laughing at mine all the time. That's how that shit got started. <laughs> so then I, I fucking told him, I was like, "Stop comparing." this rating of this movie to this movie it, it doesn't even make sense like you can't give this a seven or this is seven and they're completely different I'm like yeah they are it's how fucking fuck how it works this get a seven because <laughs> i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed if you it. like the music it would be like a seven i just hate the music i don't yeah. think i think it, objectively it i think there's a lot of things to offer in this man i you know like i said man even from the costumes to the the care I, I personally thought the characters were perfect for what it is because they're shits they're mostly supposed to be shitties and stuff and i like that um yeah, I mean, there is a little bit issues with some of the vocals in it and stuff, but but the instrumentals really kind of sold it to me, and visuals were great. I like the way the narrative was told, too. So, you know, concept is good. But there is problems. There definitely is problems. The ending is really not good. But... Which is odd. It ends on a stage like fucking uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. So, kind of a connection. What'd you give it, Jeremy? Kind of a connection. My next? Nope, Gary is. I thought Jeremy was next. Did you say Jeremy? Oh, you're next. Sorry, sorry. Jesus Christ. I already did seven. Gary's up, and then Jeremy's the last somehow. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was visually fun, but I thought like everybody else, nobody can carry a tune, and the tunes weren't all that great to me either. But uh, Anthony had uh, stood out as the MVP of this movie, and if he wasn't as good as he was. This would be like a four to me, but because he was so good, it gets to be a six to me. Now, all right, my next. You're the last one. All right. Uh, yeah, this movie fucking sucks, donkey dicks. Like literally, I think that's the biggest. That's not even the the style of the music. It's the fact that the lyrics are just like. They don't even breathe. They're just singing like their monotone and they keep going and going and going and going Dude, and going and going. I don't know what the hell you were listening to this on, but it's not monotoned at all. Do you even know what monotoned it's, it's not monotoned. Uh, I just think it's just it's just uninteresting and I don't know, I just the costumes are good. I give it that like it has the costumes are alright. I just think that this movie fucking sucks dick. So I give it <laughs> a uh, a three out of ten. It's a fair enough reason. This movie fucking sucks dick. Yep. Uh, <laughs> So are you saying Jerry would like it probably. So you don't like it, Jeremy? No. I thought it was horrendously bad. <laughs> oh, I can't watch it. I wanted to die. I actually want yeah. since you guys just bash the shit this so bad, I want to watch it again now. <laughs> I think I might I think I might actually upgrade my DVD and get the Blu-ray so I can see that green screen in high def. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. I thought I gave it a fair amount of love, but better than I thought I was gonna do, so at least there's no blurring. Well I just I disagree with the monotone though. I mean I get it if you don't like the lyrics and music and stuff, but I mean it's honestly not it's, monotone. I mean that's a very specific word when it comes to vocals. So yeah. it's it's like ah, dude, I can't agree with that. It's not so. monotone. They just can't carry a tune, most of them. That's my problem. You know, it's like me part. trying to sing. And well, I can't it's also it. the style of vocals, though, too, right? Because there's not a lot of, like, you know, straight up, like, verses, verses. It's, like, line by line. And there's a lot of broken up because you got to tell the story. Like, well, like they could have wrote Bill- better songs and made it like that. They could have literally wrote songs that are songs and told the story that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's probably easier for the listener to, to actually work it out this way a little bit more broken 
I mean, I think you'd lose your focus, man, if you were doing it in verse verse, right? I don't think so. I mean, I would understand what's going on. Like, I mean, we figured out what happened in Rocky. Yeah, we figured but, out who all the lovers were and stuff, and and we figured out. I mean, Cannibal isn't all because they have some words and stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's just day. it's just a different style. Um, all right, well, that's uh, that's going to conclude episode one eighty eight. Horror musicals. That was interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I want to do another one. <laughs> no, you could literally do Phantom of Paradise, Shock Treatment, and Stage Fright. You know, as, or Poultry Guys. You know, I mean, I just it's a subgenre of film that I'm just like I I can I can watch them and like them, but I just I don't want to do this every day. We had a hard time talking about them, I think. And yeah. I think that's the other thing; they're hard to talk about. They they really are hard to talk. And why is that? Because we don't know shit about musicals. I think uh, the big thing is Cannibal the Musical for me. It's comedy for one, you know, plus a musical, and comedies are hard to review as a podcast for anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's. I always feel like with comedies, you're just, you're just telling jokes. You just that's just all you're jokes. doing. Yeah, so that's why. Right. That's why right. I'll never do airplane on the show because could, couldn't do it, man. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it justice. It's hard to analytically talk about comedy, isn't it? Because it's a hundred percent subjective. Oh, it was, it, it, fucking exactly. Didn't oh you you actually said today in one of our chats that. Uh, um, Billy Madison is the funniest comedy of all time. See, no, I mean, after Dirty, dirty work, work, I was just Dirty, dirty Work. Oh, work after Dirty Work, I see. So you're saying Billy Madison is Adam Sandler's best movie? It's not his best movie. It's his funniest. Uncut Wedding Singer's his, his best movie. His funny. Uh, Uncut Gems. The Wedding Singer. Oh, that's my favorite fucking Adam Sandler movie, hands down. Yeah, it's his best movie. I've li- li- well, it's my favorite. I think it's the funniest, man. Like, it, fuck, man. Everything in that movie makes me laugh. It's so funny. I, I actually Nick. like all Adam Sandler's movies until a certain point. Like, B- Little Nicky and before, I'm probably like all of them. It was just maybe I've been catching up on all these, like, Netflix Happy Madison productions and stuff. Some of them are they hit and miss. Some of, them, some of them are okay, though, man. But some of her fucking terrible. I just watched that ridiculous six. That was fucking horrible, man. Comedy, oh, those kind of movies. Like it depends when you were raised. Like if you're like ten years old watching those movies, you're gonna laugh. Maybe if you're ten years old now and you watch The Zookeeper with Kevin James, you'd laugh. I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm no not idea. laughing at anything with Kevin James in it. Trust me. I, you I love mentioned, him. I fucking hate Kevin James and his fucking UPS fucking outfit. Fuck him. <laughs> Kevin James is a good man. He's not fucking funny. Fuck Kevin James. I don't understand. Have you ever seen Kevin James stand up? King of Queens. It is literally a fucking train wreck. It's so bad, dude. It's well, how come he's a millionaire and we're not? <sighs> because he's a fucking. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I don't love Kevin James. I just think he's okay. Yeah, I don't o- have any. Okay in the comic like... business is just like so bad, though. If you're just okay. I do think King of Queens is a good show. It was a good show. I, hate, I don't care. I hate Kevin Hart. I think he's so unfucking funny. I hate Kevin Hart too. God, he is he's not done. fucking funny, dude. Oh, and that guy just everything he does is just gold. Literally gold. It's crazy. Ooh. Kevin uh, Hart. Yeah. That guy can't. People miss. love him. People fucking people love him. I just like Dane I don't Cook. Think... People love Dane Cook. I thought, his, I thought his interview on uh, Howard Stern was phenomenal, though. I didn't know much about Kevin Hart, but, man, his background, holy fuck, man. I was like, Jesus, dude. The shit with his dad and stuff was fucked up. But And I was like, no. Are we still uh, recording? 
Yeah, we are. This is how every show ends. We used to talk about Adam Sandler. I swear, every fucking show. It's like the weirdest thing. Kevin James and fucking Kevin Hart and it's, Kevin Nealon. It is we the weirdest. Bring all the Kevins in here. It is weird. You know, honestly, this show is not that long. So, um, but <laughs> just like, are we recording? I don't remember if we said we're out of here. No, no, we're not out of here. But I guess we probably should get out of here because imagine fucking Gary's like, holy fuck, this show goes on forever. And, and by the way, Gary, this was a this very short. This was a very very short show. <laughs> I know you guys go a long time. It's fine, man. Okay. I feel bad. Like, I talk too much, and I don't. I feel like Gary had, like, smart things to say, and I'm over here, like, Spadoinkle. Yeah, fuck Gary. I'm just joking. Yeah, Spadoinkle. Fuck. Spadoinkle. My heart is born. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Gary, thanks for coming on the show, doing five questions with us. That was fun. Uh, I feel like I know you now. You know, that's why we do it. So, welcome to the 22 Shots family. Much appreciated. Uh, hope I give you back again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it won't be on a musical one because I, I'm just not doing this again, like I said. So, I understand. Um, but yeah. Gotta bring it back for a trauma episode. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, you, you're the trauma lover like I am. So, you know, we've actually never done one, believe it or not, on this because we've got two haters of trauma on. This podcast, uh, Dude, death, by tem- death by temptation. When has I ever that. said that I hate trauma? When did I ever say that? I love getting Jeremy going. It's so funny. But JP is the funniest dude, man. Like for lo- through this whole run of this podcast, he's always like, fuck trauma, fuck trauma. And I'm like, dude, you haven't seen any of the movies. How can you say fuck trauma? He's like, well, they make shitty movies. Fuck trauma. And I'm like, what the fuck? So now, and, hey, like seven, he's on Joe Bob and he's blowing him. Seven, eight years later, he's been checking out the odd trauma film. And he's like, you know what, man? Trauma is actually not that bad. I'm like, fuck, dude. And I used to say the same shit on here all the time. I'm like, dude, just watch some of the movies and then make an opinion. Some of the ways they cut, there's a great scene in class in Newcomb High where, where Warren's all mutated out. The scene where he punches his fist down the Cretan's throat. Yeah. That, 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 that beat of bedding right there is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. That's uh, Bozo from uh, Toxic Avenger. I think, I, I think, honestly, he's come to appreciate the actual trauma productions, but I think it's just a lot of the films that they've distributed that he's just like, uh whatever but then again he still hasn't seen a lot he hasn't seen a lot of them either so i think he did watch scream time though oh no he didn't watch scream time did he yeah i think he might have did he i can't remember i think he might have uh maybe i don't know doesn't matter anyways uh that's going to conclude episode 188 and jeremy uh oh well dave thanks for coming back again and bitching about everything and hating on everything and fucking yep. coming back next week i don't dave. i honestly What's shouldn't even week? i shouldn't even say thanks for coming back because he's he's the uh he's the full-time part-time guy yeah full-time <laughs> part-time i fill in when jeremy or jp doesn't want to do it <laughs> or you can just be on every episode doesn't matter um i honestly don't know what the next show is what is the it next show? is Tale of Two Sisters and Uninvited remake OG versus remake. Oh, that's so weird how this. I know I didn't. I don't know how we I just did, did that one. show on my channel before. Okay. Um, oh, wait, we got on. we got a bonus review of Quadian. Hey. Oh, Dave, we got a bonus review. Yeah, that's the one that uh, I actually am doing that for Blind Spot, so I moved it up ahead. So I'm going to watch that the following the week before. So. Have you ever seen it before? No, no, oh. it's in my blind spot. Oh, that's, that's why I picked it. Oh, okay. yeah, blind spot. Fuck. Duh. Uh, no, it's a great one. It's long, though. It's like three hours. So Okay, that's good. 3.15, I think. Yeah, it's long. It's a anthology, though, right? So yeah. That, yeah. that's easier. Yeah. You can watch one and then get up. and. Yeah, that is kind of the bonus part of that, so um anyways uh yeah so that's next show i shouldn't say next week so we're kind of bi-weekly right now it's summertime lots of camping lots of things going on but that is 
oddly enough, another OG vs. Remake show, which we just fucking did one last show with the crazies. So if yep. you haven't checked that out, check it out. Rob from Georgia was on that. And, of course, Dave was on that show. Uh, he was on most of the show. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. didn't tell me about the uh, bonus pick right at the door. Dude, so I didn't I, watch it. When I was editing the show, I was listening back. And when you came in after the review and you're like, and someone was like, well, Dave, what was your favorite part? And you're like, I like the part where they were at the door. <laughs> <laughs> I came in, I was like, are you guys going to ask me? <laughs> I was fucking laughing. I was editing the show on my on my deck in my backyard. And I was laughing out loud to myself. And my kid comes around the corner. He's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, never mind. Don't worry about it. But anyways, Jeremy, take us out of here. You ever have those? It's like, hmm. Right. Just all by myself. I'm like hysterically like laughing. Five minute joke to explain. And then they're not even going to laugh. Right. You kind of had to be there. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 188 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash moods616. And if you want to follow that no-good-smelling Mexican bastard, you could do so at youtube.com slash doubleshotj. Follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash neswarrior22. And please go on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Facebook page and please use the hashtag... Jeremy for admin 2020 and hashtag make 22 shots great again. <laughs> so always leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. Can leave us any questions at our email at 22 shots, moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots, moods and horror at gmail.com. Please join us. Like I said before on the Facebook page, facebook.com search bar, 22 shots, moods and horror podcast. Please join us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast. Please help get the sand sucked out of my vagina and support the Patreon, patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast. And please buy 22 shots of Moods and Horror t-shirt. And that should do it, everybody, for episode 188 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with a OG versus remake show. And as always, make 22 shots great again. Okay, bye. Hashtag not my administrator. <laughs> yeah. The sky is blue and all the leaves are green The sun's as warm as a baked potato I think I know precisely what I mean When I say it's a spectacle day As I ride with my girl She's my best friend in the whole world You belong, set our goals high with eyes full of hope as we aim for the sky is blue and all the leaves are green. My heart's as full as a baked potato. I think I know precisely what I mean when I say it's a spectacle day. When I say it's a happy day.